You are watching the vodka stream. Yo, what is happening, everybody? Welcome to the vodka stream. How's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully, you're doing well. Ah, another Friday. I got through another week. Hopefully, you guys are doing great. This will be a fun one tonight. Of course, it's going to, you know, if you have uh, got some extra scratch on you, donate. I already pinned the uh, the link to the to uh, Williams event right there. So go ahead and donate. It's currently at uh, $25.85, so more than halfway there. A little more than halfway there. So let's try to get this. Uh, let's let's pump this uh, baby up a little bit. Eh? Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. I uh, won't be doing like the questions thing tonight because, you know, I'll get them on in just a little bit here. But I do have a shot of vodka in my Superman, my Superman shot glass. So cheers, guys, to another uh, to another uh, awesome vodka stream. Ah, let's do this. And of course, got my little seltzy, my little seltzer, my little topo chico. Hmm. All right, but let's see who's out there. Let's see who's out there. How are we doing tonight, huh? I know some people right now are currently, some people have seen, they have seen um, Rebel Moon, and some people are currently, it's just starting right now, I think. There's a 7 o'clock show in the showing that Zach is actually going to do a Q&A on at the Egyptian Theater over in L.A. Now, uh, hopefully, I mean, I know, hopefully there'll be some more uh, screenings for it. And then, of course, you know, if you're in the Vegas area, William's going to be uh, he's going to be screening it himself. So that's part of what this event's going to be. And of course, we'll talk to him about that, get some more details. But pretty much, you know, if you click that link, you get all the details right there. And like I said, donate, donate, donate. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, more people can see it. But like I said, the 21st at seven o'clock Pacific time, that's when it's going to be uh, released on Netflix. And I'm just saying, guys, watch it. I mean, I know the reviews came out today and shocker. It's, you know, you got these critics that just, you know, I'm not saying it's all of them, but there are some when you read some. There's some hate boners out there that you just knew that was going to be the case. Why not? But at the same time, who the hell gives a shit? A lot of people, of course, when it came to their reviews, they did say stuff like, they can't wait for the director's cut. I even said that in my review. That was one of my gripes because it does feel like some of the scenes need to be fleshed out a little bit when it comes to building up these characters. And I think some people have to realize, too, that this is just part one. And I think uh, even in an interview, Zach said that part two is just a flat out war. And, it, and that's what it is. It's like it builds up. I mean, sure, there's action and and some war in this, too, mainly with the flashback. But part two is going to be batshit crazy for sure. What's going on, Phil? Happy Kodka stream. We got BVS right here. No spoilers. Not going to be any spoiler talk. Don't worry, guys. Uh, so, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll do that most likely next week, next Friday, which will be like the Christmas vodka stream. So we'll talk more about spoilers. Uh, we'll talk spoilers next Friday. No spoilers tonight since it's not, you know, you know, out there. So don't worry. No spoilers tonight. You don't have to worry about that. Hey, we got Trav Man right here on my way back to Vegas. Left the house at 4.30 a.m. Saw Rebel Moon at 12. Damn, ETA to get back home is 8.30. So there you go. Love the movie. Can't wait to, yeah, there you go. It's going to be great. 
And like William said, go back on the 22nd. You're in the area. By all means, anybody in the Vegas area. Miss Lisa, speaking of somebody in the, the Vegas area, good to see you, Miss Jackson. We got Super Gorilla vlogs right here. I uh, love so much film cuts out there. We need to find them all. Film cuts. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's go on, Mr. Ferris, the Vodka Stream. Miss the stream so much. Well, I know. Yeah. It has been a while since you've uh, been in the chat there, huh? What's going on, Yakko? Fury Moto. Ah. Let's see. We got Jason McKenzie. Always great to see you, sir. All right. Yeah. I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it. You're going to enjoy it. You're definitely going to enjoy it. Yeah, like I said, don't listen to the critics. We all know. I mean, it was kind of like, it was funny even seeing, like, looking at the timeline. Steven brought up a good point, too, about how reviews are with that. And then, of course, people were pushing back because, again, they don't understand exactly what he was saying. Uh, but it's people, because Army of the Dead and, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League, that's, they've got, they got good reviews, but. He was making a different kind of point, which is always funny. But anyways, uh, I was like, yeah, everybody's, I'm doing pretty good. What's going on, Eleanor? Bitch jealous. Yeah, you know, it was insane. I tell you what, guys, it was insane. And, you know, we'll be talking about the premiere, too. And just the insanity that was that. Was that. It was a long day. It was a long day. It was, I, it was a 12-hour, I mean, it was over 12 hours. I, I left my house to go pick up Mama Film Junkie. Mama Film Junkie was my date that night, and uh, she had a great time as well. She took a ton of pictures. Uh, if you're, if you, she was posting on Twitter and stuff. I post some of her pictures as well. But I left my house at uh, a little before 11 and uh, stopped by Miss Nighthawk's house um, and then went to uh, pick up Mama Film Junkie, and then we made our way out to L.A., met up, of course, with the Colberts. Uh, who were already out there, and then we just we got a bite, shot the shit for a little bit, then just made our way to the uh, to the venue, and it was just it was insane. It was just crazy. I've never, I've, I mean, the only, I mean, I went to the Godzilla minus one premiere. I didn't really do the. I mean, obviously that was smaller, and didn't see all the red carpet stuff. Uh, but this one was just sitting in those bleachers, seeing, you know, we're on Hollywood Boulevard and it's all decked out with the, you know, the, the tarp, the tents, you know, and all that stuff. Yeah, just seeing everybody come on in all the stars and other, other people too, other notable people met some people too, met some people that I have not met in real life that have been on this very stream as well. Some, uh, you know, some people out there that, and that was cool to actually meet somebody in real life. You know, it's really great. What's going on, Jose? Happy Rebel Moon Weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm gonna, of course, we're going to see it tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to meet up with Jose right here. Um, and we're going to watch it tomorrow at 7 o'clock. So if anybody's there at the uh, screening tomorrow at the Egyptian Theater, 7 o'clock, you know, don't be afraid to walk up and say hi. By all means, what's going on, Mr. Axel Droga? to see you what is up magic clocks what's up with these critics couldn't i know i some of them okay i mean i've read some that had legitimate criticism and i was like good on you that's that's fine but when i see a critic talk about like it's only for the the release of snyder cut people and then of course when they use the snyder cult i hate using that i mean i get it you know there's everybody likes to use the cult word and it yeah you know when it comes to fans of you know, not just like any director. I mean, there's you could you could call the people a cult because they go after people that shit on whatever the hell. 
it's really dumb. But if you're using that in your review, you are, it's just, to me, that critic already, already had that critique. They already had it written out before they saw the movie, before they saw the movie. But like I said, I thought the legitimate, because I felt it too, was like, I can't wait to see the extended R-rated cut because I think that's going to flow a little better. Some people are questioning why would they do something like that? And you know, I think it's just Zack Snyder's been known for his director's cuts, and they're gonna have, we're gonna have a, uh, a Snyder cut of Rebel Moon, and I think they were just going, let's do something like that. And no matter what, this version, the PG thirteen version, still plays well. Like I still very much enjoyed it. I mean, I'm I'm gonna watch it. I don't know how many times before we get the extended cut, but as soon as that extended cut comes out. Well, let's face it, this cut probably won't watch it ever again, but yeah, but I get it. I get what they're doing and it plays well and it's it it's, it's somewhat family friendly. It's still, you know, it's a hard PG-13, but you know. All good. It's all good. It's all gravy. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, you know, when it comes to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, I actually go and read some of their stuff, too. You got to do that. And like I said, the link is there. It's pinned on it's pinned on uh, the chat. So if you can, uh, you know, send some money over, you've got some, you know, don't don't donate to here. Donate to that. So can't help but notice that the ear similar. Yeah, no, it kind of feels like a little BVSness, right? Hey, we got Chris right here. Good to see you, buddy. Yep. Happy, happy. Rebel Moon Weekend. Yep, we got Gilmore. Gilmore right here. Good to see you. All right, who else we got? We got Antonio. We got, uh, yeah, Duas. Is it Duet? Oh, I forgot how to say it. Anyways, did they serve drinks? No, sadly, they did not. They did not serve drinks. And I didn't go to the after party, you know, because our little group was like, you know, and it was just we had to get back. Like I said, I I didn't get to bed on Wednesday night till 3 o'clock, almost 3 o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. It was a long day. It definitely was a long day. What's going on, Max Wolf? Did you hear about uh, Ant Man and Daredevil are going to be? Yeah, I heard about that. Um, I don't. I, I don't mind it. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to be. It's going to be like a big. They're not like they're all going to three team up. I don't think that's going to be the case. Literally, that's going to be the case. But hey, I, I hell, I love Paul Rudd. You know, of course, uh, Quantum Mania wasn't that great, but it. And I still love Paul Rudd and I still like him as Ant-Man. So give me some more Paul Rudd. That's perfectly fine. I know some people are like, can it just be a Spider-Man movie? It's like, nah, in this day and age, it really can't. It really can't. I mean, look at Superman legacy. It, it's not going to just be, you know, Superman and just that, those characters, there's going to be an extended universe touch, which I'm all, I'm like, okay, as long as it's like not too crazy. I know a lot of people are saying it's overstuffed, but at the same time, I think when it comes to Superman Legacy, you got you basically got a bunch of characters and we just know who these characters are. Most of them, like the ones that have been cast. It's like, OK, because we have any movie has. I mean, that's where I kind of like when when James Gunn was like, so like well, every movie has all these, you know, supporting characters. It just happens that the supporting characters are DC characters. And I'm like, all right, that's fine by me. So. What's going on, W Games? Rebel Moon Director's Cut release date. Yeah, they bumped it up because I was hearing that it was going to be like summer. And apparently, it's going to be right before the second part comes out, which is great. Was, uh, I haven't seen Rebel Moon because, uh, okay. Uh, so it would be releasing. Yep. Yep. Hey, there's Mama Film Junkie right there. That's right. It's great uh, hanging out with her. I'm seeing it on the big screen Tuesday. There you go. 
Love to hear it. Cortez, what's happening? Finally watching Godzilla minus one. And I'm widely, yeah. Finally got to. Widely impressed. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It was freaking that, that movie. It's definitely going to be, uh, Definitely going to be in my top 10 of the year when I, whenever I film that. They the film Dunky, not dunking on Rebel Moon like all the other critics. <laughs> no, not doing that there, buddy. Not doing that. All right, who else we got here? Let's see. How do I get that? Well, we'll talk about, yeah, we'll talk about the, the details right here, Lisa, when it comes to the screening. And I'll even show the page once we get William on here. It's good to see you, Rhea. Always great to see you. we got the dork night right here. I went to the Rebel Moon premiere, and I was worried it was going to be the Flash Advance screening. Haha. <laughs> Luckily, I got to sit in the main theater with the stars and crew. Okay, so you were there too. Cool. That's awesome. I know. Some people, uh, you know, did say hi that have watched the channel, which I thought that was pretty great. That's right. Rebel Moon, baby. Let's see who else we got. And Dave, I know I, I, I am going to see Godzilla TV show. Oh, yeah. I know. I got to do that, too. Got to do that, too. All right. Who else we got? We got the bang. Got to wait for the extended cut. Yeah, you got to wait till April. It's coming out before part two comes out. So, yeah, we got to wait for a little bit. So, sadly. <laughs> you watching Speed right now? Nice. I like that. I like that. Let's see who else we got here. We got Zed. Good to see ya. We got Travis Thomas. Our team needs to go away. Well, I think the scoring needs to go away. I don't mind that there's like a conglomerate of critics. Like you could just go to that. that I, what I like about Rotten Tomatoes is you can go to Rotten Tomatoes and find critics reviews. Perfectly fine. But I hate the fact I hate their score. I hate that. Like right, you get to the, you click on a movie and right there, the biggest thing on the page is always that goddamn rotten tomato score. And I hate that. I don't, I, that's what I hate. That's what I hate. I don't like the rotten tomato score. I don't. I like the more broken down score. If you're going to do like the, you know, 7.2, 8.3, something like that. I like that better. Not the freaking you know, either uh fresh tomato or rotten tomato. So. Dave, is it in the top five? You know, I haven't really thought about that. You know, maybe uh, I don't think this, I don't, as of right now, maybe, I don't know. I Maybe not, but maybe the uh, R-rated cut might be. I don't know. I'm trying to think because it's like, you know, BBS, Me and a Steel, 300, you know, Watchmen, kind of hard to beat those, you know, so I don't know. I haven't really thought about that when it comes to ranking Zach's movies. Let's see what else we got. Okay, I think that's pretty much it. We got a uh, legend right there. What is going on, sir? Hey, we got Stephanie T right here as well. Always great to see you. Always great to see you. All right, guys. Okay, let's go ahead and get the the guest in. Let's get William in here so we can start talking about this and just shoot the shit with him. William's been on the Patreon streams. He's been a supporter of the channel, which I'm always grateful for. Appreciate, always appreciated that and always enjoyed talking to him. I've actually, we've actually met in real life too. I went to the Sci-Fi Center in, in Las Vegas probably about two, three years ago. My dad still lives out there and I think we were, is it Thanksgiving around this time? Kind of, maybe, I don't know. But anyways, let's get William in here. What is going on, sir? It was summer and you tried to burn my city down. That's what it was. It that was summertime. Was yeah finally 
What's five up? years it took me. It took me five <laughs> years. You made it. <laughs> five years of which you didn't even realize that you weren't following me on Twitter. I know. I, didn't, I know. I I'm terrible. Because I'm I terrible at Twitter, and I didn't know oh, until my. you told me. Yeah, because so, I, I always, I always, it's funny because I'll see people's posts and I think that I'm following them, but I'll look at the for you post sometimes and then I'll look at people retweeting stuff. So I just thought, and then I was like, oh crap. And then I realized when you started the, this, the, the whole event thing, I realized I was like, oh shit, I'm not following you. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, hey. did, I was none the wiser because like I said, I, even though I've had Twitter since 09, I uh-huh. pri- I'm primarily a Facebook and Instagram guy for business, yeah. but I understand the necessity of Twitter. So I've added that more and more and more lately, especially since we got the, the channel going. Yeah. Uh, so I've been using um, I've been using Twitter a lot more, and there's other apps that you can use to bundle it now. So um, here I am with Twitter. Like here I said, I was completely shocked that you didn't want to follow me. But yeah, like <laughs> I said, having you, you you got to get out the good silverware for the vodka stream now. That right, stuff, man. I took, <laughs> I, I've made it. You've oh, made it. <laughs> Look, mom, I made it. No, I appreciate it, man. Uh, I mean, I mean, it was. Uh, I remember when, like, you, you were talking about you were talking about having a screening or whatnot with me and i was like as much as i would love to you know show up and partake but sadly i'm not going to make it out there but uh and then you know it was cool that when you finally when you set it up and everything and then of course you had zach himself actually posted how did that feel uh that was cool i was talking to you when that yeah. I, was, I was in a message with you yeah. i didn't expect that at all uh, yeah. We had reached out to people say, and sent them the link. Say, hey, you know, you, you know, I, it's, figuring that was a long shot. And I was talking to you, saying, hey, Dave, can you spread this for me? Yeah. And then you said, Zach said, I'm like, oh yeah, we sent uh, sent something to him, and you know, and and, and no, he said we tweeted. That's how I found out about it. That helped. That took a lot of the heavy lifting because this is a tough time of year to do any type of charity that's not directly associated with Christmas. Um, it's like I said, you have, you have March, you have Salvation Army, you got the Santa Claus outside with the, with the, with the bell and homeless. I mean, we we're doing sock drives and everything else here. I mean, so it's, it's a time of year that I didn't really, um, fathom how hard it would be to, yeah. to do a charity rolling right up and culminating three days before Christmas. But him uh, doing that, that, that took a lot of that, uh, that uphill lifting away. So if you're watching, thanks dude. Thanks. Zach. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I was like, I, I could, I remember I was working and then I went and I'm like, Oh shit. He totally just like tweeted it out and posted it on Vero. I was like, yeah, on that. On Vero as well. that was just like, wow. Well, I was like, wow, that's pretty freaking sweet. And I was like, cool. But yes, uh, here's the page right here, guys. Like I said, about you know a little over halfway there so like i said any little bit helps guys you know five bucks ten bucks anything that will help right there and of course all the details are right there lifeline and an awareness event it's on the 22nd at the and it's it's when you do these screenings you do it in the parking lot or you do it no this particular one is going to take place actually in our screening room we actually have a small screening room area and on the other side of this wall uh, when we do the bigger ones that are like sponsored by like the studios, we actually go to like AMC or we'll go to, okay. um, we'll go to a red rock or we'll go, you know, uh, to wherever they they've set them up. But when we, since this one right here is not, um, we didn't get a Vegas screening, uh, so mm-hmm. it wasn't promoted in that manner. So we're basically going to be holding a private screening. Uh, anybody who's in a, you know, that's in this community, that's in a Vegas area that does want to come, uh, it's free. Um, we'll have some stuff there. Um, you know, 
to uh you know for that you can donate directly we'll have the qr code that leads directly to the site you see uh in front of you so they can donate there as well we'll be doing a youtube watch party at the same exact time that we'll screen nice. that we're screening it um in you know here so you know we will be we'll be interacting with people that are online as well as uh people you know the handful of people that'll be there with us and then afterwards we'll you know we'll host our normal show and we'll we'll you know start dissecting the movie that may be the first time i've seen it i'm just i'm not i haven't decided whether i'm going to watch it on the 21st or not uh because at the time we set up the event there was no there was no 21st possibility so um uh so we put it on the 22nd at, at four o'clock we're going to start out with you know we got some stuff that we're going to uh it's like enticements and everything else for people to donate uh we got stuff like this haven't haven't decided the tiers and everything that's going to be doing that we'll do that tomorrow night uh during our overnight show but we got some of this stuff that we got from the um when we promoted army nice. of the dead mm -hmm. uh these are the these are the that's a patch right is that yeah, a patch? Got a, yeah yep got a patch we got a few of those and then we got the mini posters these will be framed uh the ones that will be uh given away um are framed and that's the army of the dead posters they came in little rollers um dawson um is gonna he's got some artwork uh nice. in fact he's got a uh he's got a facsimile of the, the piece that he that won him the contest to get him the on uh on site uh visit so he's gonna be putting that up and i got a couple of different things from netflix uh Netflix passes and uh, some digital passes and stuff like that. We're going to line that up tomorrow because uh, I still haven't figured out how we would distribute those. Some of the people who've uh, donated some really big dollars are anonymous. Oh, nice. Uh, so they um, usually are usually like the big donors, which is cool. I like yeah. that. They're just like, you know what? I don't need the clout. So just yeah, here it is. Uh, uh, do all the, uh, so the pro, all the, I saw somebody ask, like, are the proceeds going to AFSP? Like, how is yes. that all? Yes. All right. So that site, the site that you see right now is actually, yeah. I got to that site through AFSP. So when you click on the donation to, to set up an event for them, that's okay. that AFSP sends you to that link. So that's their link. Okay. Like right now, uh, all that, the money that's currently there is theirs. Okay. So uh, it's, it's all there. there. So there yep. Just to clarify that. Cause I thought yeah. I saw uh, Stephanie ask, ask that question. So there you go guys. So yeah, please do yeah. so. And every little bit helps. Like I said, any little bit you got, do it. I know it's Christmas time. Like we we're saying, it's like a yeah. hard time to, to do it because everybody's buying gifts. And I know, you know, can be a little rough, a little rough to do that. But if you have something, go right ahead, um, which is just really cool. Let's see. Anyways. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, so no, no. Sorry. I just got a message. That's all. I'm just saying that the, the guy who's making this movie says awesome. Just saying. Cool. Zack Snyder. Just said awesome because I told him that this was happening tonight. He's of course heading to the Egyptian theater to do the Q and A thing. So, um, but yeah, he just I, I wanted to let him know that that this was happening tonight. So he just uh, cool. met back saying awesome. So there you go. thank you, Taylor. Thank you for the tweet because, like I said, that that uh, that got us off and going to uh, yeah. a quicker start than I I thought. I thought this was going to be. Um, I knew it was going to be hard because, like I said, the dates. But I I I, I thought it was going to be much harder. And when he did that, that that really helped. But yeah, what we're trying to line up for uh, next Friday is we've been reaching out and, like I said, guest wise and trying to like get AFSP. It's it's the heaviest, the second heaviest traffic day of the year because yeah. Christmas falls on a Monday, so that Friday it's essentially a four day weekend. 
So we were going to try to get some of the local people here because a lot of times uh, when you ask people to donate, um, you never really get the behind the scenes of what they're donating to and why. And the main thing that you, when you donate to something like this, it's research. Uh, obviously there's volunteers and stuff and people who, you know, after, you know, we need, we need gas in their cars, food and all that. But a lot of it is uh research. And when every, uh, like we, we and Brad, we, we always make sure people understand that every disease known to man, physical or mental has, um, made leaps and bounds because of research. Uh, yeah. even if it hasn't been cured AIDS, uh, we always bring up the AIDS pandemic. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, you got AIDS. It was a death sentence. It was it. You were dead. You started making out your wills, you, your power of attorneys, everything else. Um, and then the, you know, in the same week that, uh, the same month that magic Johnson was diagnosed with HIV, Freddie Mercury died three, three weeks later. That's and, right. Yeah. yeah. So 33 years later, magic Johnson's still alive. And, AIDS is no longer the death sentence, the immediate death sentence. You don't want to get it, of course, but <laughs> it's no longer with research and donations uh, and things like that. That's helped cancer. Cancer still kills tons of people all the time, but there are certain cancers that used to kill you immediately. Certain cancers that when you found out about third and fourth stage, you were done. And now yeah. yeah. Now there's people living a lot longer. So these kind of fundraisers go directly to, to research. Uh, and making things better. Uh, nine eight eight before and after each show that we do, uh, we always bring up nine eight eight, and that's another thing. That's that's actually part of them, and that's something that that uh, comes about uh, through fundraisers like these. So, it's a good cause. It's an important cause. Um, even prior to, um, you know, you know, the entire Zack Snyder influence. Uh, obviously, coming back from overseas, it was a big issue with us. Uh, as far as, um, you know, servicemen, uh, one of the highest rates for 1% of the country, uh, commit suicide. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the entirety of the country's existence, only 1% have ever put on a uniform and that the suicide rate amongst that percentage is much higher than it should be. Um, they're not always, you know, the resources with the VA weren't always where they should be, especially when you had two wars going on. So, uh, stuff like this helps, uh, and also awareness, um, a lot of it, a lot of it, uh, like I said, we put it up there and we, we, we always make a joke of it. You know, when we put the pound 988, people might get sick of it. But if you're getting sick of it, that means you don't need it. And it's always something that you can just throw out there. Good it's free point. to repost it. Yeah, it's a it, very it's good free. point. It's like, yeah, if you're getting sick of it, yeah, you don't need it. But there are people out there that might need that. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Somebody, somebody in your circles, somebody in your circles yeah. that is not going to necessarily say something to you needs to know that there's a tool out there like that that can be used. And you'll never know. You may never know that you what you did, but it, it, you know, a win is a win, is what you know what I say. It's true. I mean, especially you know, even around this time, the holiday season. You know, there's a lot of people might be you know feeling some depression going into the new year, or just being around the holidays or something like that. You just reach out. I mean, reach yeah. out. I mean, that's what AFSP is all about. That's what this whole thing, when it comes to the Snyder Cut release, the Snyder Cut, has been all about 100% and how much we've actually raised with this and continue on. And yeah. I hope, and obviously Zach wants it to keep on going and going and going. And I, that's what I, that's what it's all about. I mean, yeah, we could all fight about whatever this, that, and this, but when it comes to fandom, but when it's, we, I think no matter what, no matter what beefs you have or anything like that, the fact of the matter is, is like, this is what it's all about. And everybody can just, donate and like i said like the, the link is provided there um and 
you've got a little bit extra and i appreciate i know uh tony movie thank you for the super chat but you know if you got a little extra throw it there but yeah he said uh he's glad to see you on the on the stream yes yeah, so i know it's been a long time coming but and hey even wonder meg showed up right there and says, i wonder meg yes william rules right there so good to see you and uh happy to hear about the the good news that she had today too when it came to things that she yeah. was dealing with yeah, yeah so i that, saw that i saw that that that's yeah. uh don't under don't under um no. Don't underestimate just being able to um to have uh, everything working right and everything going right. I think people don't understand until until you know until you're confronted with that. But is another thing about this is um and I hope I can get these guys on. We've had them on before. Is uh, this time of year you got to notice you know the signs. That's one of the things that uh you know you you're surrounded by people. Even if you're not a PhD, you're not a doctor. You know you the people that you're around. You know the people that you work with. You know their tendencies you 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 know when your brother or sister is not acting like your brother or sister so mm. just keep an eye out for things like that that's one of the things that when we were doing our suicide classes uh when uh redeployment back in the in mid-2000s was you have to you have to be aware of what things are going on you know what things are you know what, what's normal for this person and is you know on what's happened even if they're starting to act normal if you know somebody's gone through a divorce you know somebody's lost a relative and now anniversaries and stuff are starting to come up about all that and the same christmas card that's here today that you're taking today is missing that person that's the kind of stuff that you know it may not be visibly apparent, but it's some of the stuff you need to really look out for. And um, also in your social media. I mean, I got a lot of people, you know, just on my Facebook timeline um, that will type stuff. Yeah. You know, and they think that, you know, a lot of the times they're just seeing if anybody's listening. Yep. You know, I, I've, 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 I've legit called people, you know, I found a way to find their number four o'clock in the morning when I saw some fool type something that's like, okay. <laughs> Listen, you um you can laugh at me uh you know for the next 10 20 years but I'll be damned if um the next day or the next two days I find out that it's over and it happened 10 minutes after I saw you scroll past my timeline. So when the training that we took we were always said, you know, take the drastic measures and have people laugh at you uh because the the alternative is um you miss something and you don't want to miss anything. And you know what? Like, I, I love the fact that you said that you actually found their phone number and called them because that that is a, a more above and beyond than just sending a message. I was actually listening to a podcast today that um, uh, and this person said on there, uh, fuck, what the hell? I totally remember forgetting his name. This comedian. Uh, anyways, uh, just blanking. Uh, damn it. Something car. Something uh, people know who he is. Car. Yeah, he's a British comedian. Anyways, he was on a podcast and he was even talking about that. He said, if you know that somebody is suffering from a loss or whatever and you heard about it, call them. And even if you say, I don't know what to say, but I'm here for you kind of thing. Jimmy Carr. Thank you, Stephanie T. Could not remember his first name. Just totally blanked out right now. But I was, yeah, he was on a podcast and he just mentioned that. He said, like, if you know somebody that lost somebody, lost, you know, just is feeling very down on, on their luck, don't send a message. Actually call them, even if you have nothing to say. And don't even be afraid to say, I have nothing to say, but I'm here. And here well, I yeah. am listening, you know. They need so that, to know that somebody's out there in, in a lot of different cases. Even if, you, like I said, a lot of times if you just call and they blow you off, yeah. you, that might that might be something that's a, a life-saving issue because somebody, they're not just out there flailing. That's what a, a lot of times, and when they taught us back, you know, when guys were coming back, they most of the, most of the times when they reach that ledge, most people just want to know 
that whatever their existence means something, what they're going through means something to somebody besides themselves. So when you respond, that that affirms that yes, that's the answer, yeah. and that they're worth something. I mean, a lot, a lot of it comes down to self worth at any given moment. Moment, and it's it, it's touch and go, man. I mean, uh, when we uh, with some of the examples that they were showing us, the things that that the turnaround that happens, it can happen within hours. I mean, you could be, you know, you could be talking. I, I've known, I've, I've known people in my workplace. I knew one guy in particular. I will never forget this. Back in uh, July tw- um, 2013, um, I saw him at six o'clock. He lost his job three hours later, Oof. and I came in the next morning, and I was I was made aware of of him committing suicide. I just saw the guy. Yeah, I just did. saw the guy. Nothing was wrong with him then, but this moment cascaded with this moment and probably yeah. some alcohol um th- and that was it that was it 29 years old gone i mean it, it, it can happen in an instant and uh and a lot of people that are just you know a lot of times it happens and especially in our community black community it's it's we're one of the, the, the chief people um broad masculinity not wanting to to tell people something's wrong and uh whenever you see one of these athletes or one of these you know big dudes get up there and they, they actually say something that's actually seriously important yeah, because very much. they're a role model saying it. So you, a lot of it is a stigma of not wanting to seem like, you know, you're broke up, but you fix your computer, you take it somewhere. You, if your plumbers, your plumbing's messed up, you call a plumber, your car's messed up, you know, and you can't fix it. You take it somewhere and, it, and your body's the same importance. if not the most important machine that you have. So it is. Right. And no, no, I mean, it, it, it is something that, you know, comes with being a dude. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're, you're your ego kind of gets like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine sometimes. But yeah, that's why sometimes you have to really like be careful with some, something like that. Cause sometimes, yeah, we'll just, we'll hide it. We'll hide it and be like, Hey, you know, I'm fine. But deep down it's like, no, no, you're not fine. So yeah, sometimes you just got to look, look for those warning signs. You know, like you said, if somebody's not acting the way that they normally act and you could tell something's up, you know, just don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, sometimes that could be like, I've I've been I've been in those situations too where I'm like should I what should I do here I know this person is hurting what do I do and yeah like I said just a, a simple phone call can work wonders yeah I go in the stalker out. mode sometimes like I said <laughs> well because of of the fact that who wants to be around saying you know what I I was thinking about you know calling Dave when I you know I saw him when I saw the signs but you know what I didn't want to you know when I had that and now what. <laughs> Right uh, now, now, now we, you know, we get those little, you know, those little tombstone things, yeah. whatever tonight. And we, who wants that? Who wants that? Nobody you know? wants so, that. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll use the means and social media. There's ways to, uh, to, to, and like I said, it, 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 you get a feeling sometimes when, when somebody, yeah. and you see the words, you know, you know, if they're just saying, oh, I just had a shitty day, that, that's nothing. But you, you, there are certain terms that somebody can use, they'll, they'll tell a type and they'll just rant at two and three o'clock in the morning. You know, that's my time when I'm up and around. You know, so, you know, when I know that that person's not a uh, not a night owl and here he is three o'clock in the morning typing some crazy stuff. Like, yeah, okay, that's well, a warning sign for yeah, sure. I mean, how'd you get my number? Well, don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. How are you I doing? have my ways. <laughs> yeah, I have how my are you ways. doing? Yeah. So I, I actually want to like, I don't know. I don't think we've talked about this. Like, how long were you in the military? I was in the military from 1993 to 2015. Oh wow, that's right. You yeah. were in there for a bit. You were in there. Yeah, for I was a in there. I was a reservist for most of the time. I did two active duty stints here in Nevada, and I did my deployment. I did my deployment OIF three, 
and I was going to stay in, but um, it just got to the point where giving up a weekend in, in my business with my demographics, even just one weekend of the reserves, it was just too much, uh, especially the first weekend of the month, which is the big month for a retailer. Yeah. So, yeah, I just went ahead and uh, did my VA thing and got my BFW stuff and, you know, got all my college if I ever wanted to go. Uh, all that stuff is set up. So, yeah, I decided that that was it. I, like I said, I, I de- once I deployed, that just puts you in a category that a lot of military – you know, you got guys right that 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 now that, that are E seventy eights and stuff that that have gotten in since then that that haven't gotten their combat patch. So uh, I got mine and I was like, "That's I did everything I wanted to do," yeah. and um, that was it. But yeah, I was in there for uh, I was in there for a minute. I joined. I think it was I was seventeen when I joined. Yeah, I have uh, one of my really like one of my best friends, uh, which I just celebrated his fortieth last weekend, which was a lot of fun. But he went he went into the army straight out of high school just and immediately just deployed uh over overseas and just into the the shit of it and when he came back he was different he was different and when he told me about some of the stories and some of the close calls that he had and some of the shit that he saw i was just like fuck man i mean it 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 worried me it definitely worried me because like i said he wasn't he was i mean he was still the same but there was something just off obviously because of the shit that he witnessed and saw, it was just kind of like, wow, you know, and it's amazing. I mean, and, and when he told me some of the stories, I was traumatized just from hearing the stories. I can't even imagine, you know, doing all that. It's just like, Holy crap. Yeah. Some of those guys, those 11, the infantries and the Marines that went yeah. over there, they, they, they were all close to stuff like that. They really didn't need to retire. They needed to get home and get the hell out as soon as possible and yeah. be re- reintegrated back uh, into, into civilian society as much as possible. Uh, some of those guys, I don't think that staying in the military was going to do them any good. Nope. I mean, one good thing that it did is, 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 is once you're in, you have a brotherhood of people that you obviously are going to have for the rest of your life. So I always recommend that, you know, keep tight. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, like the army is good for. I mean, if you want structure, you're gonna get structure. Um, but yeah, but if obviously, if you, it was funny because my dad, he he was in the army for 33 years. He never he joined after the Vietnam War, so wasn't involved with that. Uh, when Desert Storm was happening in the 90s, he thought that he was gonna get deployed, but didn't. And then it was funny because right when he was about to retire, they decided to send him over to Afghanistan for a year. And it was like, geez, he like went the whole like whole time and then he got deployed. He didn't you know, he was a helicopter pilot. Nothing too crazy. He didn't have anything like it it never got uh, too crazy when he was over there, thankfully. But uh, it was just kind of it was just kind of funny. Like but but for the most part, I mean, he had like a great career as a helicopter pilot. You know, he was highest rank. And, you know, you, you do, I mean, you do get structure, but man, sometimes if if you get just, and it was funny because I remember when I was telling him about my friend when that went over there and I, and I, and I felt bad because I, you know, I I didn't word it correctly, but I was just so shocked. I was like, he just joined and he got sent over there. And I was like, dad, you like have been in there this whole time and you never got sent over there, like sent overseas. And he was, and it kind of like offended him. I didn't mean it to offend him but I think he got offended <laughs> just because, you know, because he joined to serve mm-hmm. and, you know, I think he just took it as, well, I would have, no matter what I was like, yeah, I, I mean, I got that, but it was just, it was just the fact that 
right out right out of the gate right after my 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 friend went to boot camp and all that stuff and then of course got stationed and then right off the bat he just gets sent over and goes right into the shit of course he was infantry my dad yeah, was infantry. infantry you know so he was it, of course he got sent right over so i didn't mean it like that i mean but yeah he kind of got a little offended which i totally get it. i was like yeah i did not word it correctly and you know i remember like after we talked and then he like hit me up again. He's like, you know what? I've, I feel kind of, I was like, I didn't mean it like that. Sorry. Because, you know, but it's just, but I was, I mean, no, but I'm at the same time thankful that he wasn't like. Well, yeah. I mean, of it, you know, because like my dad, my dad, I'm third generation. My, my, my grandfather was World War II. My dad was Air Force from 1967 to 1971. And so he was in the era, but he wasn't necessarily boots on the ground type of situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and back in that era, nobody wanted to be. But um, your dad, at least, at least he's got his combat patch. But yeah, oh, yeah, that that was very common for for you to be in the military and not have a deployment because we just, you know, during the Cold War, you know, we just weren't deployed in that manner, and you know, we used proxies and things like that. So we, you know, aside from Vietnam, we weren't, you know, we weren't really, you know in all that stuff but when obviously you know 2001 everything else happens then like i said if you were in if you were in you were going to get deployed uh mm-hmm. and some people multiple terms you know multiple uh, times around but yeah it, it's very common we like i said we have majors and sergeant majors and we have people who, like i said that were high senior enlisted officers that had never deployed and were at the end of their careers and actually about to retire and got stop lost and sent over with us so it's your, what your dad went through was very common because like yeah. i said Fortunately, um, the presence of war prevents it for the most most part. So true, I know. And you know, you worry because it's like, okay, he's a helicopter pilot, and what if he ends up flying into an area where somebody could just, you know, just pop him out of the sky? You know, it's just it was always one of those things where we were worried about it. He was there for a whole year, and then I also have a cousin who was in the Marines. I think he did three tours. And, yeah. you know, and he's retired now and out of that. But, man, he, he got sent over, I think, I think two or three times. I know it was not once, but it was at least two times. I think it was three times that yeah. he uh, he did that. And, man, he had stories, too. I remember one time he said he, um, uh, like, something, what do they call those? It just, like, it wasn't like a bomb, but it was like it landed. It doesn't explode right away. What do they call those? Uh, I don't know. what, But, huh? We call them duds, but there's different, you know. Yeah, I know. It's like it landed and everybody like where they were like where their camp was and everybody started freaking out. And he said he like did like a flat out like movie style John Woo, like leaping out of the the tent kind of thing. And it was probably a a mortar. It was probably a mortar. Yeah, Yeah. it just landed. Didn't it didn't didn't explode. But yeah, he said like he just his first initial thought was just to because he was in like the main tent and he just like dove out of it oh yeah and it didn't go off and it was like jesus christ such a close call just stuff like that where you hear these stories and it's just like yeah. that's marines, your brain man yeah marines have shorter tours but they mm-hmm. they are they're sent back multiple times because a marine is 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 infantry yeah unlike like with the army yeah. you have different specialties and different mos's and everything else so you're the you know you're the maintaining for marines infantry so they're coming in and they're going right into the meat grinder there's no there's you know every every everything's the front line with a marine or 11 bravo 11 bravo yeah. cav like what your what your dad was he, he if he's a helicopter pilot he was probably assigned to a cavalry unit so believe it or not and i can tell you this right now because it's cool because he's back and he's alive and he's well your dad yeah. was in some serious danger and I'm pretty sure he'll never tell you that. A helicopter, <laughs> Probably not. Pilot, 
a helicopter pilot in Afghanistan with that terrain, um, anything that went up in the air with rotary yeah. was endangering Afghanistan. Because yeah, was- that's what we were worried about yeah. when he was over there. We're like, you know, and you he, know, he was still over there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that. But the fact, no, that no, no, no. I get that. Yeah, this was, yeah, this was. Yeah. He's been, he's been retired for over a decade. Uh, now he just he fly. He he's still fly. He's about to retire from his flying gig right now which is you know um he 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 does helicopter you know if someone is like out on a hike and they're dehydrated and they have to get a helicopter in there he's that guy mm. forgot exactly what they, they call that but search and uh, rescue dudes, man. yeah kind of like something like that a little bit yeah and he's had some stories when it comes to that i mean who he's had some stories when it comes to people that he's uh i mean sadly some he's had stories where training for marines or whatever i think i I remember him telling a story like sometimes he had to pick up somebody that during training got a bullet to the head friendly fire kind of thing during training yep live fire yeah yeah and it was just like it it is brutal i mean you hear that stuff and i'm like this is just a training thing that they were doing and yeah someone got killed from that up in the when they were just doing some training up in like some hills and everything it was just insane I was in um, Fort Sill, Oklahoma, ninety when I was in ninety three. The rotation before us, uh, it was a field artillery school, and um, somebody was off, and they put a um, they put a uh, mortar right in the middle of a, a detachment and killed nine soldiers. And by the way, the drill sergeant lets us know about this while we're on that same trail. Whoa! I'm like, thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> while you're while you're at Fort Sill, while you're at anybody who's ever been to Fort Sill, Oklahoma you see the field artillery blowing up on the other side of you Do you? and you're reminded that those are privates just like you those are basic trainees just like you and it just all it takes is this much on the map a coordinate yeah that's it training sucks but uh but you know you have have live fire because at some point in time in basic training you do cover and recover and you do it with live fire you have to. You know, I mean, you know, when you get it, because there's a chance you might be in an actual, you know, situation. So you're going to have to have that. And the accidents are going to happen, sadly, yeah. you know. But uh, but when it came to like the Sci-Fi Center, um, how long has the Sci-Fi Center been around? Uh, 1995, December 1995. All right. So it's been around for a bit. I'm glad that it's lasted. I mean, obviously, I've visited there and I, I enjoyed my time and hopefully I'll uh, do it again. But um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it was like, I mean, I remember talking with you and stuff when it came to like the pandemic and everything and that yeah, that that got a little wishy-washy, but you guys survived it, which is good. Yeah, um, you know, I had other sources of other sources of income too at the time when that was all going down, so I was lucky and I kept those. I still have those because, uh, you know, that safety net is what, you know, like I said, most likely would permit me from disappearing because I know a lot of people who didn't have that safety net during those times that, you know, even with assistance, it just, you know, Vegas, it, it's a people place. And without people, you really can't do a lot. And there's only so much you can do, you know, with online and everything else. Eventually, you know, you know it, it's, it's, you have to have traffic and people have to be able to get out and get around. So, um, you know, for, for, from April, um, April till maybe July of that year, we, you know, we were closed up. There was a gate around this entire plaza. Really? Uh, they put I, a gate? I did not want again. You, if you were caught servicing customers, you, you know, Metro was out here, they would find you. Um, so yeah. You, and then and it lessened up to where you could do curbside stuff, you know? So we built up the internet store so you could do, you know, we could, they could buy it. We could, we could take it down to them. Yeah. You know? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, eventually, like I said, the, 
I don't think it'll ever be bad as it was during 2020. Like I said, the 2020, April 2020 is a month that if I could just like erase from my life, that would have been. Yeah. So that was when it started to get real. I mean, you were finding out about it in March. You know, it was it was a news story in March. Um, it was real by April. Oh, yeah. It was very it, it, real by April. It got April. very real because, I mean, it was, it was, I remember, I mean, yeah, it's such, it's such a weird, it's such, it feels like it was so long ago. Um, yeah, it and, does. Doesn't it? Like, yeah, it feels like, I mean, it was, I mean, you know, three, you know, over three years ago, three and a half coming right. on four, but it just feels like it was longer ago. And it's just, you almost block it out of your brain, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, I remember I was working at this place and then, uh, you know, it's still, I wasn't working remote like I am now and just going in there. And then we're just all, you know, just kind of wondering, like, what is actually happening here? And then uh, everybody was just freaking out. I remember just going like, all right, I guess I should get some extra things at the stores. But then the store shelves were just empty and everything. And it was just like, what is going on here? I mean, toilet luckily, paper. It, yeah. Huh? The toilet paper. Oh, yeah, the toilet paper. I didn't understand that whole thing. I was like, what? Like, what were you doing before the pandemic that you needed so much now? But yeah. But those but people. We- They'll, yeah. they'll never run out and they're, they're going to end up like handing it down to their children because Jesus Christ. I mean, people were just with the toilet paper. I didn't even understand that water, that and water, stuff. water. I could understand. Totally can understand it. But yeah, there was times where it's like, yep, there's no water on the shelves. Like, oh shit. I mean, I guess I'm going to be drinking tap water for God's sake. But, uh, and you've worked at the sci-fi center since you got back, which is what? 2015. Uh, so now, as far as I, I, I've owned the sci-fi center my entire adult life. So when I deployed, okay, so it's always been that's right. It's always yeah, it's been always here. been there. So like yeah. I said, I've never breathed the breath of adult air without being owner of this place. Um, but yeah, I deployed and I put somebody in charge while I was deployed, and I would have like you know not Zoom, but we would have ways to uh, I would monitor the store and be able to because we were on a twelve-hour we were like say it's twelve-hour difference. So, you know, when I was working night shift and this place was open and the person I had here, you know, I just basically had my laptop, uh, you know, available to where, you know, I could monitor the store and answer any questions, you know. And then uh, and when I got back, I got back, uh, I did an active duty, a cup, two, two active duty tours here, setting up a unit and the store was still open uh, then. And then finally, uh, once those tours were done, um, I just, you know, decided that that was it with that. So. Yeah, now it's a cool place. And like I said, if you're in the area, visit. Uh, I think uh, somebody just put the address right there. That's the address? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's the address Three. right there. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. So you guys can't, you guys can never dox me because <laughs> <laughs> I want you to find me. Yeah. It's like he wants to be doxed. Yeah. He wants his address to be out there. And, yeah. um, you know, and, it, and it, it's, it's great because uh i know like uh now you're on enosh's channel you're on the point dexter lounge um obviously enosh is you know he 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 took a he's been taking a break a little bit um which um i know he's been slowly coming back and hopefully you know he'll come back on here too because always love talking to enosh but um so you do like you do basically a show every night right uh, pretty much. Um, I go back and forth sometimes. Uh, like I said, right now I'm streaming on our network, just my, my normal network, but I do stream, uh, every now and then, um, when I bring Brad on, it's a, okay. it's harder for me to, I can't bring cause there's not enough spaces on the stream yard on that one. So, uh, uh when I do a show over there, it was, it's solo because I, yep, we got a I can't bring him on. Whereas on our <laughs> network, he's actually an admin. He actually runs the chat and everything else, but, uh, so cool, um, it's it's yeah we go back and forth but yeah um hopefully as yeah, you know she'll be back i think he'll be back uh soon yeah. um uh hopefully like i said sooner or later i hope you, you know 
hope we are able to stream together. I'd like to have him on for uh for next uh Friday if he's available. So yeah, that would be cool. Um, but, no, I, but I know like uh, it's just because I remember like in the earlier days when I started the Patreon stream. I mean, it was like you you just had. Your, your camera everything's improved that's what i love oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> because call, yeah yeah because you know you're probably just using your laptop camera no microphone no all that mic. yeah so laptop, mic the laptop cam i, we, I, I was i was talking to him the other day i was talking to brad the other day because i said i i look back because i watch every one of our streams to see where we can improve and yeah. sometimes i go back even further it's it's painful to go back to some of those um, because I never had any intention of going that far with it. I was just, you know what, you know, you know, it just came on and then, uh, it turned into something else, but yeah, I, the lighting has definitely improved. Uh, definitely. I have several mics now. I mean, I have a headset, I have, you know, lighting is better to look at those streams from a couple of years. And it's not, like I said, those are only like about 18 months, two years ago. Yeah. It's painful. Uh, but know. you know what, it, it, it's, it's kind of cool though, because in that short time, it's de- I call it the degetification of the, of yeah. the stream, uh-huh. and um, now it looks better. It sounds better. Uh, we're picking up our, our our audience is picking up. Our Ooh. our views are picking up. I think we just uh, we reached twenty five thousand uh, views uh, about a couple a few days ago. I think I posted nice. that on the site, which I know a lot of people get that like in a day. But for for me, for where I started, uh, I'm I'm very happy to to be where where it's at. Yeah. So. Yeah, we stream about every day. A lot. I mean, like I said, and it's usually because it's not it's not work. You know, no. it's not like you know, I you know, I come home and if there's something to talk about, there's generally something to talk about. Uh, a lot of times, we'll do a midnight express where there's just no topics where, where we just let them throw it at us, and you know, we kind of respond, and we never know what's going to go. I mean, one night we went on Raya, I think, sent us on an hour and a half of a serial killer talk. Nice. I don't know. And then we've had mob talk. We've had. Um, you know, we were talking civil war because of that trailer the other night. We were, you know, we were talking Ooh. civil war. And I tried to tell everybody that I know it looks great. I know it looks it looks great on the nose movie. But if they ever tried that, you want you want to see things in, in a video game fashion. Uh, that's the way that's gonna end. There's I'll, I'll just tell you this way: the same way it ended in 1865, it's gonna end in 2020, whatever. Yeah, just quicker, just quicker <laughs> and more fun for the people doing the killing that's that's the difference it's gonna be because uh i've seen what uncle sam has and um i'm glad i'm on uncle sam's side that's all yeah i mean that that i mean i'm a i'm a i'm a huge uh alex garland fan so i'm i'm there day one for sure it's it's, same here same here yeah Yeah, it's it's a little different uh i mean obviously it's i mean it's not i mean he's more of like the sci. he's always known for sci-fi this is not technically sci-fi um, but you know, there's a, it's, it, it is kind of funny too, because with everything that's happening in the world, and then, uh, we just had that Netflix movie, like left behind or whatever the heck oh, talk the about world, you know, the world, the world behind the world, the world behind or something behind, like yeah. that. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I do want to watch it. Cause I keep, you know, hearing things about it. And then, you know, you just, it's, it's those things where it's just like, well, maybe that, that actually probably, that could maybe happen stuff like that can happen i know a lot of people when they watch that trailer they're like how there's no way that texas and california would team up well that that's your biggest thing right there that tells you okay we're just gonna have some entertainment here because yeah we're i'm a californian by heart and i i I know plenty of texans and we are not coming together Uh, what i tell people though is like yeah but you're just thinking about the cities the cities are yes of course the cities are very blue but there is a lot of red when it comes to 
California more than you know. I and that's oh, no, Central I, California. Oh, trust me, hell, it's Southern California. You got Orange County. It's all yeah, yeah. You know, Modesto and all that. But yeah. here's the thing, though. Here's the thing: why you most likely will never ever see something like that again. Red, uh-huh. blue. Look around, people, especially after the pandemic. Just see, remember how people, when the pandemic, everybody just want to get back to being normal. They just wanted to get back to their lives not being disrupted. They have small comforts of just being able to wake up, go to work, you know, have kids, do just the normal stuff. No, and people realize just how much they wanted that normal stuff. Nobody's going to stand for this kind of disruption. I don't care what political view you are. You have extremists that are capable of pulling off something. But not to the scale they would need to to be able to do that. People just want to go get their frappuccinos. Republicans want to go get their shoes, their, their haircut. They want to go get their ties. They want to go to the game. They want to have their barbecues. They do. Nobody wants that kind of disruption. And you're not. You're just not going to get the kind of support people think. And it's cool in a movie. I'm going to go see this movie. This movie's cool. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah, that one guy said, "What kind of American are you?" That's that's <laughs> entertainment to me. Yeah, but I, Nick I just Offerman. Want, Nick Offerman's the president. Come on. Yeah, I just want people to understand this is not a blueprint, or this is you got to think of a lot of things that have to happen in order for you to. And I, I think your dad, you, the term air superiority, is a very important thing when you're fighting a war. And oh, this yeah. would be this would be the first war we ever fought where we have it on day one, minute one. Right. And that is, yeah, you don't want to mess around. But like I said, it's a fun thing to think about. But yeah, and I'm going to go see this movie. It looks cool. I mean, this is one yeah. of those movies I just go see. But yeah, when it comes to like actually coming right real life, and I'm like, nah, man. Yeah, this, this is going to some kid in some, some 17 year old in Tampa with his drone on one desk and his, his Xbox on the other is going to be killing those guys while he's finishing this level on Xbox. And it's going to be like that. You just wouldn't be able to move. You no. wouldn't be able to stick your head out of the hole without a drone. Go, oh, wow. I'm dead. Ugh. That's it. It's over. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's cool. It's cool to. You know, like anything, it's cool to fans. Like Rebel Moon, it's cool to fantasize oh, yeah. about things that will probably never happen because that's where you want it to stay. Yeah, man, yeah. I know. I can't wait for everybody to see it so we talk more about it. But uh, um, yeah, I, I think, like I said, like you know, obviously the, uh, the the reviews came out today, and it's you know, I get it. Yeah. You know, they're not looking, to, but at the same time, I mean, obviously, we everybody. I just hate it when like people are constantly like retweeting that even though they claim who cares about rotten tomatoes and they start talking about it i'm like come on just don't even talk about if you hate rotten tomatoes don't talk about it i use it like i said if i read reviews just to read the reviews like i said i hate i hate their scoring system i think it's shit because i've had friends in real life when i'm like hey you want to go see this movie and they immediately pull up rotten tomatoes and then they go like yeah but instead of 37 percent i'm like so what Amongst people who I will never meet for the most part, who don't have my sensibility to see the whole critic structure in Rotten Tomatoes and all these aggregates, basically what it is there for and people use it for is advisement on how they're going to spend their money. Should they go spend their money on this movie? Yeah. And I, I, I have as much use for all of that as I like I always say as used toilet paper. I don't <laughs> have any use for it. And here's why. What you go to a movie for as a critic going to one movie after another movie after another movie is meaningless to me. If I'm in tune with any given particular director, like if it's Michael Mann, I don't give a rat's ass what Rotten Tomatoes or Vanity Fair or Variety says. I know that 
he his the type of movie making he does hits me where I want to be. Same thing with Ridley Scott. I'm not going to listen to a critic about about a Ridley Scott movie. I'm going to go see a Ridley Scott movie because I know that Ridley Scott makes movies for me. He may not have made it for that critic, and I'm sorry that that guy had to sit through it that he didn't have to pay for. But as far as that goes, but with Netflix, and this is this is as you see things come up on streaming, more and more these things are worthless because now the risk that you got that advice on because you didn't want to drop 125 bucks with the with the wife, the mistress, the kids and the snacks and all that. You didn't want to you didn't want to spend that money with you know you know without some kind of insight. But now if it's on Netflix, if it's on um if it's on Amazon or something like that and you're already paying for your subscription, I don't need that advice. If I don't like it, I can turn it and I waste I, I spent no money. Maybe the Overwettenbacher stuff you got from the store, but not the triple digits that you would have spent. And as as streaming becomes more of a focal point, that risk is mitigated. And if that risk is mitigated, that advice becomes worth less and less because it's between you. And that's why I, I'm, a, I'm a streaming guy because you get your content and you clear out the middleman and all the bullshit and you get directly to the person you met it. I'm the content creator. I made this movie. I'm shooting it straight to you. I'm bypassing all this stuff, you know? So um, yeah, it, 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 you know, I have friends that are critics, but it's the same thing. It's like, you know, these these are I've I've missed out on great movies that I should have seen on the big screen because yeah. back in the day I listened to some bonehead who said it was awful. I see it on my small screen feeling like an idiot because I, I listened to it and, and vice versa. You know what I mean? It, these these movies, you know, I, I, I've seen I've sat right next to a critic. Like, there's a local critic here and I won't name his name because he's probably watching. Um, <laughs> we've sat next to each other at, at plenty of advanced screenings. Right. And have come out completely on the other end of the movie he said that was trash all it was is tna and stuff blowing up and 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 gratuitous this and that and i'm like oh yeah that that's what i came for yeah and that guy made that for me he didn't make it for you so that's where's fun. my review power on that one so yeah no it's it, it is yeah and uh, again i mean that uh, that i just hate that i just hate how they score all that i do i really do and i remember like i used to watch you know ebert uh, uh roger you know ebert and uh at the movies cisco and, and ebert yeah i used to watch though that was like appointment viewing because i just wanted to hear what they had to say it didn't affect me and i was i mean i was young but i just wanted to hear what they said about the the new movies and you know, and it was different then. It was different then because it just it didn't feel like how it is now. I mean, it was like that was actual film criticism right there. Yeah, know? they had leg le le legitimate criticism is fine. But yeah. I looked at some of these reviews today. You can tell the Oof. verbiage and the wordage that's used. You can tell that some of these people are disqualified from me caring about their opinion. You know, when I hear the word cult, when I hear the word this, you know, some of these things yeah. I've already Why heard. are you putting that in a review? Snyder yeah. cult? Seriously? He that's had not that type he yeah, had oh, yeah. Typed up before, before he had it typed up when Rebel Moon was fucking announced. Yeah, so I, I tell these people just don't respond to it. Be honest with you, yeah. if you are excited about seeing any movie, doesn't matter what it is, Dune, no matter what movie, if you are excited about it because that director has that makes movies you like, then stay stay excited about it. Don't get don't get drugged down by whatever the nine percent, ten percent. You know, it it really doesn't matter because. Um, there, you know, it's 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 a it's an A B conversation now. It's it's there's no middleman. There's no, and I think that um, a lot of these guys try to make themselves the story. You know, they, their reviews and their snarkiness the story instead of actually reviewing it. And like I said, how can I take that seriously if you're mad at a certain percentage of our fan base? Yeah, that can't be part of your review, though. No, 
I mean, you're it, mad because you know some guy did it. Hat that, it just it, it negates it because you <laughs> say that, and you're like, and I've seen there was like another one that said, oh yeah, the the release of Snyder Cut Bros or the Snyder Bros will love this movie. It's directed at them, and it's like that. Okay. Like, how is that even a critique? <clears throat> That's good. That lets me know as a oh, Snyder okay. bro that I, I you did <laughs> okay. it right. Listen, and I think these guys need to understand that not every movie is a universal. Not no. every movie is meant to be universally loved. You know, there are people who love the Deadpool movies. Yeah. I can't stand those movies. All right. But they weren't made for me. Yeah. I, I am not going to knock the people who love them. It wasn't made for me. And then sometimes yeah. that's just the situation. And, and they need to understand that, you know, that's what I try to do with my reviews or my first reactions. I'll be like, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. And I even try to be like, this is aimed towards the, I remember like, for instance, little mermaid. I, that wasn't for me. I've never been a Disney kind of guy. Like growing up, I watched a handful of Disney movies, but just didn't really care uh, about them growing up. And then when I'm seeing the live action versions, I mean, my favorite of all of them was Dumbo and that got fucking that flopped. It got passed, but I thought that was the most unique one when it came to, you know, the div Disney live action machine of movies. I thought Tim Burton put his fingerprints all over that. You could feel it was a Tim Burton movie. I thought the cast was great. I thought the way they extended the story was great. And I thought I th it, it hit me in the feels and all the other ones just kind of went, eh, you know, for me. And it's yeah. just not for me, you know, when it comes to those Disney movies. But yeah, I like, I wish more critics would be like, hey, you know, it, try to pick the audience. That's what I try to do is like, what audience is this for? Wasn't for me. Maybe it's for this kind of audience that like this, or if it's based on a game, maybe they'll like it. Or I don't know. I didn't play the game or whatever. Well, with, in particular with Snyder movies, and, and, mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to sound like a shill or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think that right. this. What what ended up happening with the whole uh, release of Snyder Cut movement is it took things out of the traditional hands of the powers that would have these things. The yeses and the noes came from certain people. And when Keelar and AT&T, for, for the disaster that that may have ended up as, that's one <laughs> thing that they did is they took they took something out of the hands of the old traditional powers. And not just the people who were making movies in, in executive positions at that time. It wasn't just the executive branches that kept the you know the Steiner stuff from going on. It was the critical people. Yeah. It was the pundits people, and they have had that leverage and power for so long that they can keep things from happening and being made just by word of mouth and just by what they do. And something got made that that neither executive or pundit really cared for, and that is like you know to them that that jolted them and uh they 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 turned that 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 laser back on us and like i said i understand that there's uh people in the fandom certain percentage of the fandoms who don't always necessarily conduct themselves in the most productive manner every fandom has those of course but i i get tired of being clumped into the cult and this the boss That's and the all thing. that you know i i've never i've never threatened anybody no. i've never i've never jumped in anybody's dms I've never done any of that stuff. And the majority of the people that I know that I, I, I communicate with don't. Yeah. Um, that's why when we're able to do things like, you know, anything that we're able to do for any foundation, for anything like that, it's important that that people are reminded that it's a, it's a camaraderie. I mean, there, there are people who found each other in, in 20, you know, in 2017, you know, looking for answers and then carried each other through a pandemic. Yeah. You know, Chris, Chris Wong Swinton, the day that they announced the Snyder Cut, I'll never forget. I was I was watching his stream live and that guy tearing up, throwing his fedora across the room and cheering and screaming to his wife. 
there's there's a camaraderie there that just gets overlooked. Oh, and, I remember know. I remember when it got announced and I did a live stream and there was there was that was probably one of my highest like live viewings. I think there was like 500, 600 people watching. It was That's absolutely crazy. Scott was hammered. No, no, no. This was oh, like I did a film Chucky live. It was just me. But I think oh. I brought people on, though. I think Scott did come on, but it wasn't. Yeah. No, the one that Scott got, that was after we watched it. We oh, okay. Yeah. You, it. That was funny. That was great. That was that was great because he was just like, I love everybody. We had like Liz Wonder on. We had everybody on. I was watching. Uh, and then, you know, uh, and even speaking of like, you know, people that we like uh, <laughs> connected with, we also, you know. Throw a knife at Steven. There we hey. go, Steven. Hey. What's going on, man? How you doing? We're talking about your favorite subject, Rotten Tomatoes and all that. Oh, stuff. yeah. I love Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's like such a valuable component of the film discussion ecosystem. What would we do right. without reducing everything to a number as if it means something? I know. I like, hate that scoring. I don't mind that there's like a... Yeah, I don't mind that there's like the reviews all there, sure, but that score that is just like right in front. It's so it's the biggest thing on the fucking page, like every page. I, I, honestly, I don't even like. There's a lot of people that like, hate Rotten Tomatoes, and I think it's like a, it's a useful metric. Like I, I don't, yeah. I don't think as a as a thing that's. I I honestly am more frustrated by the people that get upset, like angry about it more yeah. than I am by it existing, or even people being like, oh, clearly this means it sucks. Um, like all the people who are like mad and like freaking out about it. Like you, there's a whole, there's like thousands of people on Twitter who it's like BVS is your favorite movie. And this has like basically the same score as BVS. So what do you, what do you want that? Like this, if this is, if it's reviewed similar to a movie that you really like, then great. Like, what do you, I don't know what you want. I don't know. It's like, like, yeah. What do you, how do you want me to feel about that? We also got Rhea joining. Hey, Rhea. Rhea. Yeah. Hey. Uh, yep. She's reaching for something. Oh, my cat ears, Rhea. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's got the cat ears too. Uh, you're you're muted right now, Rhea. Whoop. Oh man, hey. I I just oh. went through a whole. Hey, how are you, cat ears, twinsies? Like little you know, like, like I do every intro. night. When, so I know that I'm not muted. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, hey, it happens to the best of us, man. It's always part of it. It's always part of it. But thank you for joining, Rhea. How you doing? Oh, you're muted again. Still muted. Wow. Ah, it went Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so obnoxious. Okay, so, um, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm testing out this new camera I got um, once I returned from uh, my trip recently. And, yeah. yeah, it's got, like, you know, the little, like, 90s canted angle action happening right now. Nice. Or at least that's like kind it. of what I have it on. Yeah. So, uh trying to you know figure out what works best for me it works it works <laughs> then we also got chris showing up right here what's going on sir doing well doing well i am officially on winter break so uh so i'm lucky. feeling better lucky i'm jealous wish i was on break from my job well hopefully i'll take the last week off but you know whatever but hey thanks for joining man thanks for having me yeah, back. You're, you're yeah no problem always but uh, yeah, we were just kind of like you know, we, well, we were talking about a lot of things. I mean, obviously, we got the uh, uh, the Rebel Moon Lifeline and Awareness event that's happening in Las Vegas, which still reminding people the link is it's it's pinned in there. I'm yeah, still pinned right there. So if you got anything, every little bit helps. So go ahead and click the link and donate. It's all going to AFSP, folks. Do it. Also, Do it. if you can't donate 
it, it share share the event. You never share know who link. you're putting putting the events into somebody who can. You know, times are tough, so I can understand that. But if you share it, uh, some of our donations have come from you know six degrees of separation by the event getting out to somebody uh, who's not directly connected to us. So that helps yeah. as well. Exactly. But yeah, we were just kind of talking about, uh, you know, obviously Rebel Moon, and you know, with the reviews coming out today. I mean, it's not going to affect anybody here or even in the chat, you know, or well, some people. I mean, it's just always like 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 Stephen was saying how people just like uh, use that. It, it, it's such a they use it to be like, well, uh, you know, I guess it sucks. And then people just and then other people like want to complain or not complain, but just kind of I remember a lot of people with the IGN review they're like you guys gave thor love and thunder this and it's like okay so they did i get it they thought that piece of shit of a movie was better but i don't know to me i'm just like why even bother why even bother you know why even bother trying to dogpile on them these aggregates have as much power as people give them though i mean if you if you just if people just stop using them as their their uh benchmark or where where, you know what they want to see and they'll have less and less relevance. I mean, but, but like you were saying too, though, is like you know when it came to the reaction of BVS and even Man of Steel, and how Warner Brothers reacted to that. I mean, a lot had to do with the the critic, and that's why they, you know, turned exactly. they, they turned on all that, which was ridiculous because then you know the whole Snyder Cut thing came out, and then of course that was way more well received. Um, but it's just funny how like these studios do still look at that. And I even saw people today, a lot of people, you know, even when it came to the reviews of it, I mean, a lot of people, even I said, you know, and a lot of people would probably agree after watching it, it's like, oh, yeah, you, you could tell, like, there's some things that are condensed. The movie flows very well in this cut. I and mean, Steve and I were talking about it after we watched it. It was like, it still flows very well. But, yeah, you could tell, like, yeah, there's some things that are going to be needed that are flushed. They're going to be fleshed out way more in the uh in the r-rated cut sure and a lot of people said that but then i saw a lot of people like why did they even do this then because now zach's getting shit on and blah 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 and <laughs> if only things had been different zach would not be sh- like i always love that if people act like there's some alternate universe where everyone's yeah. like oh i love zach snyder now like <laughs> no that's not it's not gonna it might ha- be that's a- why i want it to be a zero percent on rotten tomatoes like i want yeah. everyone to like lose their fucking minds over how low the score is like that's like go all the way like why what is this 20 percent crap i need to lower <laughs> oh i was just gonna mention i'm uh not sure how other people feel about reading reviews after a viewing but i think it actually makes my discussions around the film even more rich because i have like this additional sort of facet to really think back about my memories of a film and it kind of changes my perspective a little bit, maybe like depending on the feedback that I hear from the review. Like we talk about how some reviews are just like full of vitriol and uh, perhaps even have uh, ulterior motives. I can't really speak to that. But um, yeah, as far as like the ones that have genuine like objective criticisms and maybe like noticed different like syntax or some sort of like uh, perspective on a scene that is really like fascinating for me. And that's what I want to discuss with other people. Like, I don't necessarily want to talk to people who all agree that a film is like really no, fun and, and like the visuals are great. You know, I, I will totally like, you know, pepper that into the discussion, but I don't want it to be like, you know, like the focus, you know? 
And that's why I kind of prefer the kind of breakdowns over reviews, like mm. looking at different uh, either reviewers that are looking at like a particular scene or maybe a theme of the movie at that point. You know, uh, I'll pepper in some reviews here or there, but it really I, I'm more interested in kind of like what do they what did you see that I didn't? So it's like, oh, I've, I got to go back and see it the next time. I've got to go and look at that from a different angle. And, and you know, we talked last week about how um, nope got put in a whole different perspective with some of the breakdowns at that point. So, well, that's the, the problem with the, the, what the tomato meter represents is not even, it's not even a, like an averaging of the score. It is a, it is a percentage of thumbs up, thumbs down. So it's literally a, a representation of, of uh, trying to, to capture good versus bad as a, as a metric. And by making it such a big point of the conversation, with all these and the reason that i hate people talk fans or non-fans anyone focusing on it at all is because like you said it's not a discussion of anything about what's actually going on like on screen like the, i say I always say the least interesting conversation you can have about any movie even a bad movie the least interesting conversation you can have about it is about whether or not it's good or bad yeah like, I love like why like like where is that gonna go like oh it's good it's bad like what how about like I, I would love to, to talk about more uh, like something like Morbius for, you know, I could talk about it for hours about what yeah. it's trying to do and, and maybe how, how well it gets there. I'm not saying like, Oh, there's layers to Morbius that I want to break down, but, the, but like there are discussions to be had there, even if you're making fun of it outside of like having a debate over like whether or not it's actually good or whether or not it's actually bad. Like who, who cares about like it's, it's, it, it turns it into like, it's like an Olympic event where the, where like the goal of the movie is to get a high score. And it's like, oh, I think that like, they're not, they're, they're, their objective, at least for most movies from most studios is not like trying to get a certain score. They're trying to communicate something. And sometimes that's going to inherently come with a lower score because they're not targeting some broad demographic pointed, exactly. um, like four quadrant audience movies. It's, I don't know. It's, Sometimes they're aiming at Neanderthals like me who just yeah. blow <laughs> not going to be for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. and it's funny too, because I remember uh, seeing today, like, uh, you know, obviously with all the rebel moon stuff, uh, a clip of when Zach had his like a screen and, and, and he had VVS, I think it was on the screen and it showed like the rotten tomato score, which was like 27%, I think. And he goes, 27, that's rude. <laughs> you know, he just, he made a joke out of it. He made like a joke out of it, whereas like it's not like, I mean, he's probably just like, yeah, whatever. But at the same time, he just it's just the, the fact that he just was like, that's rude. Well, you know? and I think the thing that a lot of fans like, I think critics don't definitely don't get it. But a lot of fans don't realize either is Zach kind of loves that brand. Like he, <laughs> like he doesn't want to be the guy who gets like, I mean, I'm sure he'd appreciate good reviews. But yeah. but like look at the entire rollout strategy for this movie they know that they're putting like structurally and this is not a this is not a commentary on the quality of the movie at all but functionally they uh, they decided to take a the this movie they split it into two parts and they cut each of those parts up so this first step forward is inherently a a a, a portion of a portion of a story um and so uh, they they know what they're doing. The whole point of this is is the the Zack Snyder brand is everyone wants more, right? And there's always more, right? We're, and and it's really funny. Actually, my favorite part about the, the the critics that are like anybody in their reviews that's like really bent out of shape about the movie is it makes me really happy to know that 
people haven't fully realized yet that in 2024 we're getting three more rebel moon releases like they're gonna because okay. they extended it like they're we're getting part two but we're also getting the 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 director's cut and then the director's cut for part two all in 2024 and like those are each going to get their own rollout it might not be as big as this rollout but there's going to be interviews dropping and and like they're going to put it on the front page and like every single one of these is going to be like 2024 is just going to be there's functionally three new snyder movies hitting netflix in 2024 and it's going to be hilarious seeing how like everyone's already like blown their load on the on the negativity from the yeah, reviews. like <laughs> i i think like um and i kind of you know want to deliver this feedback in the best way possible like with positive intent um i believe that at least from the reviews that i've you know seen discussed on other streams and among friends and shared on social media it is by and large judging this single isolated product that not product film um and i think the intention of it leading into a larger grander story down the road it may not be exactly what the general audience or perhaps just the people who have seen the film are necessarily banking on in order to fully you know uh be vested into this universe I think there might be, you know, intention to simply, you know, evaluate the uh, parts of the movie and how it was executed in ways that subjectively it succeeds and in ways that it could improve. So I believe for just, you know, discussion sake, some of the reviews are worthwhile to kind of, you know, dive into, especially if it revolves around the uh film execution or pr production you know like cinematography writing i personally do believe that although this is um leading into additional content which may you know uh enrich the this film uh down the road and uh will get more context and more value from this piece of the story down the road um again i still feel like it's valid to see this as its own standalone story and you know judge it from what we see right here I mean, it's, it's only just the beginning when you watch it i mean it's just it's building the team and it's kind of just like this is the conflict you know you, there's all, there's so many layers and you, you barely get to know like a lot of like the you know it's a very much like contained story and you know apparently the second part is just going to be just crazy just it's just going to be flat out war just What's... full on war i mean i mean S Stephen more knows a little bit more about some of the stuff i mean it's just like and not, and then not to mention like what i said too is like in my review was the fact that it's like yeah the action is great it's got all the snyderisms the slow-mo high octane craziest but you know there's cutaways there's not blood splatter and apparently when it comes to what's uh, what we're in store for, holy shit! Like With Seven Samurai. I mean, to yeah. me, like when I when I first saw the premise of this and knew it was going to be part one and part two, I, it, I mean, it just bleeds, and that's why a couple of weeks ago we did we watched Seven Samurai because I wanted yeah. to you know lead up to to all this. And, and to me, I mean, and I, I saw one of the reviews where somebody you I, I can't I don't know what's exact word, but somebody kind of used that in a not so positive way. And I'm like, I, that's that's fine. That's that's what it. Some of the things that these guys and like I said, legitimate discourse is there's no problem with it. But some of the things that some of these guys are trying to make as a negative, I'm like, wow, okay, I'm in because 
they, he, he made this movie for me. And it's like, it's, it's not every movie is going to be for everybody. And there just, there doesn't need to be friction every time that a movie doesn't land with everybody else. It's just why you make, that's why we don't all watch the same movie. You what know? was the, the tweet that was going around? Someone said something like whenever these, whenever someone makes a list of all the things they hate about his ex, a new Zack Snyder movie, it sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard. That's definitely good too. We got somebody else joining right now. <gasps> oh, Great Odin's Raven. What's up, Travis? I don't know why I've got designated Ron Burgundy. But, uh, <laughs> why not? Happy, yeah. happy Friday, everybody. I'm here drinking some eggnog in there. Look at you with your yeah. eggnog and your Batman cup. Team I love eggnog. It. People in the yeah. chat, team eggnog. Let me know. You know team what? Eggnog. I'm not. I, you know what? I thought, I mean, eggnog, it's a bad name. First off, you know, <laughs> you want some eggnog. It does not sound like it's something that I should be consuming. Not <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I did see in the store the other day, and I didn't realize they made it. It said Southern Comfort Eggnog, and they actually have to put very specifically on there. It said non-alcoholic. I was like, wait, you know, and it, not, I, not. I was, it, I was it, gonna say I've seen that before. I've never seen a is it non-alcoholic <laughs> Southern Comfort. I have not seen. Yeah, that. It, it just like I've said is no. Uh, it's very small, so it's just like I know they probably have fooled some people with that. Probably. Oh, damn, that would have so been what what would one I grabbed. <laughs> What because yeah, I don't have that in Canada. What is the southern eggnog thing? It's southern, southern comforts. comforts a yeah. uh, so it's a, a whiskey, a whiskey, whiskey isn't it? yeah, yeah, okay. So they but make it's only the flavor, I guess. <laughs> okay, they yeah. make an al- on yeah. alcoholic there eggnog. You go. Flavor. There you go, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a that's a mouthful to say, but yeah. Oh okay. man, Fair I think enough. my 21st birthday, I uh got traumatized from uh southern comfort. That's a lot of what I drank that night mm. that I barely remember. That's just yeah, 21st. You do you remember you had southern comfort though? So. I know, I do remember that. I remember the southern comfort was like the theme of the little get together that we had for sure but i remember just you ever do that thing where you just you find somewhere whether it's a wall or in my case it was the uh the couch and i just sank down just slid down and you and hold on to the couch to yeah. stop you from falling into the sky yeah exactly and then wow. the next yeah. and then the next uh the next memory you have is just being you know you know sure that was liquor praying to the porcelain <laughs> god right Cool. So yeah, it was. Rob Williams uh, had a, had a great one where he said, "You know, I want to see a realistic beer commercial one time." He says, "Here's one for you. You you just <laughs> pissed. It's three a.m. You just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one. And I wish they would actually take a drink. You know, for once when they're selling these, I know it's like they they created a law back. Who knows when? I guess when they started selling booze." that you can't take an actual drink of booze like in a commercial. So that's why you always see them like cheers. And then they just hold it and go, <laughs> why are selling? Be- like, I don't get it. <laughs> you're selling an alcoholic beverage. People are going to assume that you're drinking it. I don't know. It's yeah. so ridiculous. And I just, every time I see a commercial, I'm like, take a drink. They never <laughs> do never take a drink. Cause apparently it's forbidden in the commercial world. <laughs> they need to pass a different law, but anyways, but thank you for joining uh, Travis. Oh yeah, I said last week I'd be here. I just finished yeah. watching the 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 mean one with the Geek First guys. Watched that Grinch parody. Nice. So that was that was. Something. How was that? Um, it, it was good because we did uh we did it with our patrons, so it was like a fun. There was like ten of us, like a big watch along. So that if I was watching alone, 
maybe not the same effect but when you got a group of people and you're kind of having it so bad it's so good it was it was a entertaining hour and a half i don't know if it needed to be an hour and a half i think it was cutting a little long in the tooth there's this whole mayor storyline and conspiracy i was just there to see the grinch kill people but you know it's fine so, we did that so, with howard the duck we did yeah, a yeah, with howard yeah, the duck, and that's yeah. oh that's the only way oh. i can stomach that movie was with yeah. the patreon people because oh my goodness that may be the second well it's that it's tied with dude where's my car howard the duck but howard the duck had catastrophic after results i mean people got in a fight fighting over who should take credit for for green lighting the movie that's how bad it was it was and it's a lucas film too that's that's it's, yeah it is oh, yeah. and, yeah, yeah, and it it, is. but it was like so 80s it was so 80s i mean i know it's bad but i mean you, 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 you it's leah thompson i mean you can't go wrong with her but i i mean obviously, they did they did go wrong, they did go wrong with william on this one yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'll say that but i'm just saying I just like her presence. I'm saying you no, can't go course. wrong with it. It helps. Problem. It helps. Reality, I mean, all, everything you don't need. <laughs> yeah. um, that was the last time I got to pick the movie that we went to because I took my dad's hey because I was I was a comic book fan and I wanted to go see that. And like I said, that was it. Uh, every time I said, hey, why don't we go see this? No. <laughs> Son, no. your movie picking yeah. is revoked. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> my God. God. I, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I saw it a couple months ago with Patreons and they, you know. I, I only did it because I said if we reached a certain amount in Patreons that we would mm-hmm. do it, and sure enough, they did it, and I suffered through that god awful movie. Boy. What you got to oh. do for the fans, William? Exactly, the people that support us, right? Fan. You got to yeah. be in pain for them sometimes. I had so customers, I had customers coming in stores, and many times I could get away from that. I did. I'm like, <laughs> hey, can you help? Come on, I can show you this. Come on, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh man. Like, I haven't uh, watched. I, I can't even remember the last time I watched that. It probably had to be in the '90s. I don't think I've seen that movie in like two decades, over two decades. Keep know. it that way. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. No, no. I'm. Yeah. One of these days, maybe should do like a, a stream and watch it and take oh. shots for every stupid moment. I'd be done in. You'll be out. You'll be dead. <laughs> It'll be like that party you were talking about. But worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. Uh, we got somebody else joining right now. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> what's going oh, on, man. everybody? Ben nice, copied man. my they side copy. shot. I'm off the side, you know. What's yeah, look at on? that. Come on. Oh, my bad. Is that an actual poster, or is it like a like a digital effect you put there? Uh no, it's yeah, it's a digital effect. Okay, I, no, I was just like, where'd you get that from? That's like a massive yeah, no, thing God, you have. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know oh, yeah, you, Dave. I didn't know you knew David Ortiz. Uh, Dave? It's yeah, it's cool. forced oh. perspective. No, he's, he's, got, he's got it up next to the camera. He's, yeah, we, we actually got one of these like at the uh, screening. We got a, a Jimmy, of Jimmy's head. Yeah, nice. I haven't opened it yet. But I you just got like a package or something. I saw I that the actor was at the New York premiere. I thought that was pretty oh, cool Anthony to see Hopkins him. Was? Mm. Oh, sorry. Was it like the taller motion capture dude? Oh, I, uh, I don't know. Okay. That's it. Okay. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, because Anthony Hopkins voices him. And we were all kind of wondering if he was going to show up. But I mean, the guy's like. Very, you know, he's pretty. He old. didn't show up to win his Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> that tells you what he did. Well, yeah, but <laughs> all, all the more too. reason it would be awesome for him to show yeah. up there. Yeah, true. Anthony true. Hopkins yeah, yeah. would skip the Oscars, but show <laughs> yeah. up to the Rebel Moon premiere, right? Like that's. Yeah, we were all kind of wondering because you know when we were sitting in the bleachers and watching everybody show up. And we're just kind of going like, anytime a car came up, I'm like, is this going to be him? I I totally forgot that Carrie Elwes was even in it until he, that was cool all of a sudden to be like, oh, wow, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. (laughs) As you wish. Um, Yeah. And yeah, he was uh, very grateful. I I think uh, Staz, Staz, right? Is that him? He was the most entertaining one. 
He mm. was very like, I mean, he was like talking to the Did crowd. Did he show up shirtless? Was he shirtless? No, no, no. <laughs> I know that guy's got abs like, you know, down to his feet. Um, but, um, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, he was just very interactive. And then he was like taking pictures with like the, uh, what are those, uh, the, the priest guys? What do they call them again? Steven. <laughs> I don't know, the, the Imperium. Yeah priests yeah yeah whatever yeah. those guys which we kept on feeling sorry for those guys because they were just standing there the whole time <laughs> and, you know and it was funny because the actors thought they were statues at first so they would like touch them and then they'd see a move and they'd be like oh shit like, <laughs> they're, they're, these are these are real guys yeah it was pretty funny because they i mean they had the whole music and everything they all came out and then like a couple of them left and then they're rotating them because i mean standing there just like in all that shit for like an hour and a half not fun, but it was just funny because, yeah, anytime there was like some of the actors did not know that they thought there were statues. So when they moved, they were like, oh, my God, they get they jump a little bit. But, yeah, Staz, he was like the he was having a tons of fun with that. He took a bunch of pictures with those guys and uh, he was just had a he had an energy to him. So did Fisher Ray, of course, when he showed up, everybody was cheering and he fist bumped a lot of people. I got a little fist bump from so that, that was cool hurt my knuckles anyways <laughs> yeah and i was like damn ray she's relaxed i know you got these big guns and all like no but uh it was great and then of course wayne t Carr was there too like that was cool like they showed up together and i was like whoa i was like look it's wayne wayne's here I was like look at that and then yeah it was cool i was like freaking awesome man so good to see him supporting his friend i wonder if wayne actually helped with anything like i know he's like a you know, he's an acting coach type and speech coach. And I wonder if he had any kind of input on any of that. I don't know. It's a good question. Anyway, he's not in the movie at all, right? <laughs> no, he's not in the movie. <laughs> he's not in the movie. He's yeah. not in the movie. But we also got Sam. What's going on, man? Hey, Sam. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Good. Sam was at the premiere. Got to meet hey. him in person. Yeah, yes. finally, man. I know. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Sorry, it was so brief, but I was like right before the movie started. And then, of course, the after party thing didn't happen uh, for us. So, But it, it did for you. I saw your pictures. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, man. I tried to meet you because um, I yeah. actually my plus one didn't show up. So I was like, where's David? I know, I know. But I had, you know, we had a group and then my mom, I had my mom, Mama Film Junkie was with me. So it was just like we just uh, got a bite, you know, and just, you know, got a drink and a bite. And then we headed home. So. Yeah, it was but it was, yeah, the way they set all that up, man, was amazing. Yeah. It was good. How, what did you think about the movie? I mean, dude, like visually and like the world building they did with that, it's actually pretty epic. Um, it made me immediately, by the end of the movie, most I think everybody feels the same that way. We've got to see what's going to happen next. Like this is kind of like the setup, the build up to where it's going to progress. <coughs> But I also feel like there were gaps where I was like, man, there's so much more story to expand from this. It made me more intrigued by, I think, his director's cut, whether That's, it's, you know, rated R, whether it's uh -huh. more things to fulfill with the characters. But honestly, every single character, he, he put enough threads with every single character. You could have spinoffs and more character development. Like, he progressed each character really well to the point that I'm engaged. And I think anybody else will be engaged regardless. That's what I was asking everyone um, we saw it with is if immediately after seeing it, you had the choice of going directly into the theatrical cut of part two or immediately mm. watching the director's cut of part one and having to wait until April for part two, 
which one would you mm. choose? Yeah, I was all about the uh, uh, director's cut. I was like, I want to see more of this story first. Yeah, I was like, I want to see this. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the one. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, there were a few people that were like, oh, I want to see part two, but like, I, I think yeah. I would choose immediately. They were. I like, would watch. Oh, I would rewatch if I had the option of rewatching part one director's cut. I would wait for part two personally. Yeah, I have um, maybe uh, a controversial question to Ooh. ask y'all who saw the film. <laughs> uh, would you have preferred this to be? A series over a film and why why or why not i don't think so i think it were i think i i i, I mean I, I was having a conversation mm. with somebody about that today because he was talking about uh you know that zach needs to learn how to make short shorter movies kind of thing and i was like because you know i was like well i know he's done that before and he's like yeah but he's like Star Wars was this much and look what it started. And, you know, it was only two hours long and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I mean, he could always jump to series every now and again. I, there's just so much here. And I know there's supposed to be like spinoff, you know, series or whatever the hell. But um, when it comes to this, I mean, I would have to watch the the full on three hour cut to to really gauge that. But for the most part, I I, I would it's not like a, I didn't feel like it needed it. Maybe it could benefit, but at the same time, it's just, it is a theatric, you know, it's a cinematic, I want to yeah. see it on the big screen movie. Well, I don't know. A series is an entirely different format. Yeah. Like, like a series yeah. in this universe would be cool, but it would be it need to be an entirely different screen. Like you can't just take this screenplay, even a, an extended version of it and shot like, because there's, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything, but like there's, it just, it wouldn't. It wouldn't work as a series because you the the distribution of set pieces and when you know where characters are involved and there'd be really really boring episodes. Um, yeah. That um, you know because a series is going to be like oh you've got to get a you know you're going to have to insert like an actual action sequence into that first twenty minutes or whatever which you know this has a slower a like yeah, it, yeah and so taking what they had and turning it into series I'd say absolutely no. Um, yeah. but you know, a series in this universe. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'd be, I'd be up for that, but it'd be something different than, um, than this just by its nature. I, uh, I want to ask a, a question to you guys, especially those who've seen it. Uh, I know there's such an extended cut and I think we discussed this internally. <laughs> um, I know that Netflix, uh, probably wants to, um, uh, give different variations of these films to get more people excited. But do do you feel, Stephen? Because I know you saw it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that um, not having the full uh, additional uh, hour cut uh, might have hurt uh, the negative backlash that is getting from reviewers? Ooh. Are you asking me? To- are you asking me if if uh, critics would have praised Zach's uh, no, Zach Snyder no, movie? No, no, that's not. That's, it was, that, I get where he's uh, going, though, Stephen. It's a fair question. Yeah, well, it's, well because, <laughs> I think there's multiple one of different things, questions there. And no, no. So, yeah. uh, let me let me rephrase that because one of the things that I, that, that I've been hearing from what, what that I read from reviewers, yeah, that they felt we, that we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, yeah. That there was yeah. something missing. That there was something yeah. that like uh, okay, I need, there was there was a little uh, mm. pieces that felt like they were missing. So take removing that entire hour. Do you think that would it play better with uh, those those who? Uh, I I don't believe I, I mm. the, the three hour cut is going to be better. That's that's like a hands down. Agreement. No, we know that. We the, know that the reviews were never going to be good for it. Like I don't I don't know why. 
I'm tired of people hand-wringing every single time the Zack Snyder movie comes out as if there's an alternate reality in which critics give it the benefit of the doubt. Like, that's not going to happen. Just enjoy what it is and stop caring. Like... The, the we know what happens when we make a Zack Snyder movie that people want and it's it's with Justice League right it's, it's, yeah. it's the 2017 Justice League stop trying to find a way to convince critics to give these good reviews let right. Zach that's what he's doing at Netflix right that, that they're saying let him cook and then and then yeah, sure they're releasing yeah. this version first but what they've done is they've created a four they get to quadruple dip off of you know they, they shoot they shoot one production cycle you know for four months or however many months they shot six months they shot for and then they get four releases out of it no it's not the best foot forward um but it's it doesn't matter like it also the Zack snyder brand is the wait for the snyder cut like they're also like they they are manufacturing the snyder cut hype with that and i'm not and i don't i i can't judge the strategy because it's netflix like i yeah sure i would love just release Three release release the three hour cut mm-hmm. in IMAX theatrically. Not a, like right. That's that, that's what I would love, mm-hmm. but that's not going to happen because this is Netflix. And so, so the ecosystem they're operating in, I understand the strategic decisions behind that. Um, I think that the two hour cut plays plays great, but yeah, as a, as a Snyder fan, knowing like you, it's one of those things where you watch you're like, oh, I know that there's supposed to be blood there. I know that that's supposed to be longer. But it's not like it's you know it's not it's not a Justice League situation. It's not even a BVS situation, really, where you feel like there's something quite not quite right about the plot. Like this is the first one where the cut down version is like it's overly efficient, maybe, but it's not it's not missing crucial pieces. I'm sure that the director's cut will come out and people are going to find all these things that were essential. But in terms of like. It, it, when it when it hits on Netflix, the general audience, they're not going to be having this argument, right? No. This is an argument that only people who like know the Snyder mythos are going to be commenting on. But the whole, right. we, the know, whole we know, well, we know, we know this. Like, but we, uh, I think because we know this director, because we know his body of work, and we know how he operates, it's different from those who do not either do not like him or do not appreciate his body of work where they feel like when you uh, remove an hour from a cut, they feel like there's some cohesion lacking from the film. And that's what I'm afraid of. I'm like, okay, are you cheating yourself out out of uh, putting uh, your best uh, foot forward by not putting the entire uh, mm. film? Or, yeah, or, I, or I would, or I I would kinda, doing this. Yeah, I want to kind of comment on that because... <sighs> It's a, it's a double-edged sword. There's people that's going to go into this movie, whether they're critics or whether they're haters of Zach with their own preconceived notions of bashing it off-rip. We all know that. Yeah. Um, but the other side of that, um, to answer Raya's question initially, I personally would love to see, you know, this world kind of build out. I would love to see kind of a series built off of certain characters that they kind of develop and see where they were in the past. I would love to see prequels. Like, they've designed it really well. I think the thing functionally that people are going to kind of notice is that some of the action scenes that are shot so well, you can kind of tell like they maybe be a little bit more brutal. And I think some people that are a fan of his work, like if they looked at 300 and they kind of made a comparison between that and this, they may be like, oh, wait, no, I I know that he can go harder with this and I'm not Mm -hmm. sure why he did. Yeah, well, and for me as a critic, those scenes also are 300 style violence, by the way, blood splatters and everything. I I saw a clip from the like 
so like the scene in the in the in the barn um mm -hmm. that, that i think the clip was even released that like there are there is hatchets going into faces there is blood splatter on the lens that like there is right. it's it's Ooh, a different yeah. it's not just like oh they cut stuff out like they actually engineered it's almost like it's not like his other director's cuts normally are like oh here's my it, it, like they, they almost engineered a Snyder cut release where they planned a PG 13 version of the same ver of the yeah. same story and an R rated version of the same story. So it's not just extended. It's actually going to be a major tonal shift too. Also, which I think is people are considering this like a, Oh, there's one cut of the movie and another cut of the movie. But I think that after that's released, people are going to look at it and they're going to say, Oh, Netflix actually created two different products. It's not an inferior product yeah. and a better product. One is better than the other. Sure. But it's it's it is two entirely different different things. I think that conversation hopefully will be more interesting than it is tiring. And and it's funny too because <laughs> like I'm wondering like after everybody sees this version like when they start promoting that director's cut and like the scenes that we actually see from there because I still remember when the BVS Ultimate Edition was announced and they showed the clip of just you know when when Batman breaks into LexCorp and you see him drop down like that and wow. I remember seeing that I'm like why would you even delete that but then yeah. that made me so much more excited to see this alternate cut just that one little whoosh like just down and I'm like why would you even like remove that from the movie you guys are dumb you're stupid you're whatever but it's almost like Man, that one little part got me so much more excited for it. And I'm yeah. just kind of wondering, like, well, like, what certain scenes are we going to see when they start promoting this that I go, oh, my God, that was part was of this? that scene? Ah, you know? Like well, the... I wanted to uh, circle yeah. back to Samuel's feedback around the film. I was actually, like, hoping to hear his, you know, take on it. And oh, yeah. it's really interesting that he mentioned, yeah, like, you know, I can see this succeeding as a series. And I think like going back to uh, Stephen's feedback around the grand, the grandeur of, you know, the visuals possibly not communicating uh, to their full extent as successfully as they would uh, cinematically. I totally hear that as well. But um, I guess like for the folks who have seen it, uh, knowing that, you know, we have had, you know, visual, you know, feats achieved, uh, on the small screen, such as like, you know, uh, Game of Thrones. And now I'm thinking of like Spartacus, for example, we've seen, mm. you know, this high level of like high octane, you know, gore and uh, character driven, you know, drama that's also very like um, intense to watch, like to the point where the the story is elevated because of the intensity being shown on screen. So I guess like first and foremost, I want to ask Samuel, you know, what what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I mean, like, take uh, Sophia's character, Kara, right? If you just take her from what you see in the movie, every single one of these characters have a backstory. Like, he he drives home that there's layers to every single character, even if they have a small, minute amount of time there, or if they are throughout the whole entire movie. And so for me, because he built it that way, I think that from a developmental standpoint, I think it'd be great. Like, if, if it kind of started with, like, a small little series built off of her character or one of the other characters, I think that would be good from a developmental standpoint to get people enthralled to like a Moody and going to like a trilogy. But as far as taking this and making it a series, I don't think functionally it was designed for that. But I do think that there is definitely weight to say that if they would have done like a little mini series before the movie released, or if they're planning on doing series of prequels or in between gaps, 
I think that it'll bode well for the productivity of the, the property, in all honesty. Now, the weird thing about it, and I, I want to make sure I'm clear about this. I agree with Stephen from from a tonal standpoint, some of the scenes, somebody asked me like last night, they were like, man, there was so much like slow motion. It was just kind of there. And like, why is that you so much slow motion? I knew watching some of these scenes, I was like, y'all don't understand. This is brutal. What's actually happening is very violent and very gory, but the way that they're circumventing it is they're allowing the scenes to kind of play out and then move away, play out and move away, which gives an illusion. It's just nothing but slow motion nothing and so i think that that's one of the things i'm kind of worried about people's perception that no like he stylized this a very specific way the question that i have for all of you with it is if they would have just released the raw uncut version as is up front do you guys think that that would have bode well for the general audience now the general audience hasn't seen it yet and I think that the general audience is going to be fine with the PG-13 version because they're going to want to see what's going to happen next, no matter what. But the question would be, is like, if it was just all the way there, uncut and what it is, how do you think the general reception is? Because I think from a critic, me being a critic, I don't matter. I, my goal is to really look at it from a non-subjective standpoint and just say, like, this is what it is and I enjoy it. But that doesn't commonly happen with a lot of different critics. Some people look at it one-sided and then some people like, are just really defensive for no reason. I try to look at anything I watch with the grain of salt to enjoy it or not. Or not. And so the critics are one side, but the general audience, I think, is a really big spectrum. I'm curious y'all's perspective on if he would have just released it as is, completely uncut and everything like that, what do you guys think that that would have? What's the length of time? I think What's the length of time? 220, right? 220? Is that the runtime? Is that the That's uncut? Open. Uh, no, you're talking about the, uh, the, the PG-13. Okay. PG-13 oh, oh, of course, 214. <laughs> um, um, but okay. the director's cut is three. Me? Something, I think. It's supposed to be like three hours. There's going to be like an extra 45 minutes at least. So let's yeah. say it did no. release like with that, you know, two hour and some change, you know, uh, runtime, but with full on, you know, action and gore like right there i'm thinking of it like akin to my viewing experience for the first time of um 300 in mm. in the theater and um i don't believe that there is a director's cut of it or maybe like there no, is there somewhere isn't. in a vault somewhere and we'll see it in like 10 years but nah. um yeah for for that you know um film in my viewing experience of that I, of course, like, you know, it came out when, when I was younger and I didn't have any conception of, you know, uh, other versions of films existing at the time, but the impact of the visuals and the runtime of it, it ten it succeeded in it being so resonant in my, you know, perception of, you know, what filmmaking could be that it still succeeded in my opinion. Like we still you know a lot of those scenes are still as fresh in our minds as it was when uh, a lot of us have seen it and uh we continue to kind of like thematically like or dissect it the thematically although you know it you know it had like you know uh a shorter runtime or like we didn't really have like any sort of idea of what might have been missing or any concessions that were made visually or in the writing. It was just there. It was just, you know, a successful narrative in and of itself. So if I could, you know, kind of like compact my answer for you, um, my intention is to watch e 
watch this film as an as an isolated you know story and uh potentially have like that same feeling of seeing like scenes that will continue to replay in my mind over and over and leave its imprint on what is so fascinating about not only just filmmaking but uh Zack Snyder as an auteur like you know his signature styles and seeing those running themes throughout his body of work so I'm hoping for that uh, experience personally I mean like Stephen and I we were talking about uh after like you know one of the things that we never really seen Snyder do in a movie which was just have a full-on just war like guns shooting back and forth well there's never been like a gunfight yeah, I mean, there's, there's been gunfights in this movie. where it's like, oh, I've, yeah, it's like a classic. It's always a one scene. side thing. It's always yeah. like a one side thing. Like anytime you've seen them, like guns before, it's always like, oh, it's guns against zombies, and they're just running and bah, you know, and that's <laughs> yeah. But it's like a western. It's like a western style shootout. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're seeing like those kind of shootouts, and then we get this, you know, and it's no spoilers. Again, we're not talking spoilers, but you see it in the trailer. We do get a flashback of Cora's character when she was part of the you know the bad guys and being part of that so we do get this war sequence that is just oh, one of those loaded. shots is in the is in the trailer but on the big screen that wide oh shot of the whole battle happening at the same time it's is like what the it's absolutely <laughs> insane like like when you see her and her character and you're seeing like the battlefield and it's just nuts and you're seeing her do you know it's slow and then there's like wide shots it kind of almost reminded me of a little bit of like the wide shot in the opening of Terminator 2. Terminator 2, when they're in the future war, there's like a wide shot that James Cameron did. Of course, it's all models and animatronics. It's all crazy. But it just reminded me of that because you're seeing ships. You're seeing just... Well, it's like a diorama. Cars. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And when yeah, we were talking about that. I was like, yeah, we Zach has never done something quite like that. And that was something unique to this movie. And it's like... Huh. I got goosebumps just even talking about it right now. I'm just saying. I want to. I want to answer Sam's question because I. I. I, I haven't seen the movie, uh, obviously, and but I'm. I, I would love to see everything: the gore, the violence, everything out of this. One of the things that I feel that uh, we are um, we are gravitating towards so is is uh, more adult content when it comes to CBMs and uh, or even this type of uh, genre movies, right? Yeah. Uh, you see, you see it with the boys. You see it with uh, Invincible, where they are taking a more adult approach. And the same thing goes with Andor. Andor is it, is by far to me personally. Uh, one of the best Star Wars shows out there, right? So I, f- I feel that if he would have gone that route, right off the bat, you know, bloody guts out, it would have been, it would have be- uh, gone over well better for the general audience. I don't, mm-hmm. I, and again, I don't know what the movie, how the movie is. I haven't watched it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But uh, me personally, I would have preferred give me the hard R right off the bat because that's what i have enjoyed this this drastic difference from what we've seen before we've seen uh the 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 campy cbm uh, more adult uh cbm 
when he's done it, and also the same thing with Star Wars. This is this, this is his version, quote unquote, of Star Wars, which I always feel I kind of agree with uh, Grace Randolph, like when she said, uh, <laughs> well, thing, well, yes, well, yes, well, 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 yeah, she said that is is her. This is uh, Zack Snyder's <laughs> Dune, <laughs> and I kind of like from the trailers, I kind of <laughs> got the vibe. I'm like, I think she's well, onto something. I don't know what they, I said. It's like uh, Frank <laughs> Herbert and Frank Frazetta had a baby. Oh, there you go. So, wow, I, I, it, and, and that's what got love me excited because I'm, you guys, I I love doing, I love doing everything about doing. So, so if this is oh, anything, even just a little bit, just like it, I, I know I'm just gonna love the fuck out. Of you're it. gonna get some, yeah. You're gonna get some Dune vibes. It, for it, it, if, yeah. if you had Absolutely. told me that this cut was R-rated, I wouldn't, I wouldn't balk at all. Like it's a I, hard PG-13. It, yeah, and and okay. and that's not to say like like there it's. The the R rated cut like goes a lot harder, so that's not to say like it's just a bump up, but like this right. hard this is not remotely sanitized. In uh, like there's some stuff in it where I was like, oh wow, I'm surprised they're going there in a PG thirteen cut. Um, uh, not just like s- some stuff you see, but also some things they say and some things they infer is like, oh wow, that they, imply they don't a lot. normally they do that in PG thirteen movies. Um, yeah, they so, imply a lot. Um, so I'd be curious to know if they even maybe had some interplay, if the MPAA has something to do with, with how they, cause like I said, this is, it feels very much like they're, they're not just giving a shorter cut. Uh, um, and we'll have to get, we'll have to, we, you know, we can't finish this conversation until the, the full cut is, is, is released. So, but I, I genuinely believe that they, their attempt here was to engineer two totally different movie experiences, yeah. not a shorter version of one of the same movie and a longer two version of the same movie. But an actually entirely different, like watching, like imagine Justice League 2017 was like watchable, and then there was also the Snyder cut, right? <laughs> it, it's 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 like right. It would be like what that would be. We're like, oh wow, that movie is actually pretty good. And then there's this totally different but awesome version. Mm-hmm. I is think that, that's what their hope was here. Your comparison sounds a lot like to Watchmen to the Ultimate Cut in that way, where it's there's not that. that oh, good. Right. Like, I, I well, loved yeah. Watchmen I saw it the first time, but every time, and I know because Zach's been on the show and he said, like, that's even the Ultimate Cut's not his favorite. That's something they did for just like media stuff, but that's still my favorite cut because it's a whole kid of caboodle. It's like four or whatever hours, but it, you could still watch that original one and still love it. It's just that there's more to it. That one was different because that was rated R. So right away, there's some changes, obviously, that wouldn't happen the same with Rebel Moon, but right. that sounds a little more compare like what you were talking about that almost like that other right. than it being pg-13 well, that was watchman and that had three cuts too because so. of Snyder's reputation and especially because like because of the you know what the fan base wants there's this perception of oh if it was cut down it's it's it's, it's because of studio interference it's because it's a sanitized cut and the fact that it was engineered that way from the beginning for this t- changes it <clears throat> drastically and i think watchman is another good example there because the the shorter cut with that was not a fight with the stu- or maybe mm-hmm. in in some areas it was, but the way Zach has always pitched that is the reason that cut was shorter was strictly because of IMAX constraints. They wanted to show it in IMAX, and that was the maximum amount of time they could make an IMAX movie at the time. And they knew there was a director's cut coming already, so they said, "Fine, we'll we'll do the IMAX version as this two and a half hour version, and then and then release the longer version later." And so I feel like that's a much closer comparison for what we're getting here where they're like oh no no this is these are two different things with the same piece of content um and then once again that gives them now they're gonna have their quadruple dipping which you know say what you will about capitalism and in the netflix model but that's you know that's what they're doing (laughs) because this is not a theatrical release because a lot of the comparisons you guys are bringing up as far as like 
what kind of cut will be released. The advantages for me on streaming was that, you know, I was expecting before they named the date that they would you, you would have both options at the same time. Because for me, mm. I would love to see the outright version, the version, the yeah. uncut version for you know on, on the twenty first or twenty second. And for me, the advantages of of streaming are not the same things that you have a disadvantage with in theaters, like screen. Mm. You, as many times as you can screen a movie, the longer a movie is, the less screen times you things like that. Those are all advantages that you you know you have on streaming. So I I was kind of surprised when uh when I found out that it's going to be April 19th till we see the full version, because I didn't see any disadvantages, but the way you guys explain it, that's a marketing tool because of the history of Zack Snyder that I can understand, but I, I, I man, I would it'd be real cool to, to next it, week, just watch the whole, you know, it, yeah. it feels, and this is probably the, the most people will take this negatively or whatever. <clears throat> I think the, the, the most critical thing you could say about it is so they took the story and they chopped it in half. So part one, part two, and then they cut down, the movie and so it feels like it might be a um a trailer for the the feast <laughs> right like there's a like yeah. it's it's yeah. it's a cut down version of of half the story and so i told someone it's like if anyone used to play ps1 and get those demo discs and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you, yeah. right and so it's very much we're like oh this is awesome but no you got like you got to go get that full game now yeah um and like, you oh. had a ton of fun playing the, the demo game over and over and over and over but like it just you could never get the same satisfaction as you'd get from the full game. And eventually you had to actually go buy the full one. And so the good news is the full version is coming and part two is coming. This is not a like, Oh, we got to wait five years for all this to work out. Like there's a release schedule already arranged for this. And so once all four pieces of this movie rollout are, are dropped, it'll be really interesting to look back and have this. Was that the right strategy discussion? You know, it's easy. It's, 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 or easy or hard, easy to be critical of it or, hard to be to understand what they're doing now when you're like why are they giving us this first but i i highly suspect like after the r-rated version of part two drops we'll look back and be like oh wow we were talking about Zack snyder for all of 2024 i did (laughs) want to um you know kind of like interject a little bit but i think chris you wanted to um share something really quick or yeah take as much yeah whatever you need (laughs) oh well you know netflix is no knows exactly what they're doing in, yeah. in the sense of, you know, we're being in the holiday season, people are going to be home, you know, there's not, you know, outside of Aquaman at that point, there's not a push to get people to the theaters at this point. Well, now you've got Zack Snyder, you know, general audience recognition, you put that right as you log into Netflix, right at, right up front at that point with a sci-fi epic at that point. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to get a, at least a general audience, at least a first-time watch at that point. But me being a fan you know, knowing and hearing what you all have said that you've seen it, like you could already pinpoint saying, I feel like there's going to be more in these 45 minutes that are coming. So to the point of being an appetizer, it's, it's good at that point. Now, whether the, the reviews and the critics would actually, if you put out the full cut, would they be kinder? I think some would be kinder, but I think you mm-hmm. all said it up front at that point. I think some will be kinder, but I think there is already a, a bias thing. I just don't like, like Zack Snyder to begin with. I don't like the, idea of how he does his filming and that's fine you know that's 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 their opinion i don't have to you know all movies are not made for me all Mm -hmm. movies aren't made for them and so that's the lovely idea of choice so yeah do i see the rotten tomato score okay i'm still gonna watch the movie i'm still you know being a Zack snyder fan but i know people who aren't necessarily snyder fans that are just curious to see like i haven't seen a sci-fi epic like this in a bit. So I'm at least going to tune in and watch just for curiosity's sake, though. They, they know exactly what they're doing. 
Yeah, I was like, it was just even thinking about like when when Stephen was talking about all this, it was like it just reminded me of like an old Jerry Seinfeld bit. I think it was from Seinfeld. It's like, you know, they what? Anytime they release like a medicine, they always have the original. Then they release the cherry. Why don't they release the cherry first? Come on, you know, it's like they're not. You know, it's almost like that. I don't know. For some reason, my brain went there. I don't know why, but it's just like it's like you know, you have like the better version, like the version you prefer, but it's like from a marketing standpoint it's like no no we have the original and then we get you get the uh you know the cherry version that's what we're going to be getting you know it's, i don't know my brain just went there when it, but i think if i were to... go ahead Ray. No, go sorry ahead. um yeah i actually wanted to get william's feedback on it again like you know i haven't seen the film uh, and um Me i either. don't want to make too many assumptions <laughs> but william you're you know you, you're a business owner and you know, you know, your clientele and what's going to appeal to them. So I guess like my point is for this film in order, like we've seen like, you know, all the merchandising, all the planned, you know, like additional content outside of just the films that are going to be coming for this IP before anyone really has like any sort of like establishing material maybe like some context from like interviews and stuff like that but not really like a, a graphic novel or um uh, uh some like short form content to really gauge from so again like back to william like if you're gonna you know go all in on like i think i asked you this before you wouldn't necessarily like go all in on a comic pre-order for a new ip without you know knowing the product first right so i guess like maybe it's apples to oranges but i just wanted to get your feedback about that like putting all your um i what is the word like eggs in one basket i guess yeah there you go yeah well what they've done is by making it so that the comic comes out in january so by that time everybody who wants to have seen the movie will be will have seen the movie and will be engaged in the product so i thought that was smart even though I would want all this upfront because I I understand uh, the filmmaking, the type of filmmaking it does, as a retailer, the continuity is is where your money is going to come from. Carrying on the conversation in a rhythm that allows the average customer to come along on a ride with you. So as long as they can stretch this out and give you bits and pieces and interjections. So by the time we get uh, April 19th coming around, we'll have the full comic book miniseries. So we'll have a lot of this stuff laid out, um, and it's it's basically it's world it's retail world build, world building is what it is, and I I think like I said I'm greedy I would want the 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 everything up front, but that's that's just me. But uh, as a retailer, th the way they've done it is I it, it's probably the best way. It's probably the best way. I think like for me, um, my general perception yeah. of the tenacity i guess of the marketing and the level of merchandising and announced um content that we're going to get for this ip is a little um i i do see the ambition and i do see the um the points that you're making as a retailer to continue to entice your audience uh or your buyers for joining this audience of people that are anticipating more I believe that it is like, you know, like the Dave, like your speaker uh, for like, you know, the character Jimmy, like, you know, I don't know if like necessarily like without having any context of like who that character is ahead of time, maybe like, I'm not sure if it's like on general, I think it's a, a lot of this material or like um products all, all these products are like, you know, places like Walmart and like they're taking up significant amount of uh 
uh, space. And uh, if you've worked in retail, you know how expensive real estate is in your store. So mm -hmm. I guess like the perception that I'm getting is that like, uh, yes, I see the ambition and the drive to continue to uh, build this audience that wants more of your content. I don't want to necessarily <clears throat> see this being a cart before the horse situation, I guess. Uh, okay, uh, that's a good question. And years and years ago, that's the way we would order. That's the way big boxes would order, and that's the way small boxes like me would order. You would basically, you know, you you would have a gauge for what mm. you know. I don't want to I don't want to purchase this amount until I know where this is going to be. But the way marketing is done now is reverse. You want that stuff out there. You want that stuff out there. So when the actual when actually the generator in this case is a movie hits that it's already in the heads of people who have gone to those central places, the Best Buys, the Walmart, you want Jimmy sitting on there. You want your kids looking at it. You want them to be, even if you don't know what it is, because you're going to make that engagement connection. Once you see it on Netflix, once the engagement's made, you don't want to be waiting around to, to respond to it. Cause then it's too late. Then it's too late. And it's, it, 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 it has a, it has an upward chain effect of manufacturing supply and demand. So you want that out there. Like, like right now, the stuff that they have on the shelf now is fine because next week people are going to be able to make that engagement between what they're seeing on Netflix, what they're hearing about on Netflix. And then the merchandise is going to already be there. So you cut that time, you cut that response time and you maximize the money you can make right then and there. So, and then you use that to judge what you're going to manufacture and what you're going to have from that point on. So now we're ready for April. So the stuff for part two We'll be ready somewhere in between then but you're, mm. you want to be in the heads as soon as possible uh, that's yeah. that's how mm. you know and i totally see that i guess like from uh, a general perspective of you know professionally uh and trying to understand the uh the intention as well as like the risk to reward uh mm. i want to understand more from different perspectives around what is the anticipated you know um risk versus like for let's say you know uh sales projections might like yeah that's what i'm interested in like yeah. where a lot of people are like you know what is the uh sales projections and the and like tick and like viewer engagement and uh conversion of viewers to buyers like i don't know like i get in the nitty-gritty william already knows like well, we go back and forth in the comments yeah. all the yeah. time good question. what you're seeing yeah. on the shelves right, right now yeah. what you're seeing on the shelves right now is is the minimum risk when you have something like that, what you have right now, if you notice, you only have a handful of actual things that you only have like four or five items right now. So what you're seeing right now is the is a minimum risk to where a buyback, uh, a mass buyback would, would save you anyway. So you're fine with what you have now. It would be different if you had like entire aisles of, of 10, 20 different, everything that was in Rebel Moon out of the shelf. Right now you have a limited engagement. You have what's called a minimum risk, minimum order. And you have it on national chains. And when one store, if you know, if Walmart out here doesn't do well with it, with they can do a buyback, or they can they can spread it out to to, to markets to where they can minimize their risk. But right now, what you're seeing on the shelves as far as Rebel Moon is the probably the minimum amount that you can manufacture. So I, I don't I don't I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, it's also a unique marketing campaigns for movies including the merchandise rollout is usually a, 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 like a scheduled wave because they want everything to kind of peak at the same time because of the streaming model and because of the director's cuts and because of the two-part release, like every the way Netflix has engineered this, 
there isn't really a situation normally, maybe with TV shows like Game of Thrones or something, where there is this long of a period where this is going to be like front page of Netflix. Um, and so they're really stretching out the, the crest of that wave. And so when that comes to having stuff on the shelves, normally when you get a movie release, you've got like a couple hot weeks in there. But like you're going to have this on the front page of Netflix with stuff on end caps at stores. I don't know how long they're going to keep it there, but mm. that's a lot more front of mind than something like even, you know, the Flash or whatever, like whatever, the, you know, the big merchandise rollouts are for, for these blockbusters simply because um, – they they're not looking they don't have to have that like oh one big splash for opening weekend and then we're done there's there's gonna be four kind of hit or two big ones and then two additional smaller ones throughout the the course of the next you know eight months or however long but by the like way, for... example, i'll oh, give you an example ahead. matrix um oh. matrix um revolutions and matrix um the, the second and third one or when we got toys for those those were released um they started out a cup about a month or so before uh, the second one was released, and then that stayed on the shelf. But you only had six months in between movies, so yeah. they ordered they ordered a certain amount, and then they rotated it in that way. But they ordered the minimum amount on the front end, saw how that sold, and then they adjusted what they manufactured within the six month period afterwards. So they mitigated their risk. They mitigated their risk to the point where a buyback would save them, or they can cut it off as a loss. But in most cases. You know, it it usually sold out. They usually sold what they what they ordered. You know, like you're gonna probably start seeing the Rebel Moon stuff. It's gonna start getting scarce because I guarantee you they did not front load um, this part out there. They ordered, they did their projections like you like you were saying, and they probably ordered to sell out. And now when we come around to April 19th, <clears throat> they will manufacture more of what they had out there, but with different variations because they'll know where their market is. But yeah, we uh, you know, same thing with us. When we um, when they give us that you know the add, add things of what we want to buy and everything else, they'll they'll have solicitations on what we want to order, you know, what they'll buy back, and then other things added onto it. So to, to pad our losses, you know, so there's 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 numbers worked in there where they want us to buy it as much as possible, but they also want to be able to report back to the manufacturers and say, this is how much I know I can sell. And this is how much I know my buyers can sell, and they got that covered. So I, 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 I think you're going to actually start seeing Rebel Moon stuff disappear sooner than later. Oh yeah, ma manufactured scarcity is definitely a thing. Like you know, yeah. I am in that you know collector's market where oh limited edition, oh one of like fifty made. Like you know, yeah, you I can totally see um, models. You know, like <laughs> those huge like you know. Um, like, yeah, like of I'm these characters Jimmy, right. that are out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, that's definitely going to be a thing. I wouldn't be surprised. And obviously, like the steelbooks, imagine the steelbooks oh, that are dude. going to come out for that, too. That's and we know fair, those, yeah. you know, sell like hotcakes as well. I guess like um, my perception of success for this IP, obviously, it's not all about merch. I, I, that definitely supplements because yeah. of like the low cost to like actually producing a film and, and you know, TV shows is a lot, you know, lower. But um, I do want to highlight that Netflix numbers are actually a thing now, like publicly, like yeah. going to be released. So that will be totally encouraging for, you know, <laughs> uh, retailers to continue to buy this merch, you know, once yeah. we get some idea of what's going on there. Yeah. And speaking of Jimmy, but by the way, the you know the people who've seen it, how great was that freaking the VFX on him, the mocap of that? I was like, because you get like up close, like when you first get introduced to Jimmy, essentially, man, God, I mean, like I was, I was just going, this 
because sometimes the mocap you could see a little jerky motion doesn't look you know it could look a little strange you know when it comes to things talking to you marvel studios um but uh like when it came to jimmy it just was like that that, that there's no like the vfx and the mocap on that was just so so well done and and no spoilers i'm just saying that jimmy does something here that got that 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 gives you a certain, uh, <laughs> you know exactly what i'm talking about sam i do, yeah, I do. yeah he, oh he got God. an applause so just just sit, let you know that jimmy does do something yeah it's I mean, everybody has everybody has their moments in in the movie, but like, yeah, Jimmy's is like really really fantastic. Not yeah. to like steamroll the conversation because I kind of feel like I have, but um, another question I have that's really burning before I forget: Do you feel like the extended cut is going to be is like in the can, or do you feel like they'll take feedback from this uh, version of the film and yeah. go back and maybe like you know um, uh, make some you know in in canon uh within the vision uh at uh concessions to or some sort of like you know edits and you know additional changes and maybe like going through and maybe fixing those you know little visual effects issues that you're talking about well there i like there wasn't any visual effects issues in my opinion i thought jimmy was like really great and usually it looks sometimes a mocap <laughs> It didn't look like that with here. I think uh, they they're not going to do that. Like even if with this reception, I think they're still going to be like because from what I gathered from my information is the directors there the, the the full on cut is already like you know I think it's pretty much it's already there. Like yeah. and he's already working on the second parts. Like the post is happening on the second part. I think all the post and everything for both parts of the first or uh, both versions of the first part is done. It's and I, I can't. I, I I hope for sure that you know with the reception that 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 this cut's getting that they're not going to do something like that. It just doesn't seem like like they would now. Like why start like freaking out now? I don't know. Like, they have faith to, in your product. Yeah. yeah, and then we haven't. It hasn't even been released on Netflix yet. That's right. going to be interesting too. And maybe they're going to pay attention more to that audience score. But of course, that can. Also, oh yeah like i didn't yeah. mean to imply like you know oh like you know just hours after release they're gonna you know fully you know do massive reshoots or pivot the intention <laughs> oh, of the ip i, I mean like uh after general release and uh perhaps before the um the extended sure. cut or director's cut sorry and definitely maybe before the second film as well yeah i don't i don't think they're gonna make any kind of changes um I think what they have in the director's cut is what it is. And I think it's like Dave said, I think it's completely done. Um, one thing I kind of wailed in my head is I was like, oh, what they could have done is given this director's cut or an unfinished VFX version of this and give it to the critics to let the critics go it. But what the critics will do is they'll be able to maneuver it however they want to. They could say, well, A, like there's no point in watching this other version, wait until here. And that gets muddy either way. So it's not going to, even if they had the full complete version, even if every critic had the full complete version, there's still going to be that bias. There's still going to be that issue. But in my personal perception, I think that what they have right now, the complete version of that, the three hour cut, I think it's done. I don't think they're going to make any kind of changes. Anything that you kind of see small little threads of action moments or smaller things, like, oh, I wonder if there's a little bit more to this. I think it's going to be a great, pleasant surprise to see that in the other thing. But I don't, I don't think that they've made any big changes. Or they're gonna make any changes. Now, I, I do consider when you were talking about like the series, I think it would be a good idea for certain characters to kind of 
give them their own little mini series. I think that they may look at that and assess that after the fact, but they don't have to do that right now. I think that they've got a good momentum and you guys have already talked about the merchandise, you talked about the comics, but Netflix as a driving force right now almost oh, brought me back to playing Grand Theft Auto on my phone, just because, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Netflix knows what they're doing. So I think that the truth of the matter is that right now, they know for a fact that Zach is a visionary. They know for a fact that they've got a brand new IP that they can really sculpt around it and then they can continue to work it. It's just removing the critical perception of like what it is and just letting people see it. I think once people see it and they get in their eyes like, okay, this is for my entertainment and not anybody else. I think that's, that's going to be the game changer at the end of the day in my personal perspective. I think for context also on like, uh, like we were saying earlier, Netflix, they've, they're smart and they make data-driven decisions. And so the, 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 as a result, things that people would expect from like a normal theatrical model don't play out there. So like people always start to freak out about like uh, – they started marketing, marketing this actually pretty early. But normally on Netflix, people are like, oh, why is there no trailer yet or whatever? It's because they know when someone sees a trailer for something on Netflix, they want to pull up their phone and play it right then and there. And so when they, if they drop a movie six months out, someone's going to immediately go, oh, is it there? No, and then forget about it. Whereas if they do it a week ahead of time, people mark it on their calendar or whatever, <laughs> and they're and the, and they and they get a way higher hit rate on that. And so when you look at their numbers, uh, a couple of years ago, I pulled all the top movies. It was like a 2022 maybe of all of the the top performing movies of the year and, and cross referenced it with the Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, and they've got way more in, detailed information than I was able to work with. I was just working from their like top ten and then just. And, uh, ran down all the scores there's absolutely zero correlation between rotten tomato score and and uh and viewership that they report in fact the the the, the only correlation is audience score critic score had yeah. had uh yes. you know you had, you had red notice you had gray yeah. man you had whatever it's all of their top stuff that were you know uh six underground whatever it all the stuff that was at the top of the the platform um most of it wasn't even fresh um, you know, these, no. this is the studio that gave like six billion dollars to fucking Adam Sandler, right? Like, <laughs> this, is, this, is ga- <laughs> this is galaxy brain level stuff that, like, people who are like, oh, reviews, I don't know. No, 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 no. It's a different game. Like, they don't care. They don't yeah. care. The money talks, right? I mean, how much? I mean, like, if you if you were to go out, if you were to go around LA yeah. right now, there is like so much Rebel Moon. Like, I remember we were driving yeah. on the freeway and it was insane. It was insane it was how so much, much Rebel Moon is out in LA right now because I remember because there's the Netflix building and the mm-hmm. um, uh, Heart of Stone. That was like the last couple of times I've been out there has been Heart of Stone. So I'm driving, you know, with Mama Film Junkie. I'm like, hey, look at that. There's that. And then, of course, she's navigating me. And, of course, she has to take a picture. I'm like, do we have to get off here? We have to get off here. Mom! <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was a fun, you know, you know we all, we've all been there, right? Um, love you, Mom. Anyways, um, it's just uh, – <laughs> so it was like right there. We got off the freeway. There's a billboard. You turn the corner, another billboard. When we were, like, walking through, like, where all – where everything is, where the theaters are and stuff like that, and there's, like, this, you know, mall type, you know, outside mall kind of thing all the the uh elevator doors rubble moon it's just it, they just it's every it was like everywhere <laughs> so like they have been pushing like, your, mom's so in the chat. your mom just responded i know of course you did. <laughs> right. well and like netflix netflix quit advertising on uh on x uh they were one of those companies they, that come, they ads, came back did you but see they've that been, yeah they've been running well that's they, they came back for i don't know if it was 
if it's the only one, but they've been running um, Rebel Moon ads on on X, mm-hmm. uh, and so like so there they there is a different strategic approach to this than than there have been you know like legitimately they they say we're not advertising on X anymore, and then they come back with their moon ad so they're they are they're not following they already buy the time though did they buy the time in advance and just had to use it or something like that or uh i don't know how the how the deals were but they had stopped advertising and then Uh, they started again with with running around moon ads so so the point is that they're not just following the normal you know rollout playbook and and like when it when it launches on the what the night or the the 22nd 21st 21st. uh yeah 21st now um it's gonna be you know it's a whole birthday by the way Oh, um, oh man, that's we're awesome. aging you. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're I mean, what seventy-eight? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> big five-zero, ain't it? Sixty-five-zero. Yeah, oh, wow. Oh, is it, is it the big five-zero? Yeah, yeah. Let yeah, me know how that feels, dude. I'm right dude, you know, I mean, I we make the jokes, but man, you do not look like you're fifty, man. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, you make me you. look like shit, man. I don't even want to be on the same street. You really? <laughs> you're joking, right? You know, no, right? yeah, I'm turning fifty. Yeah. 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 Doesn't even feel like he's on the same. We're part of the same species, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. Like, no, what happened to you, William? <laughs> <laughs> rough rough life Man, hey, we'll look bad, brother. we got donations uh, that have been coming through so thank you all you all all the anonymous people i got three anonymous donations to the cause nice thank yeah you. we're at 2620 yep. right now sweet so thank you guys for doing that and then uh we got somebody else joining right now scott yeah, I'm the loser. Has to work and miss all the fun stuff. Yeah, you're here now. You're here now. Uh, you're unemployed. You're now. Unemployed is loser. Oh no, I was unemployed this time last year, and it sucked real hard. So, there you go. Exactly. What's going on, man? How you doing? Just you know, my my, my Jimmy my Jimmy hoodie. It's, yeah, you got the Jimmy hoodie going on. I, I like it, Jimmy. I, I'm gonna tell you that these. Uh, Netflix branded apparel for Rebel Moon are no joke. I mean, yeah. I ended up when it was all said and done, I got four t-shirts. Uh cut now I got I got five t-shirts because I got three when they first launched and then they immediately got pulled down. And then I just this week got two of these zip up hoodies, which are nice. They're like thick and warm and soft and then i got and then i got the two other remaining t-shirt designs that i wanted to get t-shirts are good t-shirts are great okay great because i t-shirts are great if you go actually to the squadcast media youtube channel i did a like product review when i got the first three shirts um when they first came out so you know you can see me wearing one of the shirts and i talk about it but no but like Dave, when you do like the premium T-shirts, you know when we've talked about that. Yeah. I, no, they come with you know you can get a basic T-shirt or you can get the premium T-shirt, and of course, so I I, I splurge for the premium T-shirts on all these Rebel Moon shirts, and it is no, it's the premium, like it's it's the good stuff. It fits like just the way you want it. It's soft. It's it's all right. the things. So. I can highly recommend, but you know, you go to Target, you go to Walmart, you go to Amazon, they all have them. Like, I think maybe Amazon may be one of the best places if you want to go for the premium t shirts, but I can highly recommend uh, 
the, at least the clothes that Netflix have been putting out for Rebel Moon. It's like they knew this fandom is like, we like t-shirts. <laughs> of course. You gotta have t-shirts. And and the fact that like I, I mean I mean I remember looking at the Amazon link and it's like it's it's mainly Jimmy centric, you know. I mean they are really pushing Jimmy. I mean, like I said, we got I got the Bluetooth speaker. Wait till the cosplay oh, starts. Just, People start getting so their eyes put out. Cool. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Still haven't opened it yet, but I'm gonna probably crack it open tomorrow. Have you opened yours yet? Find a, I, I, oh. yeah. I can't um, find no. a Walmart that has any of that stuff. And I've looked at three <laughs> different Walmarts already. I got the, the G Fuel, oh, not wow. the Jimmy. You got the oh, okay, you got a different okay. We would have well because Amanda did the trivia game. That's right. And um, and so they gave her one for that. So we were gonna get one from the gift bag that they put on the seat, but then those and two dudes came over and stole it. Jack. They stole oh, yeah, there, there's a story right there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I'm like a colossal nerd because I'm just like, where's the tabletop RPG? Where's the board game? Where's the, um, you know, the miniatures, the Warhammer, um, you know, endorsements, uh, uh, product placements. Come on. Yeah, right. Uh, before we continue, though, I know, Sam, you got to take off. You need some sleep. This guy has been you, you were at something last night, too, weren't you? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> it was crazy. I don't know how yeah. I'm still awake. So last yeah, night no, I was you're at, at the Rebel Moon premiere, leveling. and then you went to, like, I forgot. It was, like, Dr. Death or whatever the hell series that's coming out. What's it called? So, so no, no, no. It was uh, – Crunchyroll was uh, debuting their premiere for Solo Leveling, which is – Oh, uh, I thought you were um, at the other – okay, sorry. No, nah, no, nah, but it was, it was still really good. It was really okay. dope. But then my flight was at 11.45 at night. I got right into – DC at seven thirty, then went right to work. So I've not slept, so oh I gotta go. God. Yeah, but I appreciate get, all you guys. Good. Yeah, I know. I appreciate you coming on, man. Hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, definitely. It was great right, meeting night, you. Take care. Yeah, nice to meet you, you everybody. everybody. See you, right, no, but yeah, that uh, there's a story right there. Yeah, um, when we got to our seats, there was two gentlemen that were sitting in two of like uh, the seats that we had. And we're like, uh, this is our seats, blah, blah, blah. And every seat had a gift baggie. And they took the gift baggie, even though that wasn't their seats. So, yeah. So we missed out on a couple. Yeah. Just, it was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> seriously? Like, That's it was nice. just, it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, how does, how do you do, why, why, why? Clearly that wasn't your seats. And then you just put the bags on them. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's that's the karma because you know how I missed out on my raffle prize at Zack Snyder's Justice League. It just it, it had to happen to all of us <laughs> at some point. That's just the way it goes. Yeah, I know it's like it was ridiculous, but yeah, it's fine. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, speaking of like, I'm uh, everybody saw that clip with Amanda, right? Like how she nailed the uh, the sucker punch question. I love her. She I, nailed the sucker punch <laughs> question. It's Amanda and sucker punch. She yeah. was like, she was like, they must have screened it, and I was like, no, they, I don't think that there was any I don't way think they, they could have. I was like, well, she, remember, she's like, like the eye, the hand of God to like, here is your question, Amanda. <laughs> well, remember, Stephen, it's like they, 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 we were in the front row of the, of the, that, that VIP section. And they were like, they grabbed, they grabbed Anthony and Abdul. And then they were like, and then the girl was like, like that. And we we're like, we did like the fucking Roxbury thing. We're like me, him, me, yeah. him. We're like, what, what are we doing? Like, like, who is she pointing at? And, you know, they wanted to get like, you know, hey, let's get a group right well, they, here. They, that... they had just sent everyone like to the bathroom. And so yeah. then I, I was like, oh, they're moving us to another area or whatever. And yeah. so like we all got up and walked over there and like, oh, no, we just want her. You guys can go back to your seats. <laughs> We're like, oh. And, you know, because because I already had a group of like it was just like it was just guys. So they was like, all right, we need a female in there. And then, of course, she gets the sucker punch question and just nail. 
calls it. And it was funny because when she came back, she was like, oh, you're not. Yeah, she was she was very proud. And when she talked about it, we we're like, oh, yeah, that was a good thing you went up there because, yeah, you nailed that response. And plugged the uh, plugged the extended cut. Yeah, exactly. All I all I said was like, man, you should have said release the Snyder punch. Yeah. That would have been cool. If that did, was you, like- did you guys see? So, so people are asking Zach about the Snyder punch now. Oh, yeah. And uh, and he said, A, that he's actually talking to Warner Brothers about it. But B, they want to get Jenna and Emily Browning and do reshoots to shoot yeah. the original ending. What the hell? Did you guys yeah. see that? <laughs> No, I had not seen that. This is my first time hearing about this. Yes, apparently they want to reshoot the ending with them. And I think they could still pull it off. I mean, I know it's been, what, over a decade? But they still look. I mean, Jenna Malone was at the premiere. She was stunning, of course. And her scene, my God. That's another scene, too. That was, I think, like, when it came to Cora's you know, flashback war scene. And then when it comes to uh, Jenna Malone's scene, which we all know who she's playing, you know, big, huge, creepy spider. But, you know, that scene is just. Uh, well, I, you know, I was listening because Junkie's score got released today. So I was yeah. listening to that. And I think I nailed like the track that's like that fight scene. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. It's, like, really good. it's way it, more emotional than I expected. <clears throat> yeah me too yeah i, I didn't yeah because there's there's uh there's a different level to it than just you know what's her name just fighting her you know but but like i said when uh when you see those swords finally like, like when light up like oh it's just like oh there it is and it's of course a great reveal with the score with everything with you know and just oh it's like okay now it's on it's on so yeah it's a great scene and she looked i mean I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm a little arachnophobic. I remember my mom looked at me like, you okay? <laughs> like, I'm good. You know, but. Jenna Malone. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's like, it's like, it's fine. She's got, it's Jenna Malone with spider legs and yes, and weird. I mean, it, she released some images today too. Did you see that? I think it was her or somebody released images of uh, her in the makeup. Like, like how, like how much. I mean, there's obviously some VFX that got added to it, but there's some like there's some serious practicality to that. Makeup. It was way more practical than I expected when I so, saw. Yeah, I did not. I did not. Th- there it is, right here. Um, but I, I, yeah, I did not expect it to be this much either. And it's, yeah, here we go. I mean, Jesus. I mean, there's absolutely terrifying with those trailers that we see. Yes, and she's pretty damn terrifying too during that scene. But yeah, I mean, look at all that. I mean, my. God, I mean, a lot of Those some eyes? of stuff, yeah, they move. Oh, so obviously, oh. they they do like a VFX thing with, or maybe it's not. I don't know. I might be it, animatronic. You never. It might know. be animatronic. Yeah, they might have went like full on that. And uh, oh. man, there was like another animatronic uh, creature that we see in the featurette. It's like that big bug thing. If you guys remember from the featurette, there's like a big bug that like Zach looks at. <laughs> when you see. How that big bug like plays into that scene? Holy shit! Is it fucking crazy? It's it's, it's crazy. Anyway, that's uh, awesome. Larry Fong is moderating the Q and A at the Egyptian. Is that what's happening, Larry yeah. Fong? Oh no, man! That's gotta be great. Yeah. The one thing I wanted about this, besides the fact that I can't see the seventy millimeter either, like I'm gonna have to watch this on Netflix, like every other, like every normal person. But man, <laughs> that poster, that heavy metal 
inspired poster looks like yep. i want that on my wall it's beautiful yeah, yeah it definitely he... screams graphic novel for sure mm -hmm. there it is right there larry mm. fong hosting that zach sophia ed debbie and who's Wes? Wes. Wes. Hey, Wes gets yeah. on a panel finally. Yeah, we, yeah, we saw Wes. We saw Wes at the. He brought his whole family. That was one of my biggest disappointments. Was that we saw him line up with his family for pictures, and I wanted to yell over, and I was like, "Oh no, I'll just say hi later." And then, yeah, and then didn't... like the second the movie ended, they're like, "You over here, everyone else over there." It's like, "Oh, yeah. okay." <laughs> yeah. And then just for like context for folks who aren't familiar with Wes, he is pretty much like an event quarter. He is the person behind the scenes making these events happen and uh, president yeah. of stone quarry and producer yeah. of the movies yeah it's the trend i mean basically he's one third of the trinity that is zach debbie west yeah where does he know where vegas is damn we could have held one of these things here no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i wonder why yeah that's cool i love that larry fong is like uh hosting that that's pretty sweet but uh yeah no like when it yeah when it comes to, I mean, just even going back to how great Jimmy looked and I mean, uh, especially, I mean, we see the scene and it gets so up close and you're just like, how, I'm like, how much of this is real and how much of this is like, not, it almost seemed like, like well, there was they did it. They did it like uh, L337 in Solo. You ever, you know how they had a person in a green screen suit inside of the armor and then, mm -hmm. or in K2SO, I think also in Rogue One, they did that way. Is that how? That, okay, um, yeah. There's so it's no a person. So it's like a person wearing, like Jimmy armor with a green screen suit, and then they yeah. just remove the green screens and parts as well as like add little gears and stuff into the joints. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's mo it's like kind of mocap, but also practical and it's cool. Yeah, it's really cool, Chase. Is there anything like okay? So like Travis, how like is there anything like what are you looking forward to most like when it comes to watching this? If it's not forty percent Rotten Tomatoes, I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> He's got standards. Who knew Travis? Yeah, I'm hoping standards. it. I'm hoping it goes down more. <laughs> oh wait, it gets the thirty nine. I'm still not. You love no. uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, so you're gonna love this motherfucker. No, you're one of those. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. It's still no, at twenty four. Yeah. Still, yeah, yeah. Hey, 10th most profitable movie last year, you know, <laughs> has some good stuff going for it. Uh, no, I'm excited to see it. I, I don't know if there's one particular thing I think I am a fan of sci-fi, so that's a good thing. I'm just excited to see another Snyder movie. I, I liked Army of the Dead. I didn't love it. I haven't really, I've only watched it uh, one and one and a half time, and that was kind of enough for me. Like, maybe at one point I will, so... Loved uh, the Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm more mixed on that. Still in BVS, I have some things, but old school stuff I'm a big fan of. So I'm excited to see this. I'm like William, where yeah, I would have taken all of it. I would have liked that. Um, but we'll 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 see. I'm somebody that will watch all four versions, especially there on oh, Netflix. So it's an easy thing to do. I think with the general audience, it'll come down to if they like this first version and they see their extended cut they'll go oh, great and if not they probably won't watch it you get your hardcore film fans your snyder fans or snyder haters that will go check it out but there's tons of people like i know there's tons of people that haven't seen the lord of the rings extended editions right they're like ah, oh, i've seen the originals that's good enough for me so i think that's like a very fa like 
that's us community that like the people like no one else what not even just a Snyder film most people aren't talking about an extended cut for any type of film because it's just like they see the original and they watch it maybe once and then they'll watch again five years back like, oh that's good enough for me you know like I don't think my parents have ever seen the extent of Lord of the Rings but I know they watch Lord of the Rings every once in a while so um no I'm, I'm excited I'm I'm looking forward to it but I'll be looking more forward to April when it's the full thing but I hope it's like a like I talked about earlier, a Watchmen situation where I really like the first cut and then I love the full cut and I hope that's what happens. I hope just to generally like it because if I don't like it, then my ex- I'll still check out the extended cut because then maybe I will like it more. And almost like what Ben's question was earlier, there were people that did say, hey, I didn't like BVS, but the ultimate cut made me appreciate or like it more. So that is a situation even with fans that does happen. So I would just hope that I like just both versions, that I like it next week and then when the other version comes out, it's there. I think I'd be more excited if I had on the big screen. I think that's maybe why I'm just kind of like null on it because it's like I'm excited to still yeah. see it, but I was really hoping for something. You know, a couple years I got stupid red notice with The Rock here, but I didn't get – I'm not getting Rebel Moon. I'm not getting poor things. I'm missing out on tons of movies this year. It sucks. So, uh, yeah, I think if it was the big screen, my excitement would be much more amped. So I feel like it's a little it's a little muted, but I'm definitely – if I had to pick one, I would pick that over Aquaman next week. I have, so. I have a question for you, Hi, Trevor. Amanda. Hi. Hi, everyone. I came. (laughs) Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hi, Amanda. Um, I just want to second everything Raya said. First of all, definitely make sure to check out the link to continue supporting AVSP, Mm -hmm. everything the Snyders do and the Snyder fandom stands for. And also, like the video. Like the stream. Yes. Thank you, Ryan. Like and subscribe. All the things. Travis, I think you're going to like it. Good. That that's a good thing. Here's my second question. I'm like very confident you're gonna like it. Here's my second question. How big's your TV? It's a 65. So it's all like, right. It's, it's a pretty big screen. Yeah, like, but it's not the theater. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I am a theater guy. I'm like, if there's something I, I want to watch, I want to see it mm-hmm. on the screen. I want that loud and speakers. feel. Yes, you want to yeah. feel it like move your literal soul and yeah. your body. I want a I big know. bucket of corn with me. Yeah, like sands, people passing gas. I'll take everything from the theater. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> I can't like, understand that. Yeah, and I, lo- I love the the big experience. We're like next week when I go see Aquaman. Right now, like there's only three tickets sold in the theater, and it's me and my two friends. So that wow. <laughs> so it's gonna be something. So yeah, no, I uh, I'm I I think I will. I like majority of his films. So yeah, ex- yeah. I here's here's the one because I like Sam. Bye, Sam. Minutes ago, uh, uh, like Sam, I'm also exhausted from the whirlwind of insanity that, like, we just mm-hmm. landed from um, not too long ago. So I'm I'm about to go to bed for real myself. But I wanted to, um, I just wanted to come on and smell Ben and and touch Scott's sweater. You say it's warm, Scott, but is it is it is it South warm or is it warm warm? I, I only know south warm, so you know <laughs> it, it, it works really well when it's you know thirty or forty degrees outside. I would say okay, that. that's warm. That's warm. That's warm. That's legitimately warm. Okay, there so so here's hi mom. <laughs> I'm not kidding you when all of Hollywood legitimately thinks that Dave's mom is my like long lost (laughs) biological mom that I got reunited with in like the mall. That's a real thing that happened. Um, Okay. So this is my thing 
this is like my 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 insight or my I don't know my my lens that I would hope that more people, Zack Snyder fans or not, uh, would have when approaching uh, Rebel Moon. Um, whether they get to see it on a big screen or they watch it on their cell phone or whatever. Um, obviously, there's going to be the the parallels, the comparisons drawn between Star Wars and Rebel Moon. Zach himself like drew those parallels because so much of it is inspired from that. They're both sci-fi epics. They both have... Uh, a an empire that has intergalactic trade uh empires based on you know like planets and trade outposts and there's you know like a black market and there's all those kinds of things there's lots of parallels okay you could totally look at it and be like it's just a B-grade Star Wars version, if you wanted to, I guess. But if you know anything about world history, I very much encourage you to put that lens on before you watch the movie. Instead of looking at it from, this is going to be a sci-fi film, and it's going to be like Star Wars. And then watching the movie, I highly, very much encourage you to put on your world historian lens before you watch the movie. Because you will see the Roman Empire and the holy, I'm sorry, the unholy Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> and <clears throat> did I mention I'm Protestant? Um <laughs> And the the like the 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 way that the European monarchies divided up Africa and plundered it for all of its resources and the transatlantic slave trade and chattel slavery and um, the, the way that empires are built and, and conscript their, the people that they, um, they like oppressed under their empire building into soldiers what being soldiers for them into army armed service Mm -hmm. um and how they indoctrinate them with propaganda into like becoming nationalists for this empirical state that doesn't actually serve their best interests that only destroys all of their culture and heritage and homeland right like that lens that lens is the one that i wish more people would approach this with instead of just thinking it as like a sci-fi epic because this is not because that's what if you looked at star wars through that lens you'd see all of that too in star wars so i'm i get that like yes it I'm not saying these films can't be like entertaining escapism because we need that too. But like at a time like now, people, if we don't understand our world history, 
we will fucking repeat it. And God help us. We cannot afford to repeat it. There are people who need us to know what the fuck we need to not repeat badly. And like, I'm not here to like preach. I promise. Sorry. (laughs) 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 Sorry. Sorry. I can't tell if you're passionate about it. I think you need to do it one more time with feeling. Okay. Yeah. I'll start from the top. So how big is your TV traffic? <laughs> no, no, but really though, like I, I don't mean that I, and I, I don't know. It's, obviously like I'm biased about it because that's the lens that like I saw it through and I found so much deeper meaning in it. And like, I'm not particularly, I appreciate sci-fi. I appreciate the lens, like what it can bring to us. I love star Wars too. Um, I totally see the parallels. It's apparent. It's obvious. It's very straightforward. So like, why not go beyond what's obvious? You know, why not like try to look a little bit deeper than that? If you if you leave it surface level, then yeah, it will be disappointing because you didn't try to look for anything deeper than that. So I think there is a lot more to be gained from it, even from this version that we're seeing now, which is, I will say this, sufficient. It's um it's a meal, but if you want to feast, I think we will get that in April. Oh, yeah. I know we will get Travis's that. language of relating it to food. <laughs> it's always a good wow. comparison. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of food, I'm gonna eat one of these Reese's. I think um the you know the feedback that you just shared right now as far as like uh going in with the um the awareness and you know empathy for just like the general strife of the disenfranchised in this, you know, um pursuit of a revolution. It kind of like harkens back to um, discussions that I've had with William and a lot of people about the creator. That in itself, I can 100% agree that was an incomplete story. And uh, I would love to see it get, you know, like a quarter or even like a fraction of uh, the Rebel Moon treatment, to be totally honest. So I guess like, um, even though I was, you know, sort of like wanting to, you know, offer some, you know, critical thinking around the intention of putting a whole universe uh, ahead of an audience that isn't a a hundred percent, you know, uh, fluent on who these characters are and the intentions and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'll say that, you know, on the opposite spectrum, uh, that's what happened to the creator and we're all pissed or a lot of us are pissed that that happened. So I guess it's sort of like a a double-edged sword, you know, like the anticipation for this story to be complete versus being given a half-baked or not not fully baked, you know, story that's going to, you know, leave us longing for more and there's uncertainty around if it's going to be completed. Yeah, there was well, more story for the creator than the little the, the movie little movie we got. It touched on so many different things that it never had enough time to to really explore any of them. That's the only bad thing about the creator. Can I ask a follow up question to that about the creator? Go for it. So, what do you think that the creator was stopped from telling its full story because? Like was, yeah, I'm going to use creative now. Was that like a creative short 
short-sightedness or was that, was that... A resource that was a resource short they made the movie that they could make okay with the resources and the time that they had without any real long-term expectations that this could make a, a certain amount of money the budget for that movie was super low and i think that they made a self-contained movie not knowing if they would ever get a chance to really continue it so but Ugh. by default they open up a lot of really long in-depth discussion type things that are really the things that make the movie good there's not enough time to really to really flesh close that out. loop yeah yeah but, yeah but okay also, that makes watching sense. the movie and and I also felt like it got edited to like, like it felt like it was jumpy. Yeah. Like exactly. that, that's, that's the thing that got me. That's the third like, act. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I would, I would sit there and I would go, how, how did he get there so fast? How did we get there? Right. There was, there was a lot, the dots weren't connected <laughs> very subtle. And, and that's the thing is like, I could see the bones. I was like, mm. the bones are here, but mm -hmm. It, They're it, not it, assembled well. Yes. Mm. Like, there, was, there was editing issues you. that I had yeah. with that movie where I felt yeah. like stuff got like like what you're saying, William. Like, was it like was that stuff never shot or was it just left on the cutting room floor? Because that felt like a movie that was like, there's a lot on the cutting room floor. Like yeah. that's what it felt like. And it felt like sometimes there were certain scenes that could have been cut down a little bit more. And then some scenes that felt like they were like, Hey, there needs to be more here. You know, that's at least that's what I, I, I thought. So. Yeah, I yeah, was like going through a cool house, opening a bunch of doors and never going in any of the rooms. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow. What a beautiful way yeah. to say yeah. that. Thank yeah. you. It was, that really but it's still, me. still left for a good movie. It just could have been so much better. Yeah. I thought that movie actually needed more time. Or that needed to be one of those movies where you were establishing this would be one of the times where this is a part one of three type of deal. So that yeah. you could actually, if you're going to open up these doors, you know that the conversation is not just <laughs> ending with this two hours here. But all in all, I thought it was better than I better than I expected it to be. And uh, for what they spent on those VFX, I, I thought they got the most well, bang for the buck. Oh, the VFX were, were not were no issue. But not I just like the, yeah. I was unfortunately underwhelmed by the movie. Because I was left going, there, like you, you didn't give me the whole thing. Yeah. Like that's what it felt like. It's, it felt like a movie where I didn't get all the movie. And like, not that they were trying. Their intention was not to tease you. Their intention was to have the full conversation. But they were like left in basically hamstrung by just the resources unable to have the full conversation is what i'm hearing yeah. Chris, well, did you see, a movie uh, the, that the, the producers yeah. couldn't make yeah you know, so. yeah we're talking about yeah um no it's like you know it's like to have a full conversation it's like hey, give us more time meanwhile when you know the waiter's kicking you out already showing up at the check going hey no it's time to get out we got a freaking we got to move oh, move. oh know? i did i did want to um uh hear from chris i think you had like something that you wanted to say about the creator too because i asked if you had seen it um i saw it and i equate it to double dutch in the sense of it kept on when am I going to get it? Am I going to get in? Am I going to get in? And I <laughs> didn't feel like I ever got in. Ah, <laughs> that's good. It's, yeah, I know. You remember those days? It, 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 it was just like, are we getting there? Are we getting there? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like the idea of the story and I was more geared up watching the trailers. 
And then when yeah. I left, I was like, I like the trailer more. Mm. <laughs> no, no. Felt like you could actually jump into the trailer yes, and had an I access yep. point for you. Okay. <laughs> See, I have I have the opposite opinion about the trailer. I'm like, this is not the product that I watched um in the theater. And mm. I um I feel like that's one of the reasons why it might have, you know, not aligned to audienceness. Yeah, it's like, oh, uh, it has all this, you know, generic, like, you know, like uh, high octane music. And I'm like, no, like this, this film, like, you know, is, um, I wouldn't say a cautionary tale, or maybe it is a cautionary tale. But yeah, you have to kind of go into it as far as like, um, understanding that they're like, you know, they quote unquote antagonists are actually being marginalized by the people that, you know, mm -hmm. were built up from the beginning to empathize with. So there's like conflicting, you know, feelings in towards like the second act of like, maybe what? they aren't the bad guys. Maybe like, you know, um uh, they, you know, had this intended, you know, purpose uh from their creative, you know, um from these other creative beings, but that they're they're uh sentient, you know, like they are, you know, just as valid to exist and live. Um they they've built, you know, like societies and like a culture cultural resonance and exist peacefully amongst each other. So you have that sort of like like building up as far as like that empathy of like the supposed um other side or uh this this group that's been othered from the beginning of the film. Whereas you don't have it with the enemy. The people who are they they're, they're kind of goonish. So the people who wanted to eradicate the AI just had in my opinion much they, the, the reasons why they wanted to do it weren't as developed as oh, they, they were entirely one-dimensional. I completely yeah. Oh, yeah. agree with you, William. The, that, it, it's one of those it's situations Alice where and Janney's character? Oh, oh. Just, just, you get Alice and Janney and you're like, why are you so one-note? Yeah, she was very one-note. Yeah. <laughs> it was almost a little, yeah, I didn't really like her character that much. Be honest, but there this was like there was like just... there was something interesting that happened like like when it comes to the way that they can essentially get information from somebody. You oh know? yes, that was really cool, yeah, and I'm like, cool. that's you know that's pretty badass. We won't spoil it because I know not everybody's seen it, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm just I know <laughs> they they God, they fumbled cool they fumbled the bag so hard, yeah. <laughs> like literally like a just they could have flipped that 70 mil made like you know like. Or or did it make uh, seventy mil? I forget if that was the no, budget caught, or that's caught, how much. Yeah, it made. it made it made more. It made its money back. So. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means in terms of like plans or discussions around the future of this, you know, IP. But yeah, I do feel like you know there's a superior cut out there, and it's from the director of um of uh, Rogue uh, One yeah, and yeah. Uh, the. Uh, yeah. behind Andor, which like I love both yeah. of those. Edward. I yeah. love both of those things. Come back. Yes. <laughs> Stephen was telling me about million. this. 104 okay. Million on an 80 million budget. So. Yes. That's, Stephen that's, was telling. Budget's not great, but that's that's not <laughs> bad considering like John Day Washington's a star, but he's not a mega star and like name the last few like Blade Runner bomb. Like if you're not a big IP, sci-fi has been tough for the past few years. I, so, I like, wish I, I wish I would have liked his character a little bit more. I, I will I will say that like his character wasn't necessarily likable, but maybe that's what they were going kind of going for. Like because yeah, I thought that's. I mean, was. there's like a whole thing like in the beginning with his character where it was like, wait, wow, there's a, a Jimmy Chad is wasted in this movie. By the way, oh, um, I thought there was much. more to her. Her character was very pivotal, 
I mean, yeah. really pivotal. And you, she's just kind of like rushed through. They re- they, uh, they rushed through all that. I yeah. love yeah. chat right now. I'm so, I don't mean to interrupt anyone. I'm just trying to to flow with this. I'm so sorry. I'm also very bad at interrupting people. It's like an ADHD thing, and it's not. I I'm trying very hard to like learn. You're good. Don't worry. Steven just said bad at bad about it, but good at it. <laughs> I mean to augment the conversation when I do this, not not detract from anyone. Chat is saying definitely going to check out the creator before Rebel Moon, and I love that you guys have talked so well, have spoken so well about the creator because well, even, like Zach has mentioned the creator when he was talking about Rebel Moon in one of yes, his interviews. Yes. He was like they were like trying to compare it and he was like, you know, it's like you it's not like a sci-fi like they got the create I forgot exactly what the context was that he said that, but he did drop the creator and I was like, cool. Zach has seen the creator. I was wondering that just seems like right up his alley. Like he would not like something like that. So yeah. Confirmed I'm that like, they're in the same universe. Yeah. Confirmed. With Army of the Dead too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. But, uh, I love it. Ben, I know you got to take off. Yeah. Yeah. Thank no. you for having me. No. Oh, yeah. smell. You got to go <laughs> sleep at your sarcophagus to keep you young. Is that what you got to go? Your tank? Yeah. I have to go and drink some baby blood or something. Just keeping myself <laughs> you. you look good. Give the family hugs. Well, happy kisses. early birthday, Ben. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for Wait, having me. You're turning happy 12? To... I'm turning <laughs> the big five yeah. ball. Benjamin Mar- Button. What? Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. The day Are that Rebel Moon me? shows up on Netflix, he's turning 50. This guy right here. Yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Paul Rudd and I made the same uh, deal with the devil. Yeah, no, right. oh my gosh, I shouldn't say that <laughs> out loud. Uh, <laughs> Introduce me to, to that demon. <laughs> oh man! Well, um, thanks for joining, Ben. Appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. It's always fun. All right, guys. All right, See dude. you, Ben. Have a good one. Bye, Happy birthday, guys. Hey, Travis. I wanted Fifty to Club. Jump... Sorry, <laughs> Travis. I wanted to jump in on some comments that you made earlier. Oh because... no! Before, like no, before he does that, I'm also going. <laughs> good night. But okay, good night, Amanda. I appreciate my, Amanda. My. Uh... <laughs> She just pulled like a ventriloquist on me. She just pulled him back in. My, He's on wheels. Talk. That's amazing. Yeah. Where's the man? His other hand. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Uh, See the dummy thing. It all works. Okay, okay, Amanda. Though before you go, yeah. uh, you know, because somebody else is joining right now, and I, I know you're gonna like this person. Ray Porter's here. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Ray. Hi, Ray. I'm so glad I stayed awake for this part. Hello. Long time no see. Long time no see. <laughs> we just sat over coffee a couple of days ago. Yeah, I know. I heard about yes, that. We did. Talked Ray. about everything. So I missed everything. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, no, no, no problem, Ray. You know, it's no problem at all. I'm glad you're here. You're though. right on time. Did you guys know that Ray is the rightful king of England? <laughs> Yeah, there you go, guys. I you didn't. Yeah, congrats. I'm waiting yeah. for the phone to ring, but uh, you know, Ryan. Chuck and Camilla won't get off the dime. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how's it going, Ray? Uh, well, we haven't talked about your performance yet in uh, Rebel oh. Moon, but I will say, thank you. Yeah. Yes. It's but, uh, my yeah. favorite. <laughs> Thank You're you. gonna love and hate Ray. That's that's what I told I told you Ted, loved earlier. Like, I loved and hated your character. Then and I did like, my job. You did your job because yeah. yeah, Ray's character is sleazy and he does it so well. 
Damn. have a timeshare in sleazy. Thank you. Timeshare in sleazy. Yeah, man, you know, uh, amazing. I, uh, all the images I saw from the premiere and all of that stuff. And um, Zach called me that afternoon and was like, are you not coming to the premiere? And I was like, no, she- I didn't get an invite. He's like, oh, you know. And so he spoke to a couple of people. Apparently, Netflix decided that I don't rate. But Zach right. was like, dude, well, I'm canceling. You know, Damn it. I'm canceling you know, Netflix because of that. That's all right. Someday I will. <laughs> um, so then Zach was like, well, do you want to come? And I was like, oh, this is the afternoon, like two hours until it, you know. And I said, I already agreed I'd go to my son's choir recital. So I did that instead of my first big Hollywood premiere. Ah, well, you're a well, good dude. Good. Family's you important. Know that matters more. Well, it does. And I have no regrets. And uh, as, as my son said, well, you missed your first one, but not your last one. I was <laughs> good. Like, that, okay. Oh, you have raised him well. You have raised him well, right? Yeah. So sure. he's, a, he's a rock star. Um, and so literally, because uh, yeah. you went to his concert. I did. <laughs> Yes. What does he play? Not his first one or his He last. doesn't. He was singing. It was choir. Oh, he's singing, so he's got yeah. the voice. Oh, choir. Yeah. 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 All right. He so he's got a- he, he, wait, he has a good voice? Where did he get that from? I have no idea. I really yeah. don't. <laughs> <laughs> I still yeah. freak out because I'll call expecting the voice that I've known. I mean, guys, you know, people who are parents of, of kids who've gotten older understand this. I'm just kind of like still getting my head around it, but like I'll call and the phone will pick up and it's like, hello. And I'm like, <laughs> I have a unique set of skills. <laughs> I, I will find you. Know, you. I will find you. So, wow. That's Hi, fun. guys. Um, all right. I am so glad that you all were there, uh, or yeah. many of you were there. And yeah. um, I'm so glad that you saw it. And um, general consensus is we're happy. Oh yeah. We're happy. Like, uh, you know, we, yeah, we're happy with it. I mean, obviously we all want uh, more. We all want more. I can't see your extended, the extended cut of your scene. One of the first things I know, one of the first things I said was, Oh wow. That Ray's scene. I, I know, I know exactly. I don't know exactly, but I've got an idea of the type of, I don't don't know. I want to get the type of stuff left (laughs) on the floor from your scene that we'll see in April. I have a feeling. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, that was a fun time. I have to say, I mean, without giving up any spoilers, you know, but that yeah. particular location was shot in a sand quarry, a place where they're literally digging down into, you know, California for sand, I guess for gypsum or whatever else. I don't know, but that was where a lot of it was shot. And they built that entire compound inside this sand pit. <laughs> so when I arrived on the day, I was like, what the hell and then you know during the few days that we were there doing that thing like staz went and found a fossil what <laughs> okay <laughs> he was bored he you know he was waiting he's for like, his, he's waiting for his call and oh, i know we were talking about but he comes up with this rock and he's like um i think this is a fossil and i'm like what he's like yeah yeah one of the tests, if it's like eggshell, is if like, if if you lick it and it and your tongue sticks to it. I, I'm not remembering this right, 
but I'm like, you're gonna. Did he make you lick it? Because it sounds like maybe ground? maybe this was. No, he already. He, I said you're gonna do that, and he went, "Oh, I already did." It's <laughs> oh. and I'm like, give me that. Yeah, yeah that's an egg. Right he's the kind of guy that would lick a fossil. To... So yeah. So uh, anyway, legit, he found like an egg. So I, on one of the breaks, went. Well, I wonder if I can find something because I'm a <laughs> geek at heart. Um, you you know, I mean, if we were shooting at night, I would have brought my telescope. I'm a complete yeah. nerd. Proud. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go wrong. find something. You know what I found? I did find something. I think it's what they call a coprolite. Oh, I found shit. I oh, found wow. shit. <laughs> you didn't lick it, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, sure. No. <laughs> no. Hard like yeah. a rock. <laughs> yes, a little fine. Yeah. So I don't know that it was dinosaur shit. No, it might have been, kind, you know, old Clem and his mule passing through many years ago. Who knows? But yeah, Staz found a dinosaur egg, which I think is a beautiful metaphor. I found shit. You found shit. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. so. You should mail uh, it to Netflix. Well, I went over. I went over to Staz. I was like. This is the best analogy to Hollywood I've ever seen. There it is. <laughs> it was meant to be. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Yeah. Well, uh, my mom Thank wanted you. to say how much she loved Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. Sorry I missed you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was so oh, she was deeply no. jealous that we got to see you. She was kind of mad at me. It was fun. Man, <laughs> did we end up geeking out on about a million different things like yes. deep philosophy? Like we somebody should have been filming that. That would be a podcast. Yeah. Um see, like yeah. you guys had a really good conversation. We yeah. did, we did. And um Ray doesn't know that he's already like signed himself up to write the foreword for my book. Mm. Uh <laughs> you, you, did. Right you really? <laughs> <I'll get right laughs> on that. We got some time. We got some time. I know you've got other work to do. <laughs> Speaking of words, I do have to throw in a shameless plug, if you'll allow me, Dave. Go for it. Go for it. So, okay, Jonathan Mayberry is a wonderful author. If you don't know him, you should. And uh, in among his many works, he's probably the most prolific writer I've ever met, and it's always good. Um, but he started the Joe Ledger series, which is this guy who kind of gets roped into this secret sort of agency or whatever. Yep. There we go. Um, and it starts the first, the, the first book is called patient zero. And without giving anything away, basically, um, a terrorist has figured out a way to weaponize a virus that turns people into zombies and Ooh. go. So every book deals with like these huge, like crazy things. A few years back, he had a bunch of his author friends write short stories in the Joe Ledger world, which I narrated. And then he came to me recently and said, I'd like you to write a story for this next uh, uh, anthology. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I did. And it's in the book. And I went to a book signing and signed a book that I wrote something in for the first time ever, like a week ago. And nice. It's number one on on uh, Amazon right now, the audio thing. And I'm really proud. I'm like a published writer. I said to a friend of mine, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, got a got a book that I published out this week. And then, uh, you know, my movie's premiering. <laughs> yeah. You like, know. How many, how deep is that multi-hyphenate getting? <laughs> yeah, it's getting up there, man. I'm working on it, like renaissancing it. But anyway, um, if you really like uh, 
good like thriller stuff and weirdness, that's your man. That sounds like Jonathan awesome. Mayberry, congratulations. Right that does. Now, Ray, yeah, I, I do have one follow-up question. Uh, yeah. If you haven't read the series, is the anthology standalone enough that you can kind of jump in if you at least understand you the concept? Could. You could. There are relationships and people that it's, it's better if you kind of know who they are. They're all out on audio. but um it it, you know it's one of those things where like you're coming into like you know coming into a tv series third season in and you're like who are all these people and you kind of figure it out it's not so inside ball that you can't really get to it they are enjoyable on their own but i will say particularly mine deals with relationships past and present Um, but there's enough information there that even if you don't know who these people are, I hope that it still works. So worth, Ooh, worth a look or listen. Mm. However you consume text. I like it. At audible.com. <laughs> I'm so glad that we no longer have to do cassettes and CDs because you would, you know, you would record a book unabridged and it would be like 50 cassettes or yeah. 30 CDs. And at the end of it, mm-hmm. you would have to say, 50 times this audiobook is continued on disc two. <laughs> disc two. This audiobook is continued on disc three. <laughs> disc three. And you would do that for like an hour up to 50. Oof. And it and it tedious. It's weird. It becomes like a mantra. Like I found it really meditative at one point. Like I didn't know where I was basically around disc 39. But yeah, no longer. Now we're all digital. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, shameless plug thank you no 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 absolutely i saw you post that today and i was like huh that That seems interesting it was so cool seeing seeing ray and seeing wayne oh yeah wayne was there hell i know he gave me a little shout out today too and i was like that was so cute i know i was like i i mean because it was funny because when i when 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 we saw you know ray show up it was like hey okay ray fisher's here and then all of a sudden i was like wait a minute i was like that's wayne wayne's with him what the hell yeah man yeah, well, then, they're, they're, they're yeah. Really good friends, and I, I'm assuming Ray brought him, um, or he got an invite on his own. I don't know, but uh, it was so great to see him there. And I mean, you know, he he does right not there. blow his own horn like really at all. He's just such a good guy. But y'all should know if you don't that I think he just finished uh, doing a reading of Richard the Third with Pacino. What? Yes. Wow. Oh, uh... What? Well, because well, because Pacino's done it with Looking for Richard, which was an amazing film. So that he did, but the Los Angeles Shakespeare Festival. I did uh, Henry Four a few years ago with uh, Tom Hanks as Falstaff. Um, They like to do that. They like to mix Hollywood and like theater people you've never heard of, um, and some theater people you have, uh, and do these readings. And there was brilliant actors in there. Peter Van Norden, who. You would probably recognize him if you saw his face. He's been in a billion things. And Wayne, who is, um, to my mind, one of the best Shakespeare minds of his generation. Um, And uh, I got nothing but respect for him. He's a great, great guy and a formidable actor. So shout out to Wayne. 
Yeah, shout out to Wayne. Well, it was just great. And, you know, he it, just uh, just him there and everybody was just cheering for him, too. That's the thing is like, yeah, and that's why you know, when he posted like about like, you know, Zack Snyder has the best fans. I mean, and we all know him, too, even though we didn't get to see the scene that he was in when it came to, of course, Justice League. But it's like there's just such a love for that guy. You I know? have to tell you for I mean, because I got I got the benefit of experiencing it when they did the big showing at Universal to finally hear the applause is yeah. huge and i'm yeah. so glad that um there was a venue for him to hear the applause yeah and I that's was really that, happy about that and i think that's what's great too is like he probably didn't ex maybe expect that because obviously it's like raised yeah. there he's in the movie probably he's like all right i'm just gonna show up but everybody was going yeah. wayne wayne everybody was just screaming that's the magic like, of this fandom that's yeah. the magic of this fandom you know i've never heard of you but you're in this and i like it so i like you <laughs> hey travis i, I don't mean to interrupt this but travis has anyone told you like this season since you cut your hair lately that you're very much giving the sword and the stone. Mm, I actually oh, just mm, haven't cut my hair. Um, I've not. I've just grown out since. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, know. this length is giving mm. the okay. sword and the stone, boy. I could see it. You know what's wild? I got Bell Kilmer vibes. I always get Bell Kilmer vibes. I got my whole life. now. Yeah, yeah. I got that my whole life because my uncle uh, Jerry, he looked I not I well, once identical. Tra very make sure you can fit through your door. Your ego can fit through the door. Aren't you gonna say your uncle is Val Kilmer? I'm like, damn. That's... No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I changed my name. Don't want to be associated. But uh, <laughs> no, I think my plan is to grow it out till next year. I want to try and cut it for like the wigs and stuff like that. So my my whole my goal is to try and grow it till next November. And then next Whoa. charity stream, cut it all off. But we'll see. I've never had it this long before. So Maybe do whole... it. Yeah, do it on the stream, right? Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've done. I've done it before, but my hair was like much more smaller. So yeah, I think next year, my my nice. dad rocked long hair for uh, my entire childhood for like twenty years, and he eventually cut it off. So it's it's all new to me. There's times where it's great, and then there's times you want to cut off. But I haven't reached the man. Yeah, I don't. I'm reached raised stage. <laughs> well, I have the weird pony right now where I can't get. All the hairs because if you do you the kind top, of look like you're just like, oh, I just hate yes. my luscious, you know, yeah. hair, guys. You're like calling my name with a latte somewhere, yeah. Yes. So, like, right now, I've invested in a yeah. lot of sports uh, headbands, not yes. that I'm wearing them, but they're just like good to push the hair how about, back. And how about when you're driving and the window's slightly open and that one hair is like, hi, I know you're trying to drive, but oh, right. yeah. hi, right here. so we're yeah. riding the bike too, yeah, so. But yeah, yeah. so yeah. goals no, get to the looking, man. It's looking luscious, man. I'm just looking good, man. You. I I submit that until the next charity stream, everyone should grow their hair out and <laughs> Ooh, hair. interesting. Scott, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she beat me too, and I'm gonna say something. You, I'm not cutting my hair. Yeah. <laughs> Do the beard instead, Scott. Just get a massive. Oh my god! I actually, please, like a gigantic. Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah, I try. Like you sell I try artisanal meat. I grew yeah. my when I was in college. I did this. I did the musical version of the Spitfire Grill, and I nice. I I played a character who, unfortunately, to tell you who he was is kind of spoils the character. But I grew my beard out for nine months. Nice, oh, that's commitment. I was. I grew my hair out for you know. I grew. I grew this out for nine months. Of course, all my he, hair. He, ha he hadn't been casted when he started growing it out. Just so everyone. Knew. No, you grew a beard, baby. Cast. 
and then and then the beard grew up for nine months and i just remember i literally had the electric clippers sitting in the dressing room so that after the final performance i just went i was so tired because then i had to turn early I'm constantly going through like like I'll do a FaceTime and I look at myself because I'm an actor and totally self-absorbed. <laughs> and I look at myself <laughs> and be like, oh my God, you have so much got to trim your beard. Like there's there is no sort of pause between like manageable and well, we're gonna go up and find some gold by cracking Radagast. You know? <laughs> yeah, manageable and radagast. Jesus. Um <laughs> I hate to it's, bounce. Like I just got here, but no, no, it's okay, man. I ordered food, and yeah. I've just heard that it's arrived. Oh, what is it? What so is I'm, it? Uh, sushi. Yeah. So I so I shouldn't leave it. But um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's really wonderful to see you guys, and thank yeah. you for inviting me, Dave. For always, and, man. We'll talk, I mean, we'll talk I don't know if you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and someday I'll actually show up at this thing at the correct time. <laughs> um, okay. But I expect everybody to have long hair the next time I see you. Yes, <laughs> we're all going to be looking like uh, 1992 grunge artists. Yeah, I just Sweet. lost. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right, you guys. All right, be well. thank you. Have a good bye, weekend. Bye, Ray. Bye. bye. All right, bye. Okay, Travis. I'm going to return to the comments. Yeah, I know when Ray came, I'm like, oh, we're not coming back to any of that (laughs) stuff. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, perfect timing. Oh, you got to bring him in. You can't, you know. I'm glad I was here for that. Yes, I know. That was like the surprise guest that, you know, was going to be showing up tonight. Anyways, go ahead. Okay. So, actually, it was actually Steve. I don't even remember now, so I'm excited. It's fine. Okay. So several points you brought up, I think, are extremely valid. This this is a Travis's right moment. So just good. You know, so, oh. Soak it in. Soak it in. I didn't get enough of that from my father, so I'm taking it now. So. Okay. Good. Good. Um, I understand your feelings when it comes to like you know this PG thirteen cut versus the you know the true director's cut because actually to your point, even as a fan, I remember watching Watchmen in the theater and being. Mm-hmm disappointed in the film because of how much of the graphic novel was left on the cutting room floor and then finally seeing well the ultimate cut because that's what yeah. i jumped to and going oh yeah this is better thank you I'm, I'm i'm good with this so no i i understand the idea of going into one of these shorter theatrical cuts as we could call it yeah. and feeling like like it or it's okay and i don't love it and then you see that full version you go oh yeah i'm totally down with this so completely valid i'm there with you i got you man um (laughs) i kind of wish that there was no announcement for uh, a director's cut and uh maybe like obviously i haven't seen the film yet but uh yeah i guess like it would be hard to tell after you saw the film uh how would you feel otherwise right if it wasn't announced well and that's an interesting point right because i i i remember like they announced that there was going to be a director's cut of batman v superman before the theatrical cut happened so i remember watching batman v superman now thankfully i enjoyed the theatrical version but then it was but it wasn't until after i saw the ultimate edition that i went yeah, I'm never watching the theatrical version again. Uh, but but I but I've but I've done this before, and I'm trying to remember with Watchmen. I think Watchmen I didn't know before I saw the movie, but I knew before it came out on home video because I didn't buy Watchmen until mm-hmm. 
the ultimate cut finally got released like a year later. Yeah, because they did the sec they did the extended edition first that had like the death of Halls Mason. Like I remember they used that as like advertising, and that was like a I don't know how much extra time was on there, and then they had the ultimate cut because I got that big sucker that has like all the different versions, and I had bought. Yeah, the and they like the graphic yeah. novel in it, and every yeah. yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I did the same thing. So, um, right, that's a great question because it's like there is a part of me going into now the 21st, which, by the way, I was I, my ticket to go see Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom was nine o'clock on the 21st and i canceled my ticket because i was like oh hell no i'm watching rebel moon instead uh so because my theater only had about five people including me and now there's less people because i went nope at nine o'clock at night i'm gonna be watching rebel moon especially since i couldn't go to the premiere i there's no 70 millimeter showing and there's not a theatrical screening happening anywhere close. They always, they always neglect Alabama, don't they? Hey, yeah. they could have done Atlanta, but I didn't yeah, even get Atlanta. Yeah, but that, how, how yeah. but how far of a drive would that be? Like that's two hours and forty five minutes. Okay, not that bad. All right. You would that's think not... that because so many productions are there, like there would be some type of that's you know, a good point. That there's a worth... whole industry, a film industry yeah. there, and there's no film premieres there. Like, come on. Yeah, our film are just screenings, limited screen. <laughs> but I know it was like it was obviously mainly. Well, obviously they extended the whole thing, but I'm like. Yeah, I'm just I, I I really hope it's a Godzilla minus one situation because Godzilla mm-hmm. minus one just is literally just keeps adding extending its that, release yeah. because everybody's talking because about it's it. It's mean, so good. I know. And and sadly, sadly, maybe with like, you know, how critics are, you know, being today when it comes to Rebel Moon might not. But I mean, I'm hoping that maybe there could be like a fan like push for it at least. Well, here's here's I, the question I, I have for that, Dave, is is that's not what Netflix sells, though. See and I and I and I when when they first came out with this that hey let's get it you know <laughs> released wide release and I'm like I would love to see it I would love to be able to walk up to a theater and see it just right you know right down here but as a business model what Netflix sells is the ability to watch it on their platform do I really True. want to send them anywhere else but my platform yeah. no but also well, think, think about all those... the, the way that the limited the limited screening model works is like normal movies going to get like three and a half to four thousand screens on an opening weekend if it's like a wide release something like army of the dead had like a few hundred and so you can do extended like limited release without even eating you know without eating into profits in any way because really only a few thousand people are seeing it and you're talking about like less than one you know like one percent of one percent of their total subscriber base are even going to be impacted by that even though you make it available and you know a couple hundred theaters across the country yeah, I could see a couple hundred, but like a wide release. Yeah, I, I just as yeah, much I as I would love that, I would, I, yeah, I wouldn't. I, what what am I selling? Yeah, what am I selling if I'm going to send yeah. you somewhere else? And Travis, I'll be there with you on my 65 inch TV watching <laughs> Rebel Moon. Like, that's, for the best. Yeah. Hey, Scott, you're invited. You're invited Stop to Vegas. Stop comparing sizes, guys. Come on. <laughs> you're invited to Vegas. Uh, I'll send pictures uh, later. Well, uh, like I'll William, guys, I am poor. <laughs> you know, I am poor. I, 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 I had an opportunity to be at the premiere, as in I was invited, but I couldn't afford the plane ticket, nor could mm-hmm. I miss the hours from work mm-hmm. because not only because not only is the play is the flight costing me money, not being at work 
Yep. It's costing me yeah, money. It's a double and negative, yeah. It's a double. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I literally got the invite and I just looked at my, I was like literally at one of my jobs because I work seven days a week. And I was at, I was at one of my jobs and I just looked at the, the message and I was just like, <laughs> oh, no. yeah. I DM'd, I DM'd Dave and Steven and just like, <laughs> this, this hurts. Fucking, this hurts. <laughs> I know, I know. That's the thing, and and you would have had to fly across the country, or you know, and that's in, you know, I mean, Stephen, I mean, Stephen, Amanda made the trip. I mean, I mean, it was like, it, luckily that they could, but it was just when it came to all that, I'm like, you know, I was like, all right, I just have to drive an hour that way, you know, and it's just not as much of a a a, a, a trip, I guess you could say, um, but yeah, I know when when that when you said that, I was like, ah. Give me but the dark during, side. It's also during the week. It's also during the week too. It's, it's on a Wednesday. I mean, yeah. at least full. I mean, one. Yeah. I blew everything I had on full circle. Yeah. You know, I had to get Chris's steelbook signed, so you know, sacrifices had to be made. <laughs> and but you it's know, that was, of you, Chris. Yeah, it he, is. He it, missed it the really Moon. It, uh, he usually blames you, me for most things. <laughs> I do not blame you. I I credit you, Chris. I credit. Oh. But you know, full moon made sense to me. It was like. You know, leave on a Thursday night, three days, come back, you know. Hey, full moon? He oh, yeah. Did, which sounds badass as a cool. I know. Man. You said full moon. I want to go to that He's one. Tired. He's tired. <laughs> yeah. But I love that because it sounds yeah. like, you know. You, full you, moon you, is the uh, the, tent. the six-hour director's cut screening event. <laughs> yeah. With, uh, with an intermission. Big, thick Blu-ray. Later Dude. All the moon. entire trilogy, all director's yeah. cuts. Yes. That I will I will I will move heaven and earth. Yeah. The special feature. No intermissions. <laughs> oh man. That wow. you just you just you just named like the next of uh, a Snyder Con right there. Full, yeah, moon. full moon. That's cool. Full well, moon. That's right. I want I want uh, uh, you know copyright. Yeah. Trademark. Yeah, yeah. Get on tomorrow morning. Yeah. Trademark. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid of what that person is. Zach will be like, by, by the way, Scott McClone, you have, to, you have to give him credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. Got to fly him out for it now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Can someone pay for my ticket? That'd be great. Hey, yeah. Scott, Scott, just deliver the dark side statue to me. I'll get you to Vegas. <laughs> no, no, that that sucker. Hey, now that my wife has found it, no, we're we're cooking with gas at this point. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I did want to circle back to uh, yeah. William's response because I may forget. Um, so, William, I have like two things. So, for the I'll say extended limited release of uh, Rebel Moon, although be it the theatrical version. I think that is a worthwhile investment for Netflix in order to get that word of mouth. And also, you know, the most people I would imagine the people most likely to get out of their house and go see the movie are also most likely to purchase the merch, especially if it's like instant gratification right by the Walmart, by the AMC that, you know, they are going to probably go to after the movie. But I guess my point also is that um, that organic word of mouth of just, you know, having that visceral experience in the theater. And I would also say maybe like, you know, this is kind of like my tinfoil hat speculation. Netflix already owns like, you know, two very, you know, like, like, um, sizable or like the footprint that they have in the theater you know ownership realm right now i think that might also 
possibly be like, you know, a business model that they experiment down the road with additional, you know, films and, you know, possibly even like, you know, other IPs. And I think for the purpose of Rebel Moon having like this, you know, rollout of additional screenings, it yeah, I think it leans more towards, you know, uh, a business model that Netflix may explore down the road even more. Limited release, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I can understand a limited release, but I wouldn't go any further than maybe a few hundred because, like I said, unlike other studios that have several revenue streams and several ways to make money back, like Warner Brothers can put stuff in theaters and they can take cuts out of everything before they get their final dollar because they have more things to sell. Netflix, they have they sell one thing it's so one thing they can and, adapt and that I, model, I, if, were, if, if they just get this do screen, they want to though right if they own the buildings then then all you need to do is say take your netflix subscription and say you get a uh, you live near one of these screens or you, you know you get a premium subscription plan there's an uh, added tier and then you get you know what any any netflix movie they just have a theater full of netflix streaming stuff you can go to any night of the week and watch whatever their normal the, their their schedule is for you know they're playing stuff that opened that weekend, but also you can go see like a Strangers Thing marathon or whatever. Like and it's just free access. I, I can see that. That's a great idea. Like, on a yeah, limited, like I, yeah, I, I, a limited so, scale. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. I just don't. So see them doing the reason it. that I, mean, I you know brought that up as well is because like this may you know be up for debate, but I think that there's a cap to the amount to the amount. There's a there's going to be a roof to the amount of subscribers that you're going to continue to try and garner. And then you're going to have mm -hmm. to focus on the retention. So exactly. the model that um, Steven is describing as far as like getting additional value and options on, you know, uh, how to maximize your, your membership, that's uh, an additional revenue uh, stream that Netflix can, you know, explore down the road. I'm not saying immediately, I'm not saying like, oh, Rebel Moon is success in theaters. Let's roll out and buy all the AMCs. They, like, they no, are trying I don't to mean that, but yeah. experiences also too though, like that. Yeah. Yes. like the trailer experience thing they're doing but also like they tried to do a vr thing with army of the dead they got screwed yeah. up by by the pandemic mm -hmm. but a part of the netflix model is they're they're you know finding things that they can do where it's like in a you know set up in a pop-up in a, in a shopping mall or whatever like they're doing these engaging outside of the homes things and that's one of the biggest things they're working on on the snyders with too there's there's other um in like local engagement or or yeah, and we can see the too. same behavior with, you know, Amazon and uh, Disney. They're creating like these limited, you know, visceral IRL ex in real, real life experiences for fans. And I think all of it is just, you know, additional case studies to see where be like projected revenue could be achieved based on like, you know, very like diverse concentrated populations first like la um new york maybe like you know even atlanta or Orange like Gallagher. other denver like you know all these like major cities austin you know they're gonna have to you know go somewhere where the population is not only like diverse in terms of you know ethnicity race but also in terms of like um ages and income brackets and then once they have that sort of you know information to make decisions on as far as like expanding then i think that they'll be more they'll be less risk adverse to continue to explore theaters well, i would i would that, that at with all. well amazon i tried that in the fall with the the, the prime premieres i think that was something similar oh, yeah. to what you were talking mm -hmm. about right was Oh. Were you familiar with that, with the Prime Premiere thing that Amazon was doing? Yeah, we, um, we did. I wasn't. If you were an Am if you were an Amazon Prime member uh, a week before uh, 
a movie or one case was the first two episodes of Gen V, uh, they would allow Prime members to get free tickets to go watch an Amazon original movie or a series or a couple <laughs> of episodes of a series premiere in a theater. And they gave you like a free popcorn and a poster and you got to see it like it came out like you'd go to a theater on a Wednesday when it was going to drop on Amazon that Friday. And so they were, they were kind of testing with that. And then they did a lot of uh, customer surveys afterwards trying to like, what did you think of the experience and this, this and that and other. So I, Amazon was, Amazon was trying to see how that would work out for them. So I wouldn't be surprised to see other people trying other once again, this is the wild west of what can we do to be different? What can we do to give more value to a membership? You know, you like you were saying, retention. How do we make your membership appear to be more valuable to you so that you will continue to subscribe even as every year we increase the cost of said membership? Now, with, kind of with get- Netflix, though, like I said, I, I can agree that that's, that's a possibility. I'm just wondering, is it a worthwhile investment return when you figure, okay, where is it coming from versus what they already spend their money on right now? And they, what Netflix does for me is, like I said, there's a lot of stuff I don't know about on Netflix, but it's the volume that's there that I end up getting introduced there. Do they have the desire to to do that on a scale? With Amazon and everything else, once again, they have other things mm-hmm. to sell. With Amazon, their entertainment division is not really their number one division. They sell a lot of stuff. And with Disney, you have $38 billion in, in park revenue. So every, every other one of these other ones is – their entertainment division on that scale is like their number two or three with Netflix is their number one. Well, so okay. how do, how do you I have two Netflix words division? for you, William ad revenue. <laughs> there's, there's always going to be someone who uh, needs a less expensive option uh, as opposed to a premium uh, ad free option. That's a good and point. We're going to get, uh, I get, and we might get viewership numbers, but we'll, we may never, never as like maybe non-stockholders, I imagine, get the ad revenue uh, numbers that are coming in, like broken out as far as like how profitable or not profitable uh, this company is going to be. So I'm speculating that based off of, you know, the high viewership and engagement and native traffic they have on Netflix that they're expecting to, in the long run, convert and see the marketing for Rebel Moon uh, as more of that <laughs> content comes out there are there are also going to be you know native users who are getting stream like you know a streams of streams and streams of ads that you know uh are getting paid by these business paid for by these businesses that are financing netflix to continue to find and explore these other you know revenue streams then they'll we'll probably get of- rid of that the free the the paid ad tier where you can skip that and they'll probably just go down to the one where you, you have to get no that okay so like i am a full fan of models like tubi freebie uh pluto like i'm sure those those fellows are make over there are like making big bucks because all their users are free all of them get served ads they're all natively around there watching cave yes exactly yeah, and then freebie like is owned by amazon so that's even more ad revenue so netflix needs to get into the free streaming model like them mm-hmm. and you know start racking up the big bucks not that they don't have big bucks already but that is just another way for them another creative strategy that that is also in in vogue as far as like their competitors that i feel like netflix is a little behind as far as like adopt adapting it in disney plus too 
Yeah, and I think what a lot of people don't realize also when it comes to like the numbers and like the the, the streaming model, and I I I would prefer to not have ads, but that the ad tiers are actually way more attractive to the streamers, um, not just because of like the 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 profitability of ads but once you attach ads to the actual specific piece of content you can now from an accounting perspective you know exactly where your money is coming from right now if people just pay a blanket streaming fee like this is why you get stuff like batgirl or whatever getting canceled and written off for a for a tax write-off is because there's no direct relationship on the balance sheet between a piece of content and the revenue it generates and so they could they it, sometimes there are situations where it's better to write it off for tax revenue or take it off the platform entirely because there it's a, an expense but it's not a revenue driver um whereas when something gets ad revenue generated you know exactly where that you know each of those dollars <laughs> came from it came from that view on that show um and so that isn't only like a way to kind of ensure profitability but it's also a price signal to them of what type of thing to make more of um the types of shows that you know they'll be able to say oh this is generating more revenue than all those other ones let's make more of that and i that's kind of terrifying in terms of what that's going to do to the <laughs> platforms i would prefer that they find a way to make the like the uh you know i would prefer to do pay-per-view than i would i think i have a a a platform that's entirely you know because that's how you get back to like like broadcast television kind of style shows like everything's law and order then where it's like oh it's just let's continue this format ad infinitum but um and i agree of- with you as a consumer yeah i will more than i am someone who does pay those premium prices and bundles in order to have that viewing experience you're describing i am uh thinking of uh, and i don't have the numbers to quantify this but it may be a valuable source of like capturing an audience you wouldn't have otherwise uh in order to introduce them to the platform and then they'll probably get to a breaking point where they're like i am being served ads every like you know 10 minutes i can't i can't take this anymore and i think like you know it is a form of manipulation. It may, it is anti-consumer to like, you know, fully, I'll agree with you there, but in terms of like how these businesses work and how they continue to generate revenue off the content on their platform, that's essentially how they're going to continue to monetize it outside of just the subscription fees. And that's also going to continue to have uh, advertisers return to the platform to run the ads on their you know, on their content and on the back end, as far as like the um, advertisers that are paying for these, like, you know, ad placements across Netflix, they're getting that demographic info that uh, is proprietary to Netflix, for example. They're getting age, gender, you know, watching patterns, watch time, um, where they want to place uh, all of these ads as well, and uh, the frequency and the uh, competitiveness that they want with other advertisers to prioritize those ads against one another. So, uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm saying like uh, more ads, more money. <laughs> well, and watch for the outrage too. It, I don't know if this is a full on oh, prediction, but when uh, when the extended edition uh, or the director's cut, whatever the exact <laughs> label is they give for Rebel Moon um, for like the, the extended cuts of those, um, watch for that to be on like a premium tier only access, right? And it's and it's gonna people are gonna freak out when that happens because that's just DLC, right? That's a DLC model. But oh, they actually did that with um uh what was it um 
uh gosh i'm i'm blanking on a uh, black widow did they do that for like um like you pay uh 25 bucks on top of that didn't you oh, they, like they, they played around with it for a few different like, movies i think or like on max the ad tier like they they the i think the the they had a when did they implement it i might be off on the timing but they'd have stuff like um you know back when they did project popcorn i don't think the the free hmm. ad tier or whatever they had the ad supplemented tier didn't have access to the project project popcorn movies and so there's already a little bit of that like tiered access baked in and once again not not to say like the dlc model is what everybody wants but it it's the uh, the um the model works <laughs> and, and so you want to know an even more anti-consumer uh idea that i just thought of <laughs> um the extend the director's cut is only available for um uh premium members like yeah like, like that would be an interesting one i'm sure it'll get a lot of backlash and it'll only last like you know a few days yeah. uh but, but yeah that's but another Paramount strat plus does something else with their tier system as well because only if you're one of the premium subscribers do you get showtime just immediately included with your Paramount Plus subscription, like so, that's that's what more of that's going to happen. There's going to be more merging too. I mean, we've already kind of seen that. We're like certain they're going to start merging, and I don't know. Like that's going to be something that's going to be um, coming in the future with some of these streaming services well yeah and i think like a lot of people are like you know apple's gonna like gobble everyone up i'm like y'all are sleeping on microsoft like you know big time like know, they're just gonna they come at? out of nowhere like a black horse and just like the they're how they're big. acquiring so many studios right now you think that's where they want to you know stop like no they're they're gonna continue to expand into other you know mediums. but even going back to what you were saying too about like uh you know how they can annoy customers into buying the you know getting a subscription i mean spotify is a good example of that because when you if you listen to free spotify it it does get kind of annoying and they even purposely make the commercials louder than the music or i mean cable yeah. does that i remember even yeah, being a cable a guy and getting tactic. complaints our yeah. favorite app x does that <laughs> yes YouTube. where it's like the the, the ads will be louder than you know it happens on TV. I remember when I was a cable guy, that was happening. I, I remember getting calls where, like, some grumpy old man would be like, Can you turn the commercials down? I'm like, That's not, I, you want me <laughs> to? Yes, sir. Here we go. We, I'm gonna I mean, my invisible dial to, you know, no, but it's like they do that on purpose. And I, you know, Spotify was always like that too, where I was just like, You know what? Fuck it. And then, of course, like, if you think like they have like, you know, Joe Rogan's podcast, the biggest podcast in the world, you watch the video with the premium service on Spotify, you don't get any ads, nothing. It's just flat out. But if you listen to it, even if you have a premium thing, you still get him doing ad reads, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. So there's like a whole weird thing. Well, that and then something like Hulu. I mean, I just, I just had to yeah. deal with this because Hulu is one of the only, maybe even the only streaming service I know of that does not have a premium annual rate yeah. if you want ad free hulu you have to pay monthly they mm -hmm. do not do an annual plan on hulu for the ad free i got i got confused by that and tried to do an annual plan for hulu and got stuck with a full year of hulu with ads oh. and by the time that was over with I, I like for the last like three or four months, all Heather could ask was, 
when does this run out so we can go back to paying for no ads? <laughs> like, let, let, but I couldn't unsubscribe because once I unsubscribed, it was a case where I could cancel it, but I wouldn't get a refund back for the full year it already paid for. So basically it had to be don't renew, but I had to wait out the year that I had just paid for until I could go back to paying monthly to get ad free Hulu. So what you guys are saying, I mean, like I'm, 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 I'm sitting here as like a case study of like anecdotal real life evidence of yes, you're right. Because I've sat through this before. Well, and trust me, about, watching like... w- watching the shows. I'm sorry, Balga. You're going to get the talk. No, you've been trying, <laughs> and <laughs> you've been failing, but you've been trying valiantly. I've been trying. I've been sorry, respectful. I've been going on these like tangent diatribes all night. So, well, Balga's too polite. He doesn't understand how the mm-hmm. Vox stream works. But you just have to start railroading people if you want to have any <laughs> chance to talk to somebody That's on true. this show. Guys, yeah, like, so I haven't been on in a while, but <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. One of those nights. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea is that you know you, you when you do watch these shows it seems like it, you forget what it was like watching tv back like when you watched it on broadcast because it's it's almost like you they're almost intentionally giving you even more commercial breaks and then of course it's the same oh. five stupid commercials over and over again and so like you like y'all made the point they're annoying you into wanting to pay for the more expensive ad-free tiers of on these services. Balga, go. This is your opportunity. <laughs> so getting back to going to what you're saying, like what people are like where you want to keep those subscribers coming in, how do you do it? You know, I saw people earlier in the chat saying, you know, and we had talked about it in the sense of just release the full cut. Just just do it. You know, why why are we waiting for this? That's where they've got you. This is their experiment in the sense of we've told you there's going to be another cut. You know, A, I'm going to be watching the theatrical cut, and I'm going to be thinking, well, thank goodness I, I'm not going to be wondering if there is another cut of this. They've got me to come back. I want to be part of the conversation. I want to know what this movie's about. I want to look. I want to listen to it, and you're going to get me continuing on back in when it releases in April. I'm going to see the full cut and be and have it right there. You know, that they're going to market it. You know, some of the Netflix shows they do do in physical, despite what Best Buy is getting rid of it and everything like that. They do see the opportunity to do some of these in physical. And another opportunity for them saying, hey, if you want to see, you know, be a part of this, we can give you this. But if you're a premium member, you get access to this physical copy of this as well. Like there are lots of different opportunities for them to kind of take this, you know, experiment with Rebel Moon and keep going. And I think people don't quite know how to talk about like, – like I said, we're going to talk about this very differently a year from now after this is all released. Mm-hmm. But people have this idea of what of, – of Zack Snyder and Snyder Cuts, and, and they're applying that same mental model to this when this is an entirely different situation. This is not a cut-down version of – like this is not Zack's movie getting cut down to please censors or to please the studio or whatever. This is – they know the Snyder Cut is what everyone wants, and so this is a teaser for the Snyder Cut that they put out first. Mm-hmm. Right, like they are intentionally providing you a portion of what you want. They they cut the movie in half and they cut down both half. Like it's it's a it's a demo, for because they, and it's it's good. Like I, I I enjoyed it. There's nothing like bad about it other than I want more. 
and more is coming, right? And they did that un intentionally in the same way that they'll release a, a, a series over a period of time because they look at when they drop the series, they drop it so that it, it crosses billing cycles so people can't... Um, Yes. So they can't cancel in the middle of it because the whole the whole goal is to stop people from like and so because of Rebel Moon by having all four pieces they they're going to they they schedule the drops so that they get subscribers to stick around for an entire year to watch all of the Rebel Moon drops as opposed to uh you know waiting and watching it and then unsubscribing. And so um that is I think everyone like the frustration over why did they release this cut first? Like well cuz they know that they got the one you really want already. Right. And so that's smart. I don't know. It's, it's, it's frustrating, but like also, well, and, and well, also and fans really realize that I, and it's bet, smart. I mean, it's, 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 no, but, everything else it is smart. It's, it's not, Zach like, Snyder. I mean, they're capitalizing on his brand anyway, yeah. but there's yeah. also, there's also the legitimate argument that was, I mean, it's go. It goes back to to last June when that Vanity Fair article came out, and we knew that this was going to be happening. There are people who are not hardcore looking for a hard R sci-fi movie. They yeah. want the PG thirteen digestible version. There, there is a more casual audience member who. Netflix is going to please with a PG-13 cut. And they'll be very pleased with this one. And they're not even considering or, or wanting a hard R version. Three-hour like, three, three plus hard R version. Although, right. after watching the theatrical, that's, a, that's an easy upsell if they liked it, right? Yeah. To say, like, right. oh, well, here... Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, yeah, not, I like, yeah, not my favorite model, but like I, if I were in their position, <laughs> I would, I would do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, how, how do they not call it a Snyder cut? I mean, do you think they're going to actually use the brand Snyder cut? Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. I they have looked, they right, literally so. did the Snyder, they did a Snyder cut for the, the steak thing of him do, doing the grilling at the, at CCX. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean they're they're gonna they, they know. I didn't what even think got. about that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah I'm just they like, know. I I really hope they push like, hey, Rebel Moon, the Snyder cut. It's like, yeah, please, yeah. Here, that's but you there's hear. also you have that trademark. You should have that trademark, right? I'm patent pending. You know. But but also the beauty of uh, and this is this is the thing that gets me. You know, uh, as someone who loves alternative cuts from all, I mean Ridley Scott. You How know, Blade Runners. Yeah. How many Blade Runners have I watched? <laughs> and you know what? And, and 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 I love watching all five versions of Blade Runner. And I love being able to say, but that's the one that's my favorite. But you know, but once again, but but that's the thing. You know, when movies have multiple cuts, what you're just doing is you are expanding the audience because there are going to be some people who only want to who only are going to enjoy the pg-13 cut oh. who won't even give a hard r version the time of day or they watch the hard r version like eh, i like the pg-13 cut better great because you have the pg-13 cut you can choose from or you can have the hard r version that you can watch oh, God, and love choice. this is something i was saying earlier too when i think before you were on was that this the this is not a Blade Runner where you've got like these iterative 
um obviously there's some massive differences but it's not even like a bvs situation where it's like oh here's some extra scenes and a couple blood splats um this is an engineered because they planned it from the beginning they engineered a pg-13 experience and a hard r experience like the violence in the in the hard r version is like way more like straight up 300 level stuff whereas in the pg-13 version it's very pg-13 violence like it's not just like trim here cut away faster it's like blood splatters and and so it's like obviously the justice league 2017 had a lot of other issues in it but it's like the difference of um that you get maybe not quite as severe but go from going from justice league to to the to the snyder cut um except they they planned it from the beginning to to be um it, this isn't a a whedonized version this is a pg-13 Zack snyder experience and a hard r Zack snyder experience um not just a oh here's a longer and, and harder version of the same thing it's totally um i mean not totally but significantly different uh like tonally actually working oh. in unison with a studio to get that done yeah you know well, like like and, the uh, interview he did with Hollywood Reporter, where he <laughs> said everyone went into this project from the beginning on the same page. True, we're, we're making a PG thirteen version and an R version at the same time. And Zach's, uh, you know, he, you know, when it came to Justice League, he was, uh, you know, he knows how to shoot two different kinds of movies, right? We all know that. Yeah. We all know he that story. To, he that, did have to hide. Oh, yeah, he did. He did the version that you know Jeff Johns and all the suits wanted to do, and then he did also his version, which is very smart. But I wanted to bring up this quote because you know Mr. Joey um, uh, Moreno is at the was at the Q and A thing right now. Quote from Zach snyder when it comes to that r-rated cut the r-rated version of this movie is really freaky because yeah i gave zero fucks <laughs> mic drop there you go that's what was said from zach right there gave zero fucks so that again i mean that's just like okay i i that's why when it comes to the question posed of uh the fact that it's like what what after seeing this version do you want to, you know, obviously I want to see part two, but I want to see, I want to see this version first before I'm I even glad, see I'm glad that it's been confirmed <laughs> that the, that the hard R version of part one is releasing before mm-hmm. part two gets released. Cause at one point I even, I speculated that they were going to wait till after part two came out and then give us the hard R version of both. I, I, I think that they were going to um, – I don't know if that was in response to reviews or not, but I, I suspect that, that they were kind of feeling the waters out to see how far they could stretch it mm-hmm. and that they wanted to kind of expand that as far as they could. And then they decided, like, oh, it's going to be – it's going to function better as a run-up to, like, reduce the hype before part two, which I, I, I think I prefer that. But I suspect that at one point they were like, let's see – Let's see if we can make like let's see if we can get like a 12 month release cycle out of one principal photography. <laughs> like um yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think because that was just that was just recently released, right? They were talked about because I remember the rumor was, oh yeah, probably summer or you know, at least from whatever information that was out there or whatever the hell, but it was just 
Yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, they're going to release those two after, you know. And I always thought, I mean, I think a lot of people thought, just assumed that they would release it before part two comes out because that just seems like the the way. But, yeah, you might be right, Stephen. It's like they were just kind of gauging on the reception and reactions with all the marketing. And, you know, kudos to, like, the cast and crew and Zach and Deborah. I mean, they were traveling the fucking world in the past two weeks. My God. Yeah, they what CCXP like less than two Brazil. weeks ago. And yeah. then or around two weeks ago, and then Mexico, Mexico, London, yeah, Tokyo, uh, Tokyo and then now and LA. Then and there. now he's at these screenings too. And he's still he's working on he's literally working on the edit for part two, like yes, right, right now. now, also. Like <laughs> Yeah, that's why like even there was that that question about like do you think uh, I think like we talked about was like the fact that like would 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 they change part two or part, I don't know. I think it was something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Part it would, if they would change the R rated cut because of the critic reception, it's like now that's that's already in the bag. It's like it's already done. He's already working on post-production on part two. The VFX are getting dialed in. Editing is happening right now when it comes to part two. So, yeah. It's I mean, it's just it's such a big project. Let's, let's go back. Let's go back to something. And I know that there were some smart asses commenting under your post, Stephen, because it's social media. Of course, are smart. Asses. What? I know. Right. I think I, I talked about this at the very beginning. I know which tweet you're talking about. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But let's just let's just say this on a streaming service. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> The critics have to say for a movie or a series because this was something that Zach talked about when he talked about what it was like to film, write and film a movie for streaming, understanding that it's a completely different animal when you're doing a film for streaming services because there's a very low threshold to enter, but there's also a very low threshold to exit. (laughs) you know so you know he talked about how you have to shoot and write a movie that grabs people and then keeps them going so that they don't decide to you know bounce because it took them nothing to start the movie it's also going to take them nothing to stop that movie you know it's not like going to a theater where i have sat through movies that i wanted to claw my eyes out because i felt committed because I paid for that ticket. Exactly. So that's it. Well, they actually t- they took the time to actually ask Zack Snyder whether he was going to change his cut based on what critics thought of his movie. That that was a serious question. <laughs> Who asked <laughs> that? Like, what would this yeah. happened? Like what when did this happen? I think it was a question from earlier in the evening, wasn't it? Was that? Oh, that was <laughs> um uh I think I had a uh, question of like is netflix going to um potentially pivot some of the existing footage or um of the film in the can so to speak based off of some of the feedback that you know rolls out between uh this and the extended cut or the next film See, yeah, I thought it was someone that actually asked Zach, Zach that question. I, no, I was, no, no. Oh, okay. okay. It wasn't me. Yeah, I swear. No, I'm asking no, it right no, now. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> no, I thought the way the way that the way that you phrased it, David, made it sound like someone asked Snyder. No, oh, no, no. I was oh. just yeah referring oh, back okay, to that gotcha. question being. Well, posed. he's been asked. I don't know if he's asked that about this specifically. He's been asked that about other things before, and 
you know, and his answer is that he wouldn't change a frame of anything he's ever done. Yeah. Um, which, you know, he'll say that, but then we talked about earlier, he's saying now that he wants to go back and reshoot the ending of Sucker Punch. So obviously, <laughs> but, it, but he wants to reshoot it because also that was the original. Ending. Right. I imagine because yeah. they wanted to do what was the song they were going to sing at the end? Oh, what was the musical number? Yeah. Like, Sweet Child of Mine or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> no, that's not what it was, but it was, uh, um, God, can you song. imagine if they actually do that? That'd be insane. Yeah. It, it, I, it, it, I would love it because I I can still look at Sucker Punch and go, I still haven't like I I've never watched the theatrical version entirely through it in the entire way through. I have seen the extended cut and own the extended cut, but I, I, there's still part of me watching this movie going, it's it it's not quite there yet i'm glad amanda's asleep because she would probably like jump through my computer and like bash my <laughs> oh. head into the table and it's That's hilarious i said i said sweet child of mine it was it's the ooh child is ooh the child. uh ooh child things are gonna ooh, get easier uh, um, that's okay and uh, so yeah, that's that's the song that that, that uh, baby doll sings. Yeah, I'm hearing some punching up towards um, Taika and Gun. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. What are you talking about? I mean, well, good on Gun for debunking that THR article that was like, "Hey, these two uh, that were in the Guardians movies are now going to be in this movie." And he's all, "No, <laughs> he's all, no, that's oh. not happening." Palm, I'm disappointed. Uh, um, yeah, I love Palm for sure. Yeah, Palm. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's interesting too because e even like touching on that, I know we're now going to Gunverse and stuff like that. But you know, I was having a conversation with somebody who's like, you know, the biggest thing right now is you know when it comes to gun is nepotism. There's always like say, oh, it's nepotism. Ever since Sean Gunn was cast as as Maxwell Lord, it's like nepotism. He's just doing nepotism, and it was just like like. Like, wait, is this really something you want to like? I mean, how many times have we seen directors just work with the same people over and over and over and over again, you know? And Scorsese. Multiple times. Yeah, Scorsese's done it multiple times. Nolan, Kevin Smith. My God, Kevin Smith literally took two of the actors that he had in Mallrats and made them different characters in the next movie, Ben Affleck and Jason Lee. And then brought both of those characters that they played in, you know, in previous movies back into like a Jay and Sal. And it's, I don't know. It's just like one of those things where I just go like, why is this a hill that we're going to be like, try to die on to complain Mike about Flanagan, Like Netflix literally made oh, yeah. memes about how Mike Flanagan has used the same actors in like every TV series and movie he's done. <laughs> Whoa, what happened there? William? Everything okay over there? <laughs> his uh, ring light. Vegas had an earthquake. Like it's better days is finally seen that day. But <laughs> go ahead, continue. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, I just, you're right. I didn't even think no, about Flanagan. Yeah, Flanagan. I mean, like I said, because there was actually like memes like the Flanagan universe and they literally on, on Facebook, Netflix had created like grids of the actors and like who they played in like various like netflix series so like going all the way back to the like gerald game or haunting of hill house well and like it, here's who they were in this in this uh, i think right, the, the, the thing is that the we're the, the the problem is is you can't assume that any 
argument that anyone is having on social media about anything is in good faith. <laughs> Know, like right? nobody gives a it's shit. So nobody stuff. gives a shit about nepotism. Like nobody gives yeah. a flying fuck about nepotism. It's just a, a buzzword they can apply to someone they dislike about something. Well, what yeah. does it even matter in so the sense it, of like whether they just do it, one it doesn't. I mean, they're they gonna hate and even if he cast eleven. If he cast an unknown, they're gonna be like, "How dare he cast an unknown?" If and I don't, have, I don't not like the huge gun fan, and but then, it's like yeah. And then of course they do the whole thing. Oh, he's gonna put his wife in it. I'm like, okay, so are you gonna go after John Krasinski? For casting his wife in uh, Quiet Things, and then even his new movie, If she's in there too, yeah. and then it's like, are you gonna get on Tim Burton for? I mean, I don't think they were actually married, but Helena Bonham well, the, Carter was like funny, in seven of his movies. The funny thing is seeing people be kids. like, then make a big deal about because uh, uh, it's stupid. But people come back and be like, oh well, Zack Snyder always has his wife as producer. It's like, excuse oh, I me, saw that. she's like, his oh. boss. Yeah, like what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? She's a producer. She That's hires. Like you're talking about nepotism. Zach is the one benefiting from nepotism, not yeah, not not Debbie. Why, why don't like, we just call Lucy? You, you just don't like James Gunn, or just that? Just just say it. It's, yeah. just, say it's fine. It. It's that's okay. I, it's okay if you don't today. like James Gunn. It's, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, you don't need. Yeah, you don't need to. to... Well, even going to Agers, doesn't he hire his wife? Is in all his shit too, right? What's her Work name? With who you're comfortable with? It's Isn't a lot Agers of married to one of the actresses that's always in. His stuff. Well, um, um, Can I make a controversial, you know, comparison? Well, I know. On, like, I'm well, on a hot one tonight. Who was it though? Like Scott, you know. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about Eggers, but I do know that um, oh, the guy who directed on. Shazam. Um, why am I blanking on his name? David F. Hamburg. Yeah, his wife is in his movies. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but Eggers. Oh, who's? Yeah, hold on. All right, go ahead, Rhea. I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, before I forget, um, yeah, like, I guess I liken this to the argument of, like, hiring someone for their proficiency in a role as opposed to um, oh, wait. Uh, giving an opportunity to um, no. an actor that perhaps looks different or is of a different identity right. to the, um, the quote-unquote source material. And I feel like this is sort of in alignment to that comparison because we are you know i think uh uh the foundation of our argument is that like these uh in in terms of like zach snyder and who he chooses to you know work with and uh uh actors who they and directors and things like that who they prefer to work with there's also that you know comparison in my mind of like yeah there is you know um like there's a goal in mind from you the you know the director and like you know the the studio it too there's intention behind uh having a different representation of this character and the aptitude of that character in their performance is subjective but mm -hmm. at the end of the day um they were hired for a purpose just like you know the talent behind the camera was hired for a purpose exactly no and sorry i was not thinking eggers it was flanagan sorry i, I got mixed oh up. yeah because kate siegel is yeah in, it's in everything, like in everything. Yeah, I think the only Flanagan thing I haven't seen her in, um, I don't think she was in Gerald's Game and she wasn't in Doctor Sleep, yeah. but all of her, all of his Netflix stuff and his she's horror in. movies. Oh yeah, she's in everything. Yeah. Well, Ryan so. Murphy does the same thing in all the American Horror Stories. Yeah. See, I know that. I know and that was the thing that I was trying, and it was funny because the person I was going back and forth with when it came to all that too was. Well, that was your first was like, mistake. Yeah, I know. I, well, it was like I, I was like, you know what? Let's let's do this. Let's let's do like let's see. Let's. I you're every now feisty. and again, you're being feisty. You're I was being, being a little feisty today. It's Friday. I was like, you know what? 
let me like uh let me let me and and it was always funny because the justification for uh everybody else doing it i mean it was funny because i even brought up i'm like well nolan i mean look at like if you look at dark knight rises there are four starring actors that are that that are that have main roles in dark knight rises that are also have starring roles in inception i mean like and, and but i was like well maybe not because michael kane it doesn't have a big role in inception so maybe not a starring role but i mean you know joseph gordon levitt tom hardy uh keelan murphy and you know michael kane is also Kelly murphy's a, been in like six of his movies like, i know but, yeah, I think and, it. I think there is something to say too about you know the um, the closeness that a director has to their talent as well to be able to communicate exactly how they need a performance to be executed and perhaps like with a director who's not as you know uh, cordial or has that rapport with talent, uh, their um, their their mind's eye doesn't necessarily um, correlate to what the actor is interpreting or like what the director sees is and is trying to you know get out of their performance may not you know land in terms of how the actor is able to execute it so my point is that like let's say with like a, a ryan coogler for example um i don't uh imagine i don't necessarily have any um uh idea of like a or perception of a bad performance that he's gotten out of um uh, michael b jordan like you know i just feel like you know they identify as you like family at this point they're able to communicate creatively as well as on an emotional level so i think that speaks to you know uh guns uh you know preference on you know working with talent that's reoccurring in his films because they just get you know his creative voice so I, that, I, the I, end I, I... I don't think he's doing anything that any other director or creator has done. I just think a lot of people don't like James Gunn. That's what it is. Wow. And they're looking oh, yeah, for no, an excuse yeah. to hate on him. And and it's, you know, and even when I was talking to this person, they even said like 75% of the cast is, you know, people he worked with. I'm like, uh, yeah. there's only two actors right now. And it was like, yeah, it was hyperbole, but it's, it's a, it's a large chunk. And I'm like, okay, you hyperbole the hyperbole stop doing that i mean you have i mean there's plenty of things you can c complain about i've complained about things too everybody has it's like okay i don't like what he's doing here and blah 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 but this whole nepotism thing is just it's not well, worth just a conversation of the moment the thing about it is and what concerns me about and this is why i always say 40 60 of his prospects of uh success i think he's got high end 40 percent chance of his this thing working there's a lot of weight that he walked into to begin with and there's a lot accumulating and we got two years for it to accumulate. And I don't think it's fair. I'm not saying it's right or whether I agree with it, but it does matter. And it does have an effect. We've seen the effect that pre-positioning um, those daggers towards somebody can have. Uh, and you're talking about when you compare him to other directors, a lot of people put Nolan and Scorsese and stuff on different levels than they're ever going to put James Gunn on fairly or unfairly. And what concerns me about that is there's a lot of um, you have that and then you have the state of Warner Brothers itself. I don't even know who's going to be running Warner Brothers by the time Legacy comes out yeah. or who's going to be making it. Zaslav. Who's going to be owning Warner Brothers? Yeah, Warner Brothers, Brothers. yeah I mean, there could be a portion. Yeah, yeah it's right. But guess what? When new guy comes in, the, uh, the, the gaining guy, the gaining property always wants his guy in that seat. The same way Zaslav wanted his guy in the seat. If there's a change in anything, so like I said, you have that and you have the fact that you already have, you know, the weight of water on this guy before he even starts. And even though whether you agree with it or not, those things matter. 
And I think that it could have an effect on his prospects of, of success. That and real world, you know, issues as far as, you know, where the company is going to be by summer of uh, 2025. We could legit, you know, and that's that's why when I say I'm going to blue beetle this, I, not not because I think it's going to be trash. Is I just don't, you know, I just finished investing in a in a um, in a universe that didn't get finished. I don't. I'm I'm not really uh, on board for another unfinished roller coaster ride. And with all this thing, you know, these things going up against it, like I said, legit, I don't know who's going to be running Warner Brothers by the time Legacy comes out. And if the results, you know, that Legacy produces are going to be enough for you know, person X who's now in charge of Warner Brothers, whatever it's be, Warner WBU, WB Universal, whatever, whatever Warner Brothers is. That has a good that, ring to it, WBU. Hmm. Yeah, but whoever that guy is, it's like when you when 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 somebody takes over as general manager, usually one of the things that they do is as soon as they can, they get rid of the coach or a new ownership. Same thing. The guy at the top wants his people, and then you have all this stuff that that can weigh on whether it's a success or not. Because, like I said. Um, it's just a lot of uncertainty when it comes to Warner Brothers. But then you have James Gunn, who, if you want to say Zack Snyder's divisive, which is fine. I mean, just pick a side. But I, I, I've never seen a director more divisive than uh, James Gunn. Yeah. So it's and like I said, I'm not agreeing with a lot of the piling on, but it is there. It is there, and it does have a, an effect. No, I get it. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure. I mean, he's taking on like a crazy, you know, whole. I mean, I I'm rooting for him. You know, uh, do I like everything that he's, uh, you know, done? No. But at the same time, I'm like, I still don't like hate. And I, I still think, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was one of the biggest movies of the year this year. And I thought he did a great job with that movie. I thought it was a great little wrap up of that story. And it was very emotional and how he made me just kind of fucking start, you know, getting choked up and weep for CGI goddamn, you know, pets. I was like. Ah, how dare you do that, sir? But, uh, you know, and I'm just and what I like what Gunn is doing, because obviously we want something different when it comes to Superman legacy is just the fact that and, you know, the, the biggest thing is everybody's going, oh, it's this cast is <coughs> overstuffed. It's overstuffed. Uh, there's too much. Stop. And then, of course, like people were saying, you know, like, well, look at look at Oppenheimer. And then people hated the fact that they compared it to Oppenheimer. But I was like, you realize, like, when it comes to even superhero movies, it's like there is a big cast always with supporting characters for the main cast. We just happen to know these names prior. We know that, you know, and he's using DC characters to support the main cast, which is something that's really never been done before. It's like the fact there's so many DC characters that are supporting the main cast. And that's what I thought. That's what I think is kind of cool is like, I don't think it's overstuffed. I'm just kind of going, oh, yeah, we're in a world that has established DC characters that we already have here. And they're going to show up not just as cameos, which I know he made the cameo porn um, quote or whatever. It's like, yeah, too much cameo porn, even though, you know, he did it himself at the end of Peacemaker. But hey, you know, I get it. Uh, But I mean, that is a problem where it's just the cameo porn is like. Yeah, well, it's they, well to the point of like all we see is all these castings at that point. We see the characters that they're going to be at that point, oh. and, and then people say, "Well, wait a minute, it's a superhero, it's a Superman movie." Where Superman's like, we haven't seen the movie yet. We don't know or where the these character or the yeah. script yeah. or a trailer or anything like that. We don't know where these players go on the board yet. At that point, so I'm gonna let them cook. I'm gonna trust at that point i want to see a good movie i'll be the person to say i want to see a good superman movie 
Yeah, I'll be the judge of that when I go into the theaters. But I'm I'm gonna wait to see where the these players play at that point. But I'm not going to just judge based on all these all these characters are just cast, so therefore it's not a Superman movie anymore. That's incorrect. No, yeah, that's the same thing that that happened to Zack Snyder. Yeah, uh, it, it's a real thing though. I mean, I like what he's doing as far as connecting the actual IPs to actual stories, mm-hmm. actual comic book stories. That that selfishly helps me. Like I said, I think that the the groundwork is there for for him to be successful. Unfortunately, I just don't think the circumstances are, and it, a lot of it, a lot of that sixty percent doesn't have anything to do with him. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a matter of you know sometimes, and people say make a great movie, make a great movie. That's bullshit for the most part. Making a great movie is about 25% of the success, you know, because there's a lot of great movies that, that have tanked and gone south. Blade Runner 2049. What's up? Huh? There's, there's a lot of crappy movies that have gone on to make good money. So well, making what a good movie. Scott? Which movie? I said Blade Runner 2049. Oh, yeah. yeah. That 100%. movie was an absolute bomb, but it's, a, it's, it's, it's an excellent movie. movie. And, yeah. and a Ben Affleck movie, another Ben Affleck movie. They count. Eric. There, are, there are movies that that, oh, that are great movies. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, great movies that don't make a lot of money. So, um, I I think that, like I said, just making a great movie is not enough. There's so, so much rehabilitation that needs to be done in the DC brand. Like I said, forty percent chance. I mean, those are hot. Those are good odds. I mean, that's baseball odds that that get you millions of dollars in contract. But as as far as uh, if Zaslav has made the case that they're going to take this in the nuts the first round, which they are. If he'd made that case to them and he has that kind of time, then it's a different situation. But if he gave stupid-ass expectations like BBS expectation, it's going to make a billion because we got a bat and ass on it. Then you're going to see shareholders be like, oh, wait a minute, well, then where's our where's our golf cart money? Um, and then also, well, like- who's running who's running Border Brothers at the time that this even gets released? True. One thing I did want to circle back to that the, you made a good point on one of your shows, um, or it's a reoccurring theme that you mentioned about um, Gun is uh, doing marketing, uh, organic marketing, and and like you know uh, building awareness for uh, the things, the projects that he's working on. But you want to see like full scale, you know, yes. like uh, yes. billboards and you know uh, talent interviews and things Every like Wednesday. that. So like what you're saying is that like uh, yeah, like he has the you know things he has the odds stacked against him but you're saying that on on the other side he has some accountability as well to pick up the pieces and make it work yes he's the studio head and like i said and i say this now and you can you can clip this if they wait until we approach months into coming into superman legacy to start ramping that up majorly then that's it's not going to matter how good this movie is because you have to get people to trust dc on all levels whether it be paper, video game, no matter what, whatever has a DC on it has to build, has a, has a, a brand trust. And I have to be waiting for whatever you're about to feed me. That's the kind of thing that has to happen. You too many people have drifted away from the DC brand, you know, yeah. and I'm not just talking about hardcore geeks. I'm talking about the average person is drifted so far away that they can't hear what's going on with DC. You got to put up that, that, that track gun and get them back and, and take a look at you again. Uh, and if they wait till 2025 to do that, then it ain't gonna matter. This this it, this could be Scorsese's best type of level movie, and then it's it's not gonna matter. The situation dictates what the movie makes. True. Captain, Captain Marvel sucked. It made a billion dollars. Oh, yeah, it did. And then the sequel. Oh man, made exactly oh, because what, look at the situation. Look at yeah, the situation. Yeah, the situation. But 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 I think my hope is just the fact that because I'm like, all right, what what can you do that's different? It's it's just the fact that it's like it's a an established world. 
and you have all these supporting characters that are all DC characters. And maybe that could bring the, you know, some hardcore DC fans back like, oh, yeah, so and so is in this. But it's all going to be but it still might not be enough because maybe some of those people are just like, Jesus Christ, what the hell is this movie going to be? It's too overstuffed. It's going to be it's it's going to have a bigger cast and fucking endgame or something like that. Um but maybe I mean I mean that first trailer I mean there's so many things like we, we're gonna get a suit reveal that's gonna go buck wild blow up the internet our first still like like if he he's probably gonna be posting from the the set when they start shooting what in March and then when we get that first teaser which will probably be like August or July maybe Comic Con maybe they'll have something who knows they'll have something I mean they probably won't even be done shooting but they I mean. What I like, I, I like that James Gunn is trying to, on social media, trying to answer stuff, debunk things. I love that when he debunks things. That's that's perfect. I love it, uh, even today when he did that. But, you know, I, I think, like, he needs to pull back on cer- certain things. Like, not so much. Don't answer the same questions over and over again. I mean, we're not going to get a Kurt Russell Jor-El, which, you know, I, I, I thought, I, I didn't like it at first because I thought that was too on the nose with when it came to, him playing ego in guardians too and then i didn't think about it i'm like well he's freaking 70 something years old why would jorel be that old you know he wouldn't be that old and depending on how he portrays him in the in the movie or if he portrays him at all it's like yeah he should be younger way younger he should be like in his 30s or 40s or something like that not be 70 so I was glad that 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 Kurt Russell got debunked. I'm so glad. I like to I mean, see him off of Twitter and on YouTube, though. Like, I mean, yeah. literally sitting right next to Jim Lee and like literally getting everybody primed for DC. That would be good. Everything. It's a good Everyone, idea. New comic book day, and then like I said, it's coming from the horse's mouth now, and we're not because this is not this isn't just good about idea. a movie. The rehabilitation of DC is not just about the Superman legacy. It shouldn't be Babe Ruth at like I said, two outs, ninth inning. You know, trying to hit a grand slam to win the game. This really needed to start start yesterday and build it up, so that I'm so excited for DC that yeah. I'm not just stepping into a movie. I'm stepping into a world that I want to continue. I don't think we're there yet. And then you have a lot of people who the only example of you know DC the last you know five six seven years is incompletion, and incompletion is failure. It may not it may not be the world ender. It may not be the end of the world of what you're about to do, but it's on your resume. And there's not a lot of good things on DC's resume when it comes to some of these characters that we're about to see. And it's not just the one percenters, the two percenters like us. The general audience, they may not be as in tune to this stuff as we are, but the general audience, even the dumbest general audience person knows when something was began and not finished. They don't make the noise that we make. They just silently go away. And, and if you're in retail, the guy that gets up and walks away without any input, that's the most damning input that you could, you could go without, you know? Uh, you know what they should do too. I mean, I, again, I, I'm loving what you're saying, uh, William. Utilize YouTube, and like you said, have him and Jim Lee. Just, I mean, they can all they could do it in a day and just bank like different episodes. They could just like work like a like a half a day or a day, just like talking about certain comic books that the movies will be referencing or just comic books that they like. You have James Gunn, one of the you know the co-head of. GC studio talking to Jim Lee and they're talking about the characters and what they love about the characters. And yeah, that's, that's a very, that would be, that would be great and post it all over social media and, and blow it up on YouTube. That would be great because they're already kind of doing that, trying to be like, Hey, you know, uh, we have these comic books and apparently that helps yeah. sales. And yeah, uh, but then I was thinking like when, when it comes to comic con, 
that's i mean they could like that's when they could i don't know they pr probably won't because that's not till summer but who knows when they'll uh, show off the the new Superman costume? But I mean, if you imagine just like, hey, you know what? Just have Corn Sweat just show up. You know, they do a whole freaking presentation. Just show him like, just show up on stage and do like, I don't know. He seems to have so much charisma. I mean, just watching things that I've seen him in, he just has this charisma to him. And I'm like, maybe he can pull off something. They could do something like that. They probably won't. I was just thinking about that right now. I'm like, and you can imagine just him just like there on stage in the costume and just kind of doing, but then I was kind of thinking about uh Superman four quest for peace when he goes to DC. <laughs> maybe that's what I was thinking in my oh, head. Yeah. And I was like, eh, maybe that wouldn't work, but I'm just saying. Yeah. But just like I said, get him excited about an entire world instead of one movie, because like I said, all this pressure on one movie is not good. If you get them excited yeah. about an entire environment, you get the benefit of the doubt. And I think right now, the one thing James Gunn doesn't have, fairly or unfairly, is the benefit of the doubt. These yeah. conversations that erupt are because he doesn't have that. And I think that could start now. Jim Lee, all these people have Tom McFarlane come promo and the toys, everything. And you know what? It doesn't even need to be about the movies sometimes. Just have those guys sitting there talking shop, talking comic books, talking comic book cartoons. All Fleischer. I mean, bring up things and get DC into the skull of people before you present them this movie. Otherwise, like I said, this movie, it, it has just too much weight on it. And now it has to be the greatest thing ever. And that's not fair for anybody. It's not fair for James Gunn. That's not fair for the people who are going to work on this movie to have this movie be like the flash with a flash is a bench player. He's not the captain of the team. He's a bench player, but everybody put the end all be all on the flash. You don't want that for this new movie because that's crushing. The movie could be great, and if it doesn't pull in certain results and certain parameters, it's considered a failure. But if it's part of a universe that you've gotten us all excited about, and not just the movie, the comic books, the toys, the video games, everything, then it fits into a mosaic that's a lot stronger and can hold up instead of just waiting around until 2025 and, oh, we got a trailer. Oh, we got a costume reveal. We've had all that before. So let's let's do something bigger and different and, and give yourself – a more stable ground to stand on. So you, you don't have to hit the home run to win the game, you know? Yeah. Speaking of the flash, did you see that? Like, it was like both one of the worst films of the year. Top five uh, for variety with like asteroids. I worst of list. I, really I hate, so do I. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I used to do them uh, when I was like, you know, older, like, well, years ago on YouTube. But then I got to a point, I'm like, you know what? Why am I even doing this? It was harder to figure out that list. Then, of course, my best list. Well, technically, well, you know, sometimes it's really hard to figure out my best list. But then sometimes I was like, what movies did I fucking hate? Like, you know, and I'm just like going, I don't have enough on my list because I just love movies. And then I went, I finally just went, why am I even doing this? It's like, it's a movie. Somebody else enjoys it. I'm not about that. But yeah, I'm with you, Chris. I hate those fucking lists. Because what's, because what's the point? Again, you know, I, I, I say it over and over again. If you don't like something that's cool watch something else that that's mm -hmm. fine you have an opinion i'm not saying like you can't say you don't like something i'm not saying that but realize that blasting something out there saying it was terrible is awful like that like also those are we have everyone else that works on those movies that gives their heart and soul i don't like everything that i see but i also don't say put it out there saying oh it's the worst movie ever i just not my tempo not not my thing but I appreciate what they were trying to do. You yeah. know, somebody enjoyed, somebody enjoyed it. Somebody else enjoyed yeah. something. I did. Somebody's always going to enjoy and, and other things. Like, the other enjoyed thing like, Sorry. Who, who, who asked for this? <laughs> um, 
someone did. Someone wants it. <laughs> I oh, dude, oh, dude, I'm I'm to I'm totally with you. When I get those responses on Twitter, like nobody asked for this. I'm like, no, somebody did. There are people you didn't, but somebody asked for this. I hate it when people always say nobody asked for this. I I, I get so tired of the hyperbole, and I even got that today with the like I said, I got hyperbole for the hyperbole because it was like, you know, I was like literally there's two actors that James Gunn has worked with before, Nick Nathan Fillion and his brother that are cast in this movie, and they they said seventy five percent of the cast is going to be. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, yeah, it's hyperbole, but it's going to be a large chunk. I'm like, no, again, you hyperbole the hyperbole. Stop doing that. I mean, like, there's plenty of things you can complain about. And I'm not saying you have to love James Gunn or anything like that, but I just hate the hyperbole. I mean, they do that with Zach a lot too. I had somebody, like I posted uh, a clip from my review of Rebel Moon. And then I said, who is seeing Rebel Moon? And somebody literally said like, well, after Army of the Dead, I can't, I could not stand watching another Zack Snyder film. I'd rather walk on broken glass with my bare feet. And I went, okay, so you're a psycho. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I, I, with time on his hands. With yeah, more time like, on his why hands, would you like even that. respond like that? Yeah. You're, 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 you're a psycho. Why I respond at all? Recent episodes of my of my podcast, I we covered uh, John Kent, uh, Superman going to Injustice World. There's someone at two separate times, same person. He doesn't follow my account, doesn't follow me. Hates the aged up John Kent, but takes the point where everyone, anyone who had ever commented, is saying thank you for the comment. I appreciate it, but this should and there should never be an aged up John Kent. This was a travesty. It's like. I mean, he's polite about it, or she's polite about it, but it's just like, you have a serious, serious hatred for this, and I respect it, but man, if you're not giving up all the account, I I don't know what to say to you, man. Yeah, I know. I know, it's just like, it, I always just love that. It's like, I mean, yeah, I, I, I will get a little frisky sometimes on there, but it's always kind of fun just to like, when I have a tweet or, you know, something that just kind of goes, like, starts getting traction on twitter and i started getting responses sometimes i'm just like all right let's uh let's let's have some fun here and see what's like you know what's going on i mean i mean steven you kind of had one that went uh a little bit uh crazy today when you were talking about like the reviews and stuff like that where people were like yeah well explain army of the dead and Zack snyder's justly like, because you were talking about the uh rotten tomato stuff right yeah it I have a hard time. I, I I didn't respond to most of those. It was yeah. a couple that I was like, "What do you mean explain it?" Like, <laughs> how much time he got? Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or I don't even. What do you, what, what do you even mean? I'm because uh, I, I. It's like Rotten Tomatoes is, means nothing, and they're like, "Okay, explain Army of the Dead then." And I'm like, "Okay, it means nothing." I yeah. Everything. Oh, means oh nothing. you're. Are you assuming that like I'm like, oh, Army of the Dead's. 70% on Rotten Tomatoes is like my only grip to life. Like, no, I don't, I don't care. I would like Army of the Dead also just as much if it was a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it has no, I've never wielded the Army of the Dead score or the, or the uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League score as like some sort of proof of anything. So it's funny to be like, the score doesn't matter and have them be like, what about this one? It's like, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> still doesn't refer to my first tweet where I said it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's what was so funny about that. It was like, they were like going like, like because the whole thing was like, you, you're like, hey, 
Zack Snyder gets low scores in here. And, and guess what? That makes things, I mean, look what happened. Like when they got the low score and it, they tried to course correct and it got even worse. And then, and then Zack Snyder's just League came out and it was just phenomenon. And it's like, hello, that's the point here. It's like, yeah. The other one I said was uh, was um, when the, just the 2017 came out, there were a bunch of reviews that said it was a, a step in the right direction. Yeah, and it's like so if if a step in the right direction, yes, if if that's a step in the right direction and like that's what they want to see, then I don't want that. Yeah. If that's the standard, then I want whatever makes them give it bad reviews. Yeah. Um. And then once again, so well, what about what about Justice League? Then it got a, a fresh score. Do you dislike that one? It's like no. <laughs> I don't know what it's okay. They're gonna use that that screenshot of that tweet for the next five years. They're gonna replace that with the uh the the 40 tweet. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. (laughs) No, I was saying I think Steven needs to do a diagram at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, there's I mean there's so many factors when it comes or or I could waste no time on those people. Exactly. (laughs) That's even better. Yeah, but uh, but it is kind of fun. Like if you have a little time, and you're like, all right, because when I get pushback on things, I do like to be like, all right, and I just ask the questions. Like, I mean, for instance, the the uh, the tweet that I got pushed back on today, or not today, but this week was, we saw Zach get asked about the whole sell the Netflix thing, and and you know we saw the clip, and he was noticeably tired, exhausted, because he's been traveling the freaking world promoting this movie and of course he said it and it was like yeah cool he was like totally like hey this could happen you know if, if netflix gets it absolutely fine and then i just said i retweeted it co-tweeted and said get this man a coffee and there was so there was like not a bunch but there was people that were just like you're not even an address that he said he's hasn't moved on i'm like nope what, what are we doing here <laughs> I'm like i just said i i, I want to i said get this man a coffee he looks exhausted i but wasn't Dave- yeah, I if I wrote you a check for a million dollars, would you cash it? No. Be honest now. Yeah, I know, right? Don't you lie to me. Ah, yes. Hey, God damn it. Guys, wow, what a controversial opinion. Absolutely. I know. See, that's if I yeah. gave you exactly what you wanted, would you take it? Nope. Sorry. Uh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. See, that's, and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, if, if Netflix were to do that and then hand all that, I'd be like, you can now finish this, Zach without us interfering do whatever how do you not say no yeah i think Scott, then you had to get to that point though that's the thing there's like it's getting to that point and it's like that's that's what you it's like of course yeah zach's not gonna part say like, no i would say, not part of him might <laughs> wants him to say no just to see how the toxics spin that because they always will and they always do i just want to see the spinning that they do well there's always the goal post how about the fact that rebel moon's coming out in like two weeks can we talk about that movie like oh yeah it's like i didn't know you're still there (laughs) no (laughs) well i'm an avatar the thing is is that peek behind the curtain when my (laughs) when my webcam is plugged in guess what's not plugged in my computer ah, so it was either be on camera and my computer dies in five minutes or He's turn the priorities camera man. And, and charge my computer but i'm i'm just like i am excited about mm-hmm. rebel moon i mean i've listened to steven's podcast and i've 
talked with him because he he's been even before you guys got to see the movie on Wednesday, you know, he got to visit the set. And so yeah. like I've been like I've been asking for homework from Steve and it was like, <laughs> OK, what cinematic homages do I need to like bone back up on? And of course, Steven was like, you've seen everything. You're good. Did, did <laughs> I, did you see me say that uh, after seeing it now, and that this is not homework for you at this point, because you would know what this means, but it's my, my summation is that it's less, less star Wars and more uh, Frank Frazetta and, uh, and, um, and uh, Frank Herbert having a baby. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. This is why his camera's off right now. Josh's yeah. having a moment. I like reference. I'm having a moment, which is yeah. great, which is great because, no, that would be homework because I already know what the fuck. Right, yeah. I, was, I, I don't think I'll homework that. for that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, but the thing is, is that I am legitimately excited about this property. I love science fiction. Hell it's yeah. my favorite genre. It it always has been since I was a kid. I, I I'm looking at things going. That's heavy metal, and that's Conan the Barbarian, and there's uh-huh. knights, and there's a princess, and there's there's boom boom. Pew, pew, pew. I mean, it's like give it. You know, it's like I get Anthony Hopkins as a robot. I'm all in, guys, and I'm sick and tired of people. Like we just got done with an event in April called Full Circle. We close the loop, okay? Every time I watch an interview with Zach talking <laughs> about Rebel Moon, the excitement, the enthusiasm is, is contagious. It, and, and it's so oh great to just see the energy and the eyes light up. And it's like, can I get excited about this? Because it's like Army of the Dead was zombies. It was fun. I will still say that I watched Army of Thieves more because that was kind of more my, you know, the heist thing was kind of more my speed. But like, I'm looking at Rebel Moon going, this is like everything that I love. This is your jam. This is my jam. (laughs) And it's like, can we, and and I get two and we're talking about a third one. Ah, You know, it's, I, I want, I just want people to get their fucking priorities straight about what it is we should be talking about right now. And it's like, I, I'm back in like my merch mode where it's like, I got some t-shirts, I got some hoodies. I'm trying to find this stupid crap at Walmart that apparently my Walmart's just refused to, you know, carry. And I've got the novelizations <laughs> and I'm ready. Junkie said there's going to be a vinyl of the soundtrack. Yay! <laughs> And, and um, so comics in January, comics um, in which I've already pre-ordered all the covers for issues one and two, and so it's it's and I've pre-ordered the graphic novel collection that's going to be coming out like next August. It it's damn. It's I didn't do he's that. committed. He, he is committed. <laughs> it but my point is is that can we stop? Can we stop with the thing that's not going on right now? Yeah, no. no. Focus on the no. thing. That Where's is, the fun in that and we'll be going on for the next conceivably year because you know we've got Rebel Moon Part One in December in two weeks. We know the R-rated cuts coming out right before Part Two. Then we're going to get Part Two, and then we're going to get the R-rated cut of Part Two, and yeah. then I'm just waiting for the green line on Part Three. 
in in which will happen. Which will happen. Yeah, I think it's coming. But up. it's just like, folks, <laughs> put your energy into something that you know. If you are, I hate to say this because it sounds so gatekeeping, but I'm gonna say it anyway. If oh. you're really a fan, then fucking focus on what he's doing right now. Thank you. Now, what I will say, though, Thank you for attending Scott's TED Talk tonight, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> if you're not into science fiction and fantasy, that's that's nothing against you either. Just right now is is not the time or place. And like I said, as much as I want answers to all these questions, eventually the time will be there for that. I, I we, we, patience has got us just about everything we've gotten in all this. So it, it, it'll it'll get us whatever it's going to come. But right now, I would it would I, I hate that when when I see no matter what the actor or actress or director is doing and he's there for something else. And then people kind of broadside him with other things. Well, and that's what I felt like that was when uh, that, that question came up, obviously, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a question you want to answer, but there's a time and a place and decorum for things. And really, you know, you, you would like to see people focus on that, but if you're not in science fiction and fantasy, if this is not your deal, then that's cool. I, I don't consider anybody less of a, a fan uh, per se, because like I said, Ridley Scott is one of my favorite directors. I would rather eat wet dog food out of the can than watch Thelma and Louise. So I can understand <laughs> why, you know, if you're not into it, you're not into it, but you know what? Just bide your That's time. An image. Yeah, that is an image. Time. You really hated that movie that much, huh? I, I detest <laughs> that movie. And like I said, I gave it a shot because that it introduced us to Brad Pitt. William, come on. I could that. Yeah. None of that. I know, so, I but you know what? I wouldn't even begrudge people. There's all sorts of logistical stuff and, and practicality stuff aside. Like, you know, campaign for your thing, whatever. The big thing is that it it is it's at the point where there are people who see Rebel Moon as something to be leveraged to get the thing they really want, right? It's like hij- hijacking Q and A opportunities for for Rebel Moon to to ask about DC stuff or, or or you know taking up you know interview time or whatever. And it's it's a it's an attention suck. And a, and a hype suck away from the thing that they like. If there's an interview, if the the purpose of the interview is to create like hype and interest for, for the you know for Rebel Moon, and so for for that to be a a distraction from that is makes us look the, it's it's just an eye rolling thing because it's and th- and that's why like I don't know the, nobody's ever nobody who who wants to see that is ever going to accept that like that Zach doesn't want to answer that question again, but like yeah, <laughs> I asked him before full circle on the vodka stream, yeah, right? We... <laughs> like, yeah. and, 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 and if anyone you know didn't notice, I, I, when I said, I was like, cause I'm sure you're going to get this a lot and now you can answer it once and then never answer it again. Right. Like this is not a mystery. If this stuff was served to him on a silver platter, it'd be fine. So like, great. So now let's, you know, you could have campaigned for that, wait for it to happen, but like, stop, stop being like, Oh, he's talking about rebel moon again. Let's, take this opportunity to make him talk about i don't know it's yeah well that's like you know um that's the disingenuous actions of these news outlets who have been continuing to keep this discussion reoccurring it's not just you know um a community of folks that um um you know are 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 generating you know this you know uh this interest there's also you know um 
like, you know, vetted writers and um, uh, content producers outside of that community who are continuing to kind of like, quote unquote, provoke responses in order to engagement farm because they know that there's a captive audience of folks like in various directions of this community that will continue to talk about it and generate interest and engagement on their content so i would probably pivot more to like the disingenuous you know like you know marketing strategy to keep the conversation alive as opposed to the community that is not only like you know has a vested interest in you know uh you know, continuing uh, the DCEU, but also is, um, again, it's a lively, relevant conversation piece that I do agree, like, shouldn't deter from the the main topic of an interview, i.e. Rebel Moon. But again, it's not, you know, the actions of of that community, in spe- uh, like, specifically. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that, that's the thing about it, is, like, that the, it's a... Uh, I don't even want to say both sides because there's multiple different, but there there's lots of people who either when they have access to them or just when there's an interview that comes out that has nothing to do with them, everyone um, is using something comes out where it'll say, you know, he's moved on past DC, whatever. And then you've got a million people who are like, oh, see, this is proof that it's over. And then something else comes out and everyone's like, oh, this is proof that it's not over. And it's like, nobody actually cares about what the fuck Zach is interested in. Everyone's just interested in, getting him to say the soundbite that they want or taking whatever soundbite he does provide and using it as a leverage for whatever their other thing is. And like, that's awesome that so many people are excited about him being involved in, in anything at all. But it's, it's like, you know, hit me up when Zach um, unprompted says, Hey, let's be excited about this thing or that thing. And then like, that's, that's interesting. But like, I could go up to him and be like, Hey, do you want to do a, that's Debbie's job. You know, do you want to direct an X-Men movie? And he'd be like, yeah, that'd be cool. It's like, that, that, that's that's not useful information because that's reacting to a prompt. Um, and that's and I, I'm not saying this is like the approach to take for, to say like, oh, that this, this means there's no interest in anything. It's just that from people who are asking, are you done? And people are asking, are you not done? Anytime the, the question is prompted to him, he's going to say, yeah, I'll do more. He's going to say, yes, I'll do anything that anyone... You know, unless it's like, you know, do you want to direct the Barbie sequel? He'll be like, oh, no, probably not that. But (laughs) but it's um, it's 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 the entire the entire discussion involving him doing anything at D.C. is is a it's 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 noise until until there's actually something to, to talk about that he that he brings to the table. And that's just I think what's exhausting about it is that it's not going to be more than that. Um. And that's not a commentary on on the the likelihood of anything even happening. You know, stuff is crazy at DC. Um, Zaslav is liable to sell anything off. To, you know, he, stuff is on yeah. Tubi right now. Right? Who's going to say what's going to happen? But yeah. um, Dude, but sell it to Netflix and make it. I, an I can guarantee you that like Zach is not like itching for someone else to ask him. Do you want to sell? Do you want the to finish the um, your DCU arc at Netflix? Like he's not like. Oh, I hope someone asks me about that in my next interview again. <laughs> Well, it's so funny because when Debbie like like starts responding, she's like, "Ah, we're busy. We got original IP." Uh, it's always funny to like to kind of gauge her, but at the same time, it's like I, I've even gotten like, uh, you know, because obviously there was that THR article, and it says like, you know, he has, you know, Zach has closed the DC chapter, and I remember I did a video about that, and I and I remember like when all this, even like when it came to responding to that, get this man a coffee. All I said, get this man a coffee, and of course. 
you know, certain haters. Well, we all know what you really meant. I baby. know. I was I, like, I, I get said, this man I a said, coffee, which meant move on, people. Uh, See, I said it to I, you last I, week, Dave. I said it no. to you last week. I put those red eyes on. I know. I, I think it's a legitimate red. question for a fandom to to toss around but like i said like the hollywood reporter and the variety and all these articles they know exactly what they're doing when they of course they do it's like of course they do but i was it was just funny because what i was saying was like oh that you're gonna take the l for what you said i was like i was like okay he closes the dc chapter okay do you guys know what a chapter is he didn't say close the book chapter if you were to even come back if you if say everything happened and he was gonna like all right i'm making justice league two and three that's a new chapter okay closes this dc chapter and then because that was a struggling time that was like one of the things that it was like you know i was like i didn't say you know he didn't say they didn't say book he didn't close the whole book on it he just closed that dc chapter which is like that was a rough time that he went through and then he got redemption for it and there you go and so that chapter is closed who knows there's a new dc chapter that could end up being in the future you just never know i would like it if like you know 10 years from now after he's done with the rebel moon stuff he comes back and does like some kingdom come thing and get 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 henry cavill back get ben affleck get the whole gang back and do some kind of kingdom come thing, man. That would in be. Me, in the meantime, make the uh, hashtag uh, make the ZSJL uh, miniseries, twelve issues, <laughs> Mac series, five five variant covers each issue. Uh, Dude, what do we have to do to get that story told in comic book form? Why yeah. is it so hard? It's a comic book subject. Jim Dude, Lee they're doing do Batman eighty nine and Superman seventy eight. You could do a Snyderverse. Fucking uh, come on. I'm just going to yeah. keep saying it over and over again. DC doesn't know what they're doing with their comics. That's exactly. Really? They, they, don't? They, they don't know how to make yeah. a book evergreen. They don't know how to. They, they, they could, yeah, they they could have a Snyderverse section in the comic book store that, that continues all every character. You can even have an Adam character. You know, you can have you can have everything you could have like. The nightmare, you know, you know, sequel. You can have a whole nightmare universe. Fully fleshed There's out. So much potential. Fully yeah, fleshed fully fleshed out. Budget. You're not talking, dude. It costs pennies, literally pennies, to make these staples and paper, yeah. mass produced, and you already got those done. So yeah. the money is there, and then you let that sit there. Let that sit there because once you can't do anything without a first step. Yeah. And you get that out there, 12 issues, it sits out there. Whoever looks at the numbers at that point and does whatever they want to, they can do it. But you can't do anything without the story out there. And I'll tell you two books story. that two books that DC does hasn't made Evergreen yet. And we, one of them was just mentioning here. Kingdom Come is not Evergreen, nor is DC New Frontier. They are not oh, Evergreen. Neither one of them. <laughs> And, and, like, and this is this is the company that gutted their entire collected editions department and yeah, they're 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 a little bit better now, but yeah, they're they're yeah, it's bad. And that's what I mean about DC not just focusing on this movie, yeah. focusing on the entire brand of DC from wherever. Because let's say if you take a nuclear family of four, all right, you're not just selling to to me. You're not just selling it to dad. You, I want you to be able to sell it to everybody in the family and transfer those generations up. We're all in we're all invested into your DC universe on different levels, but we're all in. And as that, that eight year old becomes a 14 year old, becomes a 20 year old, you got them, you got them. And then you just keep handing that down. And that's what they need to do. I can tell you personally, if it ain't got a bat on it, 
good luck selling it sometimes. <laughs> and I'm, I hate yeah. to say that, but I know. you know, it's, it's Batman. It's certain titles make up for sixty three percent of all DC sales, which is too much. But what 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 they need to do at all different levels is, like I said, is is just take a look at it, do an entire autopsy on it. And Jim Lee needs to be there. David Zaslav needs to be there. And James Gunn needs to be there. I don't care if Saffron's in the room at all, but you know if he's there, fine. Yeah, I don't care about that guy either. Yeah, but you need to look at it from so many different angles to where. You need to provide as many doors for people to walk into that DC mansion and end up at that same big DC table. And one movie ain't it. That's no. that's just like I said, that's a shot in the dark. That's Sean throwing shit up on the ceiling and hoping it sticks and doesn't fall. I mean, okay, imagine, imagine this. I'm I'm trying to look at what you're talking about, William, and uh, and you know, Dave, Stephen, uh, Chris. I think because. We're all close enough to the same age to go. What worked for us? Like, <laughs> and, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that in a let's try something that's already been done, but let's look at the magical circumstances that existed when we were at that impressionable age that that got us. Yeah. Cause because I'm looking because really for me personally, as it's been well known, it's like, there was just something magical between 1989 and 1992 that all I needed was whatever they did in that era. I mean, because you had, you know, they, they were rerunning Batman 66 while the Batman 89 movie was coming out. You had Death of Superman happening in the comic books, and then you had Batman the Animated Series coming on after school. And it was, and it, it just seemed like it, you know, I, when my aunt buys a seven-year-old The Dark Knight Returns, which never should have happened, but it did. <laughs> and I was traumatized for literally 20, of course. three years until I was Jack 30. Snyder's white whale, he said. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I'm just looking at going, what are they, what, and Chris, because I, I stopped, I mean, I, I buy, you know, limited series and like, and uh, black label books. I haven't bought monthly books since you know uh, death metal. Like that was that was me going. This is where I'm punching out. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your impression? Because you were talking about how they like. I want you to expand on your comment of how they don't make Kingdom Come or New Frontier Evergreen. I'm really curious what you mean by that, and I want you to expound. And then, what is your impression of the current state, like? Where, where where are your opinions coming from because i'm really curious because i like like i said i punched out years yeah. ago like for what i mean by evergreen for those that don't know an evergreen book is mean that it'll always be in print it'll never you know it might sell out but it'll they'll always come back to to print at that point okay so so I just did a stream yesterday on my buddy's channel, uh, Omar Nearmic Condition. We did we got a whole panel together looking at like what are evergreen books that we would like to see DC do at that point. And none of and like I said, Kingdom Come, New Frontier weren't are not on an evergreen list that DC officially has put out. Like All Star Superman is that's one of them. Dark Knight Returns is, uh, Sandman is, um, but. They, they, there are some interesting ways that they go about it right now where, you know, we've already gone, we're now in the dawn of DC and there's 
there's a lot of these different titles I'm seeing on DC Universe Infrared. Like you, Scott, I don't, I don't collect singles. I haven't collected singles in, in ages. But when I'm reading these, these ones that come through on, um, through the thing at the end of the month, at that point for the last month, like I'm seeing like three or four that I'm really kind of into. And I don't know where DC is kind of going with, I'm not looking for the next event. I'm just saying, where are we going with this? Can I can I interject real quick? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right. Somebody who's collected since eighty one and owned the store since ninety-five. Continuity is king. Continuity is mm-hmm. cash. And the one thing since nineteen eighty six DC has fucked up on is continuity. Mm-hmm. What they've done is they have made they've taken from nineteen eighty six, nineteen eighty six zero hour, all, all these things, and then flashpoint. Which everybody just says is the greatest cocaine ever and rebirth. Oh my goodness, rebirth was the greatest thing. What those things did is it jammed up and broke up continuity. So that lineage that we had when we were kids, leading all the way up to the 80s through the 90s, it was always there. The rotation was always there. The books were always there because the stories were also the continuity was supported. But once they broke up that continuity, the reason why you don't see a lot of that stuff anymore because they don't figure it's relevant because that continuity has been blasted. And it's, and it's a 36-year problem that I wish they would stop doing. And like I said, that's why I hate reboots. I say lazy and stupid fuck. Reboot is the resulting love child. And <laughs> if you look at what's, what's all the continuity that's built up, what you're doing is you're building up an investment and you're building up an investment in time and trust. Every time that they've done this the last, last three decades, they've broken that up and they've made what the collector has collected irrelevant. Because that's no longer a reference point to that story. So they've, they've DC right now is a bunch of cut up pieces of pizza from different pizzas from different days, different weekends. And now it's all in one box and they expect you to buy it. And like I said, there's no continuity to anything. Here we are, Dawn of DC. Hell, it just feels like yesterday I was doing Rebirth. There's just, yesterday I was doing New 52. That's too much stress when the, the, the strength that DC had was its continuity all the way through. I didn't buy Detective Comics number 27 or Batman number one, but I knew what they were. And every issue I bought was part of that continuity. And there's no value there. They've taken away the value and the continuity. And that's without that, you don't have comic books. Without value and continuity, you do not have comic books. That's mm-hmm. actually more important than the, the art and the words on a comic yeah. book. This shit is worthless behind me if nobody cares about what led to this point. That's why you have issues every month, every week. But without that, and like I said, oh, let's start over again. So you're, you're, you, people don't like to have their time wasted, and that's what, what DC has done on paper, the last, especially the last 15 years. Overall, 36 years they've done it. But the last 10, 15 years, they've basically done things that created these spikes. But it's like, it's like, it's like a drug. You come down, and then there's the damage. There's the aftermath. You don't have any continuity. So now I got a new number one this. I got a new number one that. Legacy issues, things like that. That's what Scott, we, we had as kids. And what made it special was that. We had a solid history going all the way through. We had, my dad had a solid foundation of Batman and Superman to hand down to me. And if I had a kid, same thing. I don't have that right now. You know, like I said, and that's, that's, that's a DC problem. That's a DC films problem. That's a DC comics problem. And that's why I mean that the entire universe needs to be fixed and not just, Hey, this movie's going to save us or we can do this. Maybe this big giant reboot will save us in the comics. No, have a cohesive universe that, that draws its lineage from what your strengths are and keep it going. That's what they need. 
You know, and like I said, the, the evergreen thing was perfect because why? They, they don't deem those stories as relevant anymore. Correct. Kingdom Come will always be relevant. How the hell is that I not imprinted every way? Because there's no continuity to it. You know, and then, like I said, it, it, it's, it's a problem, but it's a DC problem on all different levels. And like I said, and, and, and you can only print and produce so many Batman comics. Yeah. So that's why that's why I feel so. so sorry. Challenge accepted. They're going to print 100 more tomorrow. <laughs> that's what's happening right now. Yeah. Well, they make it mean something. Make this yeah. ty- make this entire DC universe something that somebody wants to pick up because there's so many you got you got video games, you got all kinds of things, you got TikTok, you got so many things that we didn't have as kids to 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 take away from it now. You're competing with that now. So you're competing with game. There are video games out there that have better continuity in the DC universe on any level. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's like I said, if, if you have a difficult toy that it's gonna take me time to put together and, and figure out and read all the French language and everything else, and there's a shinier toy over here that's really easy to just put into action, what's the average consumer gonna do? He's gonna pick up the easiest thing. What why, you know? why do you think like going to the indies and image and boom and everything else? Like I can manga, how, like why does manga outsell everything? Because you can literally say, Where do I start? Issue one, go. Yeah, That's and it. then and, and when Boom Studios, Boom Studios, some of the best selling stuff I have. And like I said, you do not have the continuity issue. But the thing about Boom Studios though is they don't have the 80 years of historical strength, no, though. facts, yeah and, yeah, and, yeah. and that's what DC throws away. Like, it's like they see it, and they're like, wow, is that continuity over there? Let me throw that away. Oh, wow, is that history over here? Let me pull down my pants and shit on that. <laughs> and, and, and and it's not just, it's, it's on every level. It's on movies. William, I don't think you're passionate enough about this. Start again. Every level, you have James Gunn and Peter Safran where they're at because of that. You yeah. have Jim Lee, who's probably one of the best minds in comics, struggling with DC Comics because of that. It all leads back to one thing. And if you fix that one thing, you can sell DC to anybody. Okay, but William, so here's my question, though. Does that mean it the comics need a true and honest blank slate? I think they need a realignment to what matters and what made them what they are. But, but how does that not just come across as another reboot or restart? Yeah. No, because when you did Crisis and you fucked everything up only to unfuck it four years later and then unfuck <laughs> it again four years later after that, you did it. You did it because you unfucked. somebody <laughs> wanted to take their narrative and make that the paramount narrative, whether it be Jeff Johns or anybody else. And what you need to do is you need to unfuck that and you need to let people know that you're unfucking it and why you're unfucking it. You need to let them know we got 80 years of history. My grandfather read DC comics, right? We got 80 years of history and we're going back to what made that, you know, those back issues that you got when you stopped collecting, when you said you don't buy singles anymore and all that, remember all that stuff that didn't matter because it just ended. We're going back to that right now. All your shit is relevant now. All your history, that time you, that we, we just told you we wasted when we did this Flashpoint, New 52, and all this other garbage, that's we're, we're taking that back now. We're going back to what it was, and you let people know that, and you explain that to them. Because otherwise, where we're, we're at next year, I don't, I, I don't know what it's going to be next year. All I know is it's going to be some bullshit, no, new big storyline, the, the dusk of D.C. or something like that. 
All I know about DC is that they're going to get they're going to get tired of something. They're not going to have the attention span, and they're going to get something new again. Yeah, and you got to stop that. Continuity is cash. You have to have that for DC movies, video games, whatever has that DC logo has has to have continuity to their history. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything. It is just paper and staples. You can just throw that shit away. Oh man, my opinion. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you have a unique opinion because you've been running a, you know, a, a place that sells these books and you've, you're very knowledgeable about all this stuff. We promote so, these movies. We promote yeah. these movies. And you, you yeah. can see the fan that I have here that will come to see these movies. Like I said, when they come to a comic book movie, 97% of all people who will ever see a comic book movie will never pick up a comic book. Yeah. Iron Man to them is Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. That's pathetic. So your own, your your DC, <laughs> your Warner Brothers, you have cable channels, you have TBS, you have TNN, you have YouTube, you have all these things to integrate this and make it to where dad's watching the movie, the PG-13 borderline DC movie, but his kid's watching that same character on a different platform. You have all these platforms and you've had all these years to integrate them and all they've done is segregate them. When you buy a DC fan, should be a pliable fan for the movies and the comic books, and there should be that consistency all the way through. And there hasn't been Marvel. To be honest with you, Marvel hasn't done the greatest job either. But DC has literally thirty more years than the Marvel does as a company. You know, and it's true. I remember even kind of like even talking about like uh, what what just uh, Grant Gustin recently said that he was never contacted to be in the Flash movie, and it's like why. Why not? I mean, when when Ezra showed up in Crisis, it's like they already try to link the movie movies and the TV show. It's like they had that there, and it blew up the internet. People were like, "Oh my god, look at that! Yeah. We have two different flashes." The best thing about Crisis, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then and then it was like, "Well, is Grant going to show up here?" And it's like you know, and then like I didn't hate the Flash; I enjoyed the Flash, but at the same time, there were things in there. I'm like, well. Why didn't you do that? There should have been a. Why didn't you get a Grant Gustin in there to bri- to bridge something? You know, when it came to the TV version, the TV version of it, at least. I mean, you could have brought those fans in here to be like, yeah. "Hey, Grant Gustin's in here, guys. Remember when there was a crossover? Guess what? We have another one." You know, it's like, but they just were like, "Nope, we're not going to do that." But then again, the Flash was just such a fucking shit show when it came to the perception like i mean that thing they've been trying to make a flash movie for like over a decade which well is like, the longer than the flash show has been out i think they they were yeah. they were working on the flash movie when the flash show came out but even then it this all comes back to bite james gunn and that's where that that 60 goes continuity is king and right now he is the embodiment of disjointment whether yeah. you like what he's doing or whether you agree with what he's, he's doing he's but i think he's trying to get he's trying to make it where it's like that but at the same time it's like man that's that's gonna be a hard you don't have that kind of time though yeah Yeah, yeah. that's the thing that's the thing it's like time he's out there just like trying to lasso like hey come back you know trying to do this try to do that rolling up all the sheep he's it's yeah i mean he's got the ego for it (laughs) i guess guess, like if i had to like interject like my perspective um Mm -hmm. i don't know if like this is going to be like the last topic of the night or not but um yeah we're going on five hours so yeah we're oh yeah five hour stream jose predicted it um basically i guess like um to william's point i um i see like 
kind of like two avenues. One is like changing the change, like adapting to these mediums where content is being primarily pursued, uh, consumed, not compete against it. And uh, the second part is uh, being able to uh, not only like give access to legacy content uh, in a more, you know, palatable, palatable uh, medium that is being, you know, used currently, but also in the format that, you know, would appeal to people who actually purchase content, not just consume it on platforms for free. Like, you know, the omnibus model, like uh, that's really popular these days. Key issues, like, you know, reissuing them. I know you and Chris were talking about how like evergreen content for key, you know, content is like uh, uh, not not really like, you know, prioritized. So I do see a happy meet or like two solutions as far as like capturing new audiences and enticing them with these characters are bait. They're no longer, you know, just, you know, comic book characters. They're icons of Americana now. Like, you know, like everyone knows Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman without having like, you know, any comic book knowledge or having seen a single movie. Like that's just who they are at the at this point. So you can integrate, you know, these other mediums that have never historically aligned to how the those those icons have like been presented and uh you're able to um reprioritize the um the avenue for uh the actual source material of which these these tv shows and movies etc are being adapted from while uh in in a format that it that is giving access to the legacy material as well as integrating the current material yeah, yeah, make the history mean something. And to answer your question, Scott, how do we get pat people back in? You know, they've got make the history mean something to somebody brand new. I've only been on the earth a certain amount of time, but there's there's historical references and TV shows that I like watching that attract me, right? That history means something. If you make DC's history mean something on every level, you're gonna get people in. You're going to get the people coming back, and you're going to have people coming back with them. But right now, the history doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything in the movies because here we are again, another damn Superman, uh, you know, and, under, and, and it's it, it, it's chopped up. Not only are you getting new things on top of new things and cut up and all that, you're never getting resolution to the thing you got. So you're asking for new money when I just watched what you did with the old money I gave you. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the drug addicts. Like, hey, you know what? I keep coming back to this corner. I'm going to have your stuff. I'm going to have your stuff. How many times am I going to come back? Eventually, you break the faith in, 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 in the retail. The most important thing between a retailer and a customer is trust and, and, the, and the ability that you're going to follow through. And that's why franchises work. People want to know that when, you, when they put their money down, that money is worth more than just a movie or, or book that they're buying. They want to buy into something much larger, and you have to be able to follow through. DC's never done that. They haven't done that since, like I said, almost my entire lifetime. And I'm not just talking about it as, as a collector. I'm talking about it as a, as a retailer. It just they just never have never done that. They're 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 quick fix. And if the quick fix doesn't work, then let's blow up everything. And people get tired of that. Damn. And like I said, that is what James Gunn. Those are the shoes James Gunn is are put is putting on that right now. Yeah, you know. So. We'll see what he. Yeah, we'll see if he can actually like pull something off here. I just, I like I said, I just like the fact that he's already having a Superman in an established DC world, and maybe that's a way to go. It's like, all right, so maybe he, like what you were saying, is like, you know, respect that history. Maybe he's gonna try to do that. I yeah. mean, maybe he will, and it's like, all right, 
I'm going to respect the history that I grew up on and I'm not going to do like this, an origin story, uh, you know, a Superman film that just has Superman Lois and those main core characters. And then just whatever he's like, all right, they're going to have the main cast, but we're going to have this established world. So maybe bring James, uh, bring James, bring Jim Lee with you. Bring hopefully, you know, hopefully he's all. talking, yeah. but I do, I do think that it would be smart of them to just like, have a sit down, have James Gunn and Jim Lee sit down and talk about these characters on their YouTube channel. Every really Wednesday. like really going for, you know, that the YouTube, you know, the, the online market. I mean, you really got to like push this thing. And I, I actually really like that idea. And I think there should be the lead up to Superman legacy. There should be something where maybe there's that. I mean, I know James Gunn's going to be busy as all hell, but I don't know. It just seems like that could be like some kind of like, yeah, like somebody said there's like a, yeah, there was like a DC daily show kind of thing or I don't know. And, but there's so many people that could just do that anyways, but I don't know. It's, there's a lot riding on it, but yeah, I think this is a good uh, spot to wrap it up. We're going over five hours right here. And uh, I appreciate everybody watching. Thank you, William, of course, being the featured guest. And like I said, thank you for having me. Keep on, keep on donating, guys. Keep on donating. I know we got some donations, uh, but yeah, keep on donating. The the link is right there, and uh, you know, let's get that thing uh, as close to the goal as possible. And like I said, if you're in the, if you're in the area, the the Vegas area, you know, go check it out. December twenty uh, second, four p.m. Pacific time, of course. And um, yeah, it's gonna be all. You're also gonna have it online too, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do a YouTube, uh, not a YouTube, uh, uh, a Netflix watch party. So we nice. don't violate any crazy copyrights. So, <laughs> yeah. So do that. And uh, it's been great. So let's go around the horn. And of course, thank you to uh, who else was on this thing tonight? Uh, we had. We had, of course, Travis. Uh, he didn't, I, I know he had to like go real quick, but he didn't come back. Of course, Ray Porter, you know, always love talking to Ray, you know. Amanda. I, Amanda was also here too. She, um, she, um, um, always just, it's always great when she's, she's a presence. She's a presence and I love it. I love Samuel. it. Samuel. And of course, Samuel right there. Thank you. The young and Ben too. Yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. Old, the oh, yeah. Mr. Young Ben, Mr. Young Ben, who's turning 50, um, this week. I, yeah, he doesn't look like, he doesn't look at, we, we make jokes that he's the old guy, but he definitely doesn't look at. He definitely was like, but we'll go around the horn right here. William, go ahead. All right. You can find me at the site. Just Google the sci-fi center and and that'll give you all my social media, Instagram, Twitter, the whole deal. So like I said, uh, sign up and uh, like, like Dave said, please donate. And if you can't donate, uh, share the link and uh, put it in the laps of people who may be able to. There it is. Steven. Hey, (laughs) Hey, (laughs) you can find me on, uh, social media at uh, SM Colbert, and you can find my writing at screenrant.com. Uh, you can find uh, my podcast with Andrew Dice at uh, snyderminute.com. Uh, we will be doing some uh, Rebel Moon stuff coming up, um, obviously, with the release of that movie, but also um, we've got a uh, we're working through the warehouse scene, and we've got multiple members of the stunt crew that joined us for an interview on that that we hey. teased at the end of our last episode. So that's uh, in the process of being edited, we had a lot of a pretty long conversation with them. So that's taking a minute to, to come out, but, um, 
yeah, we've got Damon Caro and 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 multiple others from from stunts to uh, to talk about the creation of that scene. A great episode. Mm-hmm. All right, Rhea. Yeah, you can find me trolling Williams chat every night <laughs> at midnight uh, Pacific Standard Time, and um, also being a silly goose on Twitter, come or X. Yeah, come find me at Glimmering Harpy, and uh, yeah, if I'm ever on a panel, pa- panel, panel, uh, yeah. Pandle, hand pandling uh, for, you know, pa- panel, you know, guest spots. <laughs> yeah, you can you can find that over on Twitter as well. There you go. All right, Chris. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Balga and all the other socials. Uh, you can find both my shows, World Finest True Believers and Marvel Alliance on the Geek Ultimate Alliance Network. Just search Geek Ultimate Alliance on any of your podcatchers. There you go. All right. And Scott, send us off. Of course, you can find me on X at ScottDC27. You can find me on Instagram at McMurlin. You can find me on Vero at Scott McClellan. You can listen to my podcast, the DC Squadcast, wherever podcasts can be found. We're on Vero Facebook, YouTube, with the entire network of shows at SquadcastMedia.com. And, of course, every Sunday night at 9 o'clock Central here on the Film Junk YouTube channel, you can join us for the DC Fanimated Stream, where this Sunday we will be discussing the Season 2 episode of Superman the Animated Series, Double Dose, because I got power and internet back now. So we yeah, do a stream. <laughs> yes, last week, yeah, did not happen. It was almost like it was meant to be. The fact that it was that episode we were going to be talking about—that's what was great uh, about that. But anyways, guys, all right, hit that like, thumbs up. Thank you guys, and like, uh, thank you to the entire panel. This has been great. Hit that like, thumbs up, and uh, yeah, support uh, support the uh, Rebel Moon Lifeline and awareness event that's happening in Vegas. And uh, yeah, you know, we're gonna let next next vodka stream. We're gonna be talking about rebel moon like crazy spoilers and all because it's that time and it'll be the christmas show too so we'll see who uh shows up on the panel and uh yeah we'll uh, have a fun discussion when it comes out all right guys we love you and we'll talk to you later